Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You are now listening to the Save ACAST, the number one old school RuneScape podcast featuring guests from all across Gellinor. To support this podcast, visit the Patreon link in the description. All right, welcome to the Sebe Cast number 58 with Maud Aiza. Maud Aiza, it's an absolute privilege and my, my pleasure to uh, bring you on. I'm super fucking excited to talk. So, uh, how are you right now? Hell yeah, thank you. I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm just I look forward to these every single week where I just get to talk to awesome people in the community. So, yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, honestly, I was genuinely really excited when you reached out, uh, you know, about being on the the Slaybaycast. Obviously, I've mocked a few times in your uh, streams when you've been premiering others. So I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. you haven't asked me yet." <laughs> but I, I actually completely forgot about it until uh, until yesterday. I've just been so busy with uh, with the Lee's release. I've just had no time to think, and then it suddenly dawned on me, like, "Oh, damn, this is happening." <laughs> yeah, and I don't really uh, make that much. Like, I don't like go out of my way to like keep like pestering my guests. It's usually just like we'll like set it a week or two before and then like i won't even address it until like that day of maybe i should work on that yeah i was gonna say so i, I did think to myself I'm like has, has he forgot <laughs> is this normal <laughs> i do not forget it's always in the back of my mind which probably is a bad thing because then i think oh it's probably on my guest's mind as well so we're like on the same page but even though there's absolutely no transparency between that so <laughs> well maybe hey, it worked out anyway i'm here so that's all that matters right yeah. So, as most of my listeners know, you are a uh, the lead community manager at Old School. So, correct. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if you were going to say something. Nope. Just, okay. just that that's me. <laughs> yeah. I, I apologize. No, I you're totally good. You. This, this is a save <laughs> cast. It's just everyone understands at this point. So, I want to know kind of like how you got to that position and so if you want you could just kind of go into a brief history of you with the game and how you even got interested in working at jagex so yeah okay all right 
I hope you've got time because you know a, <laughs> we got time. Fair story here. Um, okay. Well, the short story is Sween left. And I got his job. So thanks, Sween. <laughs> I really appreciate that. He did me an absolute solid. Really, really grateful. You know he's listening to this too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he will be. I listened to his as well. So I, I, I hope he's listening. Um, no, but the the reality is actually, um, I mean, my, my history at Jagex first begun back in 2017. That's when I originally joined the old school team as community manager. Um, and the way that came about quite honestly, was due to me being in a pretty dark place uh, or a dark point in in my life. I had worked since I was pretty much the day I turned 16, like every day possible outside of, you know, studying and, and whatnot else. And I focused the entire of my career around IT. So I have a pretty strong background in IT. I rose up the ranks pretty well. This isn't meant to be a humble brag, Apologies if it comes across that way. It's just that I really, really dedicated myself to it to the point where I uh, I went to university, but I was still working at the time because, uh, well, I needed to be able to fund university. Um, and then I made the decision to essentially quit uh, my studies and just take on the IT job that I had at the time um, and, and move that from a part-time into a full-time position. So, you know, I'd, I'd done that for like eight or so years overall. And it eventually just got to the point where I was earning really good money um, for the age that I was at. But quite honestly, I was just super depressed. I didn't enjoy what I was doing in the slightest. I had absolutely no passion for it. Mm. And uh, I'm the kind of person that, that constantly needs to be learning something new, doing something different, uh, and, and just keeping my brain busy. And I found that the issue that, that I fell into probably fault of my own and the, the choices that I made in terms of my progression was that I just got to a point where I was able to do my job um, so effectively where it was almost just kind of like doing it itself. So there was very little for me to do. And the times that I did push myself out there, there were very, uh, it was very short lived. You know, it would only last for say, for example, a month. And then, you know, I'd be back to the same position where, Okay, I've done this now. I know how to do this. It's it's relatively same same. Yeah. So, yeah, I uh, I was working from home for two years for a software company, and during that time, it was the first time I'd really worked from home in like a remote capacity. It was super isolating, um, really really lonely. Obviously, great benefits coming from working from home, and it's a little bit different situation now, which I'll get onto when uh when i get to that point with jagex but um i just ended up spending the majority of my time like watching twitch mm -hmm. uh youtube and uh and playing old school on the side and really it just got to the point where i, I really just despised waking up and, and feeling like i had to go to work and do something that i didn't enjoy which quite honestly you know it's a super entitled take right because i was i was in a really good position i was really fortunate to have a good job and you know, be able to work from home and so on and so forth. But at the same time, it really was unenjoyable. And I don't really know why I thought that I would do it other than that whole, I need something that, okay, no, I do know why. I, I guess I kind of like sat there one day and I just turned around and said to myself, I'm at this point now where I had like a, I have a house, uh, you know, I had a mortgage, so I needed to make sure that I was 
stable in terms of a career. But I was also at the age where I felt like if I did want to reset, that was probably the best and only time I'd be able to do it to be able to build up enough experience to get back to the point where I was already at, but in a completely new kind of like um, situation. So one day whilst I was watching Twitch, I just thought, well, you know what, let's have a look at what's on the Jagex website. (laughs) And there just so happened to be a a job role listed on there for uh, influencer manager. Um, So I thought, you know what, a lot of the work that I'm doing right now is very similar. I might not have a huge amount of experience in the gaming industry, but I was uh, at the time working essentially as a glorified account manager. So a lot of the um, skills that I'd learned were transferable. And I knew a lot about the the community at the time. You know, two years of watching Twitch does that to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also being active on, on Reddit too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just kind of took my chances. And before I knew it, I, I'd got given the opportunity to have a, a phone interview. That phone interview led to me being able to go to the Jagex offices. And I thought at this point, you know what? Hell, if I don't even get the job, I don't care because I got to go and see Jagex and that's yeah. really cool. Because yeah. <laughs> so, for me, like when I was uh, when I was back in high school, um, that was when you know RuneScape originally first came out. And it was the game that we all played as kids. And I, I played it with my best friends that would come around to my house and would, would I was the only one that had a computer with internet. So we, we would basically... <laughs> take it in shifts to use my computer to play on our accounts um and i remember every weekend a friday saturday we would we would have between you know 6 till 10 p.m 10 till 2 a.m 2 a.m till 6 and then 6 till 10 (laughs) and legit we would just cycle through so there was a long history of, of like runescape uh with me and you know as a kid i joked like oh one day i'm gonna work at jagex i tried to do work experience at jagex but they rejected the uh the request um that's the thing we do in the uk there's like a certain age that you get to and uh our school basically said you have to go and work for someone for free for a week because it's really good experience for you mm. interesting <laughs> so yeah um so you know it kind of it kind of was like a childhood dream to, yeah. to to get a job at jagex but i never thought it would happen i just thought you know what it can't be any worse i, I get to see the office so that's cool um so at this point you know i'm super stoked i'm super excited but then the issue is that I'm like, oh my God, Cambridge, that's over a hundred miles away from where I live. How the hell am I going to manage that? Don't worry. I'm probably not going to get the job. So I'll figure that part out later. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, when it came to my actual uh, interview itself at the Jagex headquarters, uh, I, I was told that there were a few of the candidates that I was going up against. And I thought, you know what, that's okay. That's fine. I, I'm okay with competition. Uh, it, it, it pushes me to to be better. And I was told that, you know, there would be some internal candidates, um, but there'd also be uh, two external candidates coming in. Um, and I don't know how much you know about, you know, recruitment and stuff, but um, I know it's not the case, but there's always the feeling that you have, especially if you're an outsider coming into uh, an organization that companies really should focus on promoting people internally as opposed to bringing someone externally in for the role at least i believe that and i know that like in the uk we have all about it's all about equality and uh you know fairness when it comes to employment and equal opportunities but in my head all i thought was oh man these these other internal employees are going to have a better chance but that's not what jagex are worrying about because they've got other external candidates too 
Mm. <laughs> I rock up to my interview and, and I'm sat in a room and I'm, and I'm kind of just on my own and I'm, and I'm waiting and then like, oh, okay, the other candidates are going to come and join you now. But just to let you know, the, uh, yeah, the external candidates, they've, um, they've unfortunately not been successful. So you're wow. the only one. Oh, <laughs> I wow. Was just like, I was like, what? Um, and the next thing I know, Mod, Mod Wolf and um, Mod Sween rock up into, <laughs> into the room. Um, I missed out a point, sorry, actually. The, the influencer manager role um, ended up going to Mod Archie. And okay. uh, essentially, in, in like the two weeks following my, my phone interview, they called me back and said, we actually have a community manager role that's opening that we'd really like you to go for. Um, we don't need to do the phone interview again. Can you come into the office and for your interview? And that's how that part came to it. So, um, yeah, I get into the room and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm absolutely fucked here. <laughs> there is no chance that I'm going to get this job compared to, you know, Sweeney and Wolf. Who have, yeah. Yeah. They'd both been at Jagex for years. They, they kind of like know the system, the ins and outs of it and whatnot. But I thought, you know, I'd give it my best anyway. Um, to cut a long story short, I didn't get the job. Uh, that job actually ended up going to Sween, which I'm super grateful for because, you know, obviously we've all seen the fantastic work that Sween did in his time at Jagex. Mm-hmm. Um, love him to bits and miss him dearly. Yeah, we but, all do. Um, yeah, I'm I'm glad. I mean, he is fantastic. Yeah. Is he's irreplaceable, and I hope one day that he'll come back to uh, to Jagex. Fingers crossed. A man can dream, eh? Yeah, I'm dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I didn't get the job, but at at, at the end of the day, um, basically they turned around and and just said how impressed they were with my interview and the way that I handled myself and just asked if if another role came available would I be interested in considering it and like I never thought there was a chance in hell to begin with so I was just like yeah of course I'm interested and um cue Mod Ronan so Mod Ronan thank you for moving over to the uh the social team so Mod (laughs) Ronan was one of the first community managers for old school he he ended up moving into the uh the social media team instead supporting old school still but that freed up a community manager spot. So they called me back up and said, hey, there's another opportunity. Do you want to go for it? I'm like, hell yeah, I want to go for it. So I went through the process again. Uh, I ended up having another interview and I was given guidelines of, you know, I had to give a presentation. It was meant to be like 45 minutes long. Um, and just like this podcast, you'll realize <laughs> it's going to go on for a while because <laughs> I ended up being in that interview for over two hours um, to the point where people were coming into the room to to ask the people who were interviewing me if everything was okay because they'd been in there for so long and I'm like, oh, is that is that good or is that bad? Um, it turns out it was for good reasons. You know, I was obviously now in hindsight making a good impression, but at the time I was kind of bricking it thinking, oh my God, this is this, this is not going good. so well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's kind of like how, how things came about in terms of like why, why I decided to apply at Jagex, how I ended up getting into... Jagex itself. I, I got offered the community manager role at that point. Um, and then, yeah, I guess the rest is kind of history. There's a, there's a little bit about a little bit extra story in there, which I don't mind kind of telling just to kind of like put things into perspective, how much this really meant for me Feel free. in terms of like pure enjoyment. Um, I, I know that there's currently a, a lot of memes that go around, um, in the community about how the pay at Jagex is bad or whatever it is. It's absolutely not. At least it's, I've definitely not experienced that myself. I think, you know, pay wise, it's fantastic. But when I first took the job, I, 
I was already in a really favorable position beforehand, um, but mm. I wasn't happy, right? And I joined Jagex because I wanted to work somewhere and and be somewhere that I was really passionate about. So I ended up taking almost a 50% pay cut um, as well as then having to consider the over 100 miles distance um, whilst having a house with a mortgage that kind of limits how flexible you are compared to say for example a rental that you could just wait until your contract ended and then you know rent somewhere else yeah. so yeah for my original plan was that for the first uh three months of being at jagex i would uh i i basically signed up for a house share and i was going to be living with other people uh during the week monday to friday then coming home to my um to my fiance and you know being able to spend that time at at home over the weekends um i lasted two weeks in that situation before i decided that it just wasn't for me yeah and yeah i think the main thing is really is that after you've lived on your own uh, and kind of like got into your own routine and your own habits and stuff it's i found it really hard to adjust to um living with people that always known how to live with others yeah I feel like so, I would struggle with that now that I live kind of on my own. Yeah, going back. It, it was it was difficult. And as I say, like after, you know, two weeks in, um, I was thinking to myself, oh, my God, I've made a terrible mistake. This is going to ruin my relationship. This is awful. Um, and not that anything bad was happening at home. It was just all in my head and yeah. a lot of things had built up. So I thought, you know what? Forget it. I'm, I'm going to move out. Um, so I did. And. That was the first time that I started commuting to and from the office. So I uh, basically, Monday to Friday, I would drive to and from Cambridge every day, which would have been about 230 miles round trip. Jesus. And I like I don't know how like the roads are there and stuff. Like in America, I mean, even 100, 100 miles is insane, but we have like highways where you can just like, Zoom, I would like have loved to have drove. Way. Yeah, if it was if it was American roads, knowing what I know after the few times I've visited, mm -hmm. it would have been infinitely better. UK infrastructure, both for transport and like basically anything, is diabolical. Or at least it was really bad for roads specifically towards Cambridge back then. They've improved it somewhat uh, in the last uh, two years, mm -hmm. so it's much better now. But my journey used to take pretty much two hours in the morning to get to the office. So. Uh... I would end up leaving at you know half five in the morning to make sure that I got there on time before if it was any later, I wouldn't get until eleven or so in the morning yeah. just because of how bad traffic would be, and then I would leave the office at around about seven or eight p m just to avoid the traffic and get back in an hour Ugh. now it's like forty five minutes each way, so it's it's way more kind of like um healthy and realistic to do, yeah, but you know I really wanted to keep the job um so I commuted for a little while and um, did stuck that out for, I say, just, just under three months until we made the decision to essentially move uh, in a rented accommodation that was way closer to Cambridge. We went to a little, um, I think it's actually a, a city because it's got a cathedral, but it's definitely not the scale of a city. But it was it's a place called Ely, just north of Cambridge, um, and stayed there for 12 months. And then, yeah kind of like carried on as normal community manager. I think for, for, for me, what was probably like my golden age of, of working 
um, on old school. In all honesty, not that now is isn't the golden like isn't great, but it was my first like you know introduction into it, and mm-hmm. I was learning so much, and there was so many insane things that were happening at the time, and it was the first time old school really had like more people that were really focused on community management. And I think me and Sween just well, we both loved what we were doing. We worked so well together. We we're like best friends. It was just a perfect situation, and we just. I, I don't know. I think it just pioneered the the way that community management ended up turning into for, for, sure. for old school. Um, yeah, and then and and then the situation of me, you know, getting to the point of leaving that role came about, where we were at the point of looking to sell our house. You know, at this time we're we, we've got a house, we're paying a mortgage, we're paying all the bills for that place. We've then got a rental that we're paying the rent on. We're paying all the bills for that too. Um, so each month you know, for a year, basically, I had no money. I just used all of my savings to be able to fund it. And then we said, right, okay, let's sell the house. Let's move to Cambridge permanently and and make this a thing. But things happened and some members in my family got ill, not severely, but it was enough to just kind of like make me sit down and think, do I really want to be, you know, 110 miles away? Um, Not really. And this is going to answer some of the questions as well that some people have asked. I saw some topics on it, you know, like, what was the reasoning I used a left originally. Yeah. And this is it, you know, like my family got ill. Uh, my brother had a son, so I became an uncle. I was really far away and I didn't want to be that uncle that, you know, was only there at birthdays or at Christmas. Um, I, I love my nephew to pieces and I love spending time with him too. So I wanted to make sure that continued on. So we made the decision to not, not move permanently. We ended our rental. We moved back into our house permanently and I started commuting again for another three months pretty much just over three months this time but it just became too much of a toll uh, on my health uh you know the travel i was always exhausted when it came to work i couldn't do my job properly and at the time jagex just weren't set up for remote working so um i didn't want to do a half-assed attempt of being a community manager because i knew that old school deserved better than that so i just made the decision to you know to to leave um and I was fortunate enough to be able to still maintain kind of like uh, my involvement with the community. I streamed on Twitch for like a year and then moved over back into IT for a little bit, realized that I hated it and then just did everything <laughs> that I could in my power to get back. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, I, I ended up uh, um, finding out that there was a, a community manager role opening up again for old school, um, this time at senior. So um, I gave it a go and I was fortunate enough to be able to get that role. Awesome. I think a lot of my previous experience working with old school really helped. I knew the team that was still there and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, sorry about sorry to the to the competition that I faced up against. But <laughs> I got I got the W there. <laughs> yeah, I I just um, love that you had that experience, like that kind of eye opening experience of going back to IT and seeing how great Jagex really was and how much you yeah. wanted to go back. So that's and it was nice. it was almost instantly apparent you know for the first i would say three weeks uh going back into it was actually really fun because i'd forgot so many things i started to learn things again um and you know my brain was getting that constant nourishment that i thrive on but after those three weeks i was just like whoa well this is this is a, a blast from the past hello depression again yeah so yeah i just as i say i, I had to do something to to get out of it um and I was just super grateful for for the opportunity to come up at, at Jagex, really. There was a brief stint between me leaving that IT job where I did work um, 
for Method, the esports organization. They mm. wanted to make a move into old school and sign talent for old school. Um, so I, I kind of like helped work, helped with them for about two months um, under the radar, kind of like building up the foundations for how that would work. Um, but if you're if you're aware of of method the organization, you'll probably know as well that there was um, uh, some serious allegations that came out that caused method to have to um, essentially uh, completely shift up a lot of things. They had to work on really improving their business and stuff. And this this happened literally you know two months into into me just starting working with them. Sheesh. So yeah it, it was it was it was difficult but you know the thing is um and i'll i'll happily say this if if people aren't aware of, of method um i'll say now myself just off my own kind of like back no one's forced me to say this i really really like method as an organization i think the people that run it are are really good people um they're very committed and like dedicated to the esports scene especially mm-hmm. and i know that they mean good it's just they they messed up and what i really respected about method because i was really kind of like wow this is happening this isn't great for me um but wanted to at least give them an opportunity to to understand you know more of the details and what i respect is that they owned up to their mistakes and they put in some serious changes to make sure that kind of uh, situation never happens again yeah um so i was more than willing to kind of like help them get through that rebuild, rebuild process I ended up staying at Method for for about seven months in total. Um, we we built a pretty strong community. If you've heard of the Method um, Community Stream Team, that was an initiative that, that I helped um, put together. Mm. But then, yeah, Jagex came about, and I was just like, yeah, there is no chance that I'm saying no to this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at, at this point, COVID is now a thing, right? Yeah. We're in the middle of a pandemic, and, and suddenly I'm being told, actually... There's no expectation for you to be working from the office, so commuting isn't going to be a problem. Oh my god! Yes, it you know it, it, it may be temporary uh, until they figure out what's going on. But I mean, I was in the back of my head thinking to myself, this pandemic isn't going to be something that's just going to blow over in the matter of you know weeks. I'm probably looking at at least twelve months. I know what organisations are like and how uh, long a lot of processes can be to. Yeah that they can take to change um and and set in stone so i was like i've got a good 12 months minimum before i have to worry about commuting at that point you know i'll probably just accept the travel just so i know i have to go back into it again (laughs) um (laughs) so yeah um yeah that kind of just yeah i i gotta say it's kind of like a blessing in disguise like I, i hate saying that because it's covid and it's like this pandemic that's happening but like there were for those people that did have the privilege of working at home sometimes that was just a really nice thing that that perk alone was just yeah for sure nice. i mean that's it's, it's for me anyway it's it's, it's a definite benefit yeah. of what has been a terrible situation for so many people mm-hmm. you know across the um across the globe but i i think it's probably doing a lot of good for a lot of businesses and a lot of people's kind of like mental well-being and work-life balance by forcing that change because a lot of you know tech companies especially had such high expectations. Um, I, I don't think Jagex was one of them for all it's worth, but I've heard horror stories of you know of other places that you can work at. Um, and, and now being able to work from home, it cuts out that travel. You get more time to spend around with your family and so on and so forth. And it makes work that little bit more enjoyable. So, And for me, it, it definitely helped a lot because as I say, I no longer had to worry about 
200 plus miles a day yeah that's insane like uh see i used to work at uh at a distribution center that was about an hour commute and that alone was just uh like an hour there yeah. hour back <laughs> and i'm just like the rest of the day i'm just want to sleep I'm just awful. yeah that's the thing isn't it it's like I'm, you know it's one of the it's weird right because you get into those situations knowing full well you're going to have to do that but you think to yourself it can't be that bad surely. yeah and, you know, it's better than not having a job, right? Because at the end of the day, there are so many people as well that, that just aren't as fortunate to be able to get, you know, employment. Mm -hmm. But my God, when you are there and, and you are doing that commute after a while, it really starts to grind in you or it does me anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I wonder yeah. if uh, you ever listened to like podcasts or like what did you listen to in the car or was it just silence? No, so I, I just had, I had, I have had the same playlist pretty much. It's actually changed. This is a... Last year was the first time I changed my playlist since I was about 14. Mm. Um, the only thing I've ever done to change my playlist is, is just added new music that the artists that I listen to have released. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it, so I just literally would listen to that playlist on, on repeat the whole way. And it's, you know, it's grown to like 16 hours now worth of songs. So it always <laughs> felt a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so you never removed otherwise... songs. You would only just add yeah yeah i'd always always just add because you know unless there was like a really bad song that i accidentally <laughs> added in and one day it played and like how the hell did that get there yeah so i uh, i get rid of that but no otherwise it's just it's just evolved over time as new songs growing. have been released and there may have been the few artists that i've you know came across and thought oh well, they're good so i'll pop them in but it's far and few yeah um the only other thing that i used to do and this is a little bit embarrassing to actually admit but i don't care <laughs> i used to um I used to practice like tongue twisters whilst I was driving <laughs> in. I was like trying to get really good at them. And that really just helped me kind of stay focused. <laughs> uh, so yeah, things like, uh, I, I don't know if you've heard of the ones, but like Peter Piper and yeah. uh, pickled peppers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I tried to like get that really, really well. And um, oh my God. the hardest one for me, honestly, is uh, how much wood could a woodchuck cook? Because I'd always say like, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck? And yeah, I thought I was doing I so too. well. Yeah, is, is that no, not what like, it's it? Is that it's how much wood could a woodchuck cut if a woodchuck could cut wood? Oh, see, I always thought it was chuck chuck, like you said. Yeah, me too. And it's so easy when you say it like that. And then yeah. someone turned around to me. I was like, "No, that's that." I think it was my mum actually, and I was telling her, and she was pissing herself, laughing, like, "Why are you doing this?" Um, but she was like, "You're wrong anyway." I was like, "What?" Oh, that makes it yeah. so much more difficult now that I'm thinking. Yeah, about it. legit, right? See, I always, I always, uh, I think my favorite one was the she sells seashells down by she the sells seashore. seashells by the seashore. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That one is pretty easy, though. That's probably why I like yeah, it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, that's like, the, that's the intro. And then from there, it's, uh, if Peter Piper picked a peck of peppers, which peck of pickle peppers do Peter Piper pick? <laughs> like, that that goes next. That's next, right? But as long as you're fast enough with, like, saying it, you can kind of just, like, you can, you can kind just of, like, smooth I don't know. Words, like, yeah, yes, it. You can smooth it over and blend them. So yeah. you get away with it. But there's no chance of the, how much wood could a woodchuck cut if a woodchuck could cut wood? Yeah, like, that, that is That last tough part now. is just, man, you have to take a breath for that. There was one that I heard years ago at this point, but it was like some post or something on Reddit or YouTube or something. But like, it was so hard. It was like stupid. Like the first two words, I would always just flip up like the first two <laughs> words, which is so weird. But uh, the only other one that I know is is just saying red lorry, yellow lorry in quick succession. After oh, one yeah. Other. So I'll try and get like how far I could get before they just before I started going. Lor, 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 lor. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah, that's my uh, that's that's how I used to keep myself entertained. I mean, it was pretty it was pretty uh, um, 
so times if you haven't been able to tell already so yeah so let me ask you about like your history with the game because you like you said you used to play as a kid and stuff but at the time were you playing runescape when uh i mean i guess you were because you were watching twitch and stuff but like were you pretty invested in the game or were you just kind of like casually playing it and it just seemed like a cool opportunity at the time yeah okay so I'll, i'll tell you about like the very first experience i had with runescape it was actually on runescape classic um, this isn't going to be a long story because I have to cut it very short. Um, I saw my older brother playing this game. Um, and at the time, you know, obviously being super young, PCs weren't really a thing that everyone had back then. We had like um, we had a, a schedule as well for us on, on how long, you know, we would basically have one hour each evening on the PC. And when my hour was done, it was my older brother's hour, but I'd always sit with him and watch what he was doing so I could learn new things. And he was obviously older and more intelligent, so he did cooler things on the internet than I could. Mm-hmm. And he started playing this game, and I was like, "Wow, that looks amazing! What is it?" But he refused to tell me what it was called. <laughs> he just wouldn't let me know, and I was so frustrated. I was like, "I just want to play." Um, and and basically, every time I tried to look over for, for the name of it, he he would cover the screen or he would minimize it down. But one day, one day, I saw that it was something to do with run and scape. So I just googled that. Well, I think at the time it wouldn't have been Google; it would have been uh, it would have been Ask Jeeves. Oh yeah. So yeah, I asked Jeeves what what is RuneScape, and it brought up RuneScape. So I was like, okay, clicked on it. I was like, yes, that's the icon. I know it. That is definitely <laughs> it. So I jump into RuneScape Classic, but I can't get past the tutorial. No word of a lie. I think I was like eight or nine or something like that, um, and I didn't realize that you had to basically. It, the chat options in Rooster Classic were in the top left-hand corner of the screen. Um, or at least I think they were in the tutorial. I didn't realize you had to click on them to be able to regress. So I just kept clicking on the same person. Like, <laughs> why do you... Because the text would come above his head, right? They would yeah. say it above their head. But I didn't see it in the top left. I didn't know that that was the thing. I thought it was just giving me, like, that was his chat log. Yeah. So I was like, what? So I ended up, you know, I, I ended up not figuring that out until about six months or so later. <laughs> six where, months? Yeah, I know, I know. At this point, my brother's carrying on playing it, and then this is where he finally tells me what I need to do. He gets my account through Tutorial Island, and I start playing RuneScape Classic a little bit, but, you know, I haven't got a clue at all what I'm doing. I'm still too young to really understand it, and um, obviously, you know, computers not been around for so long, so you don't have that knowledge that a lot of young people do nowadays when they jump onto a PC, because it's just part of life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which is an interesting topic on itself, of, like, how advanced people are now in terms of technology. Crazy how much that's changed the game in uh, landscape as well and pretty much everything. But yeah, so I, I played RuneScape Classic for a little bit. Um, and then I remember the day that basically um, RuneScape 2 came out and you were given the option to transfer your account over. So I transferred my account and that's when I, I kind of actually started playing a little bit more uh, than I than I did on Classic before. Uh, it was a lot easier for me to understand when it turned into RuneScape 2. At this point, there's more information available. We've got RuneHQ, we've got tip.it, and I'm I'm understanding how to use search engines uh, and, and really figure out, you know, finding information for myself. So I start playing RuneScape more. I still have no idea, though, how to train uh, strength or defense. My, my account is an attack pure at this point. 
I didn't realize that changing your attack styles is is how you train your other skills. <laughs> I don't think anybody that... knew that as a kid. <laughs> no, that took about three months as well. And then one day when I was at school talking to one of my friends, uh, they mentioned that they basically changed it and, and they started getting levels. And I was like, what do you mean? What did you change? It's like, <laughs> I don't know. I just clicked on the thing where you attack. And so I, I tested it out one day and I noticed. And I was like, oh my God, this is actually working. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> the good old um, days. The good old days. We'll never be able to recreate them. I'd love it if we could. But yeah, I I played pretty pretty significantly whilst I was in high school, at least. Um, it was really something that everyone played. I, there's, I hear so many stories of people saying that if you talked about RuneScape as a kid, you would get bullied. But for me, it was the opposite. Like you, you were with the cool kids if you were playing RuneScape, and all of the cool kids at our school. Maybe I just didn't go to a very cool school. God, that is but... that is dope. Like that would have been like an optimal scenario. I didn't really play in high school because I kind of like drifted to other games. But like, yeah. if, if that would have been cool, oh my god, I would have stuck with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I still played it right, but I was playing other games at the time mm-hmm. here. So RuneScape for me was it was one of those where I basically just played RuneScape. After about a year or so of playing it, I, I learned about. Um, going into the wilderness, making accounts. And I didn't understand it still properly, but I basically put my account in and I would just sit in, in Edgeville and, and fight other people. And that's basically all I ever did, uh, when I did play at least. Yeah. But I came out of RuneScape um, after a, probably about two years of being in high school, the first year being the most played. And that's when when I mentioned right at the start of the, the, the combo where, you know, my friends would come around and would have like RuneScape parties and share my computer and whatnot but then I, then i found other games and there are two games in particular um that really pulled me away from from runescape one of them is a game called enemy territory which is still to this day my all-time favorite game in existence wow. um is it a pc game it, it was a pc game yeah it, it it was basically like uh it, it was like not a spin-off kind of a spin-off slash a mod of return to castle wolfenstein it was actually called return to castle wolfenstein enemy territory so Mm. if you'd ever played any of the wolfenstein series return to castle wolfenstein was like one of the really old ones it was set you know back in the day when people used stens and like mp40s and the thompson as weapons and the old kind of like stick grenades and whatnot And, and this was it was basically a standalone version that was there was no campaign it was online only and you'd play as like um you could play on servers that had up to 64 people which back then was insane oh, you'd, yeah. you'd never be able to play with 64 people other than in in runescape but this was a you know a 3d game i didn't know about dark age of camelot and everquest or or lineage properly until it was too late for me to really get invested in them but this was completely game changing for me and um i i played this so much like so hardcore by the time I was 13, I was in a clan, and I know it's going to sound very weird to a lot of people who are probably listening back to this now, but like I was in a clan of like 30-plus-year-olds um, as a 13-year-old, <laughs> and I, I was leading our competitive team at the time. On mic? Um, yeah, on mic. We used Ventrilo <laughs> at the time. Yeah, we used Ventrilo. So and, and they knew, but it was like... It, they didn't it wasn't, care. Yeah, they didn't care. It wasn't like at the end of the day most people who were gaming were that age because no one was young enough to be able to get a PC yeah. that could run these types of games anyway. But my uncle was super high into into gaming and he basically upgraded his PC, gave me all of his old parts and just said, hey, if you want a PC, here it is, but I'm not building it for you. You've got to learn it yourself. Wow. And I was like, what? 
So I was like 12 years old. I built the PC, hence why I had this PC that, you know, my friends could come around and use. Um, so yeah, I played this game probably for about four years, um, every single day, all day, um, apart from when the other game came about and I kind of slacked. But I played that super competitively. We were like number one on what was known as the clan base ladder. Uh, it was like a, a website that you'd use to have to like put your rankings when you won games and whatnot and it would give you points and those points determine your ranking on the ladder. But we held it for like six months, the number one spot for the UK um, kind of like scene on wow. this game. Um, and then I got to play in my very first like tournament. We were, we were sponsored at the time. So I guess you could say I was a professional gamer. <laughs> but <laughs> sponsorships back then was someone paid for your own private server hosting that you could use for like scrims, practice matches and stuff. Oh, wow. Um, and, and I got a mouse pad. So, you know, that was <laughs> that was our sponsor at least. <laughs> and, and our sponsor was a server hosting company so wow yeah um but i got to play you know i played in in a, in a few tournaments overall um if anyone has stayed up with like the cs scene for example the likes of Tosspot, he's he's actually casted a few of my games that i played way back in the day uh the, the tournaments he was very active in in enemy territory um yeah so that was that game and then the other game the big elephant in the room world of warcraft oh my god world of warcraft was the thing that ruined my life but also made my life what it is so i can't really um i can't really diss it too much because you know if if i was to turn back and change it then i would change who i am today um but for for about i'd say about two years yeah it would have been about two years i refused to play world of warcraft because i just said why would i want to play that when i've got runescape it's a far better mmo and it's cheaper too because you know it's like three pounds or something a month whereas wow was was like eight or something crazy um so yeah, I just used to carry on. I carried on playing RuneScape and didn't bother with WoW. Um, but eventually, my friend started playing World of Warcraft, and I'd go around to his house at lunch. And I was watching him like skin giraffes and make bandages and buy cool armor and a big massive sword, and I was like, "Wow, these graphics are so much cooler than RuneScape." <laughs> See, I had and friends as well. Is, that was history. I had friends as well that would play World of Warcraft, and I think I played it for like maybe three days or something. I got a free seven day trial when I was a child. Oh yeah. And I, tr- I tried so hard to get into it, but it was just so foreign. I don't know. Yeah. It's so completely I had very similar experiences with other friends as well who had, you know, played RuneScape with me at school. I wanted them to get into WoW, and it just never happened. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly wonder if it's, like, uh, just pride or something. Like, oh, I just, I'm just i better off with just RuneScape or whatever. Or if it's just <laughs> genuinely, like, I just wouldn't have enjoyed the game because it's a massively a huge game and I have, oh yeah I have a lot of friends you can't even it. compare them they are they are not similar in oh, any way yeah. shape or form um but i think what it was for me was that i got a lot of sense of community from world of warcraft that i didn't from runescape because mm. i only played runescape with my friends whereas world of warcraft i was with a guild and it reminded me of the times that i spent playing enemy territory competitively yeah. with my clan and and having that communication you know i could i could jump into ventrilo at any time of the day after school, obviously. And there'd be people in there for me to talk to in voice and I would learn new things from from adults, some things I probably shouldn't have learned. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is it is what it is. So um, yeah, I still played RuneScape though consistently. And I realized actually, I said this wouldn't be a long story. I meant about the classic part. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still played RuneScape on and off for, for pretty much the entire duration that RuneScape 2 was out up until the point where the Polypore staff was introduced because at that point... It really just changed, like Edgeville PKing 
um, so drastically that I just wasn't able to compete anymore. I was never very good. It would be something that I'd, you know, dip into at a weekend uh, or maybe one evening when I wasn't raiding on WoW and um, I couldn't do that anymore. So I stopped playing. I jumped back into RuneScape when Evolution of Combat was um, introduced. Mm-hmm. I, I, I played on the beta. I wanted to see what it was like. Because, you know, being a WoW player, I thought at the time, you know, what, actually, that doesn't sound too bad. I love RuneScape. It's just that I'm so used to now playing with, like, Action Bar and stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I I think it's safe to say that for the same as many people, the um, implementation of that just wasn't great to begin with. I think they've done massive amounts of uh, improvements and done a really good job of changing the system now. But when it first came out, I mean, there's a reason why Old School came back, right? Yeah. So, and yeah, you, you got to think like, I always think of, for example, iPhone updates. There's, there's never going to be an update that's so insanely drastic that changes the user experience like completely. And mm-hmm. I think that's just like so vital is like, if you ever want to make a change on a massive platform, you have to do it so incrementally. That's like, yeah, it, you really have to ease yeah. them into it or you release an entirely new thing. Right. Oh Yeah. I mean, you. I mean, you notice it now, like on Twitch, they'll like change the font one day, and I'm like already freaking out. Like I'm just like, what? Like what is going on? This is not the Twitch I know. You know, it's like little things like that can really start snowballing if you add. Too it, much it's stuff true. I mean, like they they changed the 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 button to tweet on Twitter, and it completely threw me off. Oh and yeah, the like, layout of Twitter completely changed. But you know, now I've used it for a while, and actually, I really like it. It's just getting used to it. But yep. to begin with, I was like. Nah, screw this. There is one <laughs> exception to that, right? I still, to this day, use the old format for Reddit. I can't stand new Reddit. I'm sure people love it, but I will never switch over until the point that they make it so that old.reddit.com no longer works. Yeah. Um, and some people have like called me out on that, like shaming me for using <laughs> new Reddit when I've like shared a link. But when you share a link uh, on mobile, especially because you know sometimes I'm just laying lay in bed and I'll I'll copy a link. And then I'll send it to myself in a in a in an email or a DM on Slack or something so that I've got it in the morning so I can remember to you know look at it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't come up as old Reddit. <laughs> See, I I don't think I ever got invested too much in like desktop Reddit. It was always okay. kind of a mobile thing, so I yeah. don't really have a preference from old or new. But whenever I think of old Reddit, I think of a white page, whereas now the new ones all like dark mode and stuff. Okay. All right. Uh, I see. Well, I use uh, I use what's known as the Reddit Enhanced Suite. It's like a Chrome extension, and that's got dark mode embedded into it. So okay. So it'd still be old, it. but yeah. Yeah, old, old but dark. It's so weird to think that like every single website always was white background, black text, and now it's like shifting finally. Like, yeah, I know. Thank God. I, I I shun the light mode users unless you're using it as like budget lighting for your streaming setup or video <laughs> yeah. creation. Fair enough. Otherwise, change over to dark mode is the future. You know what? Um, I, I, I do want to talk to you about... I want you to go into your experience with streaming because you used to watch Twitch and then you became a streamer. So I want to hear kind of like how that all went and what was your mindset during it and what were yeah, your expectations, sure. I guess. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, before then, can I just quickly finish off the story about RuneScape? Absolutely. I've only, there's only a small snippet I saw. Absolutely. Don't, you don't even need to apologize. Just go for it. Okay, so it kind of ties in at least a little bit because, you know, there's there's the there's the Twitch part to this, right? So I stopped playing when Polypore staff was introduced, apart from dabbling in EOC for a little bit. 
otherwise I, I you know that was me done with runescape i didn't come back to it at all uh, apart from maybe like one or two Darok fights in legacy mode and realized actually this is so broken i'm i'm never <laughs> gonna play again yeah um and then then i was there on what was known as uh just in tv uh originally and um that was my like first kind of like experience with live streaming and and watching people play games and i was browsing through and i used to use it to keep on top of um csgo or, or counter-strike tournaments and dota tournaments and one of the the games that i really 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 excuse me really got into watching was um and playing as well was heroes of new earth um that was the best moba ever I'm, I, I love it so much but besides the point so one day i'm there at work and i'm, and I'm scrolling through and suddenly I, I i see what is runescape but it's not runescape that i last played it's runescape as i knew it and i was like what the what is how is this possible so i uh i i, I tune in and I'm, and I'm watching at the time it was boti and and i was just like what the hell is going on so i ask in the chat and it's like yeah it's old school runescape it came back out six weeks ago what wow. so i checked the website and lo and behold yeah it was back out and i'm thinking to myself right i've got to shun myself here for not staying on top of this because I, w- I was one of the people that voted to bring back the wilderness. I even bought a T-shirt that said, <laughs> I did my part to bring back the wilderness. <laughs> Legit, bought the T-shirt. I-, I tried to find it, but I think one day I used it to like decorate with, got it covered in paint and then threw it out. But anyway, so I, I'm six weeks late to the party. I-, I jump in and that was where my reintroduction to old school RuneScape as we know it now kind of like started. It was six weeks after the release. I did admittedly only play for about two, three weeks because I was just so busy with work. I had to just put it aside and, and forget about it. Mm-hmm. But then about six months after that, I I started playing again because I was still watching live streams at the time. Um, and I booted my account back up. Shun me if you like, but I said to myself, right, I've, I've got a goal now where I think it was six months anyway. I might be wrong with the dates. You'll know anyway, because it was when bonds were introduced I set myself a goal where before I'd, I'd never played the game other than, you know, doing edge rule PKing. I hated quests with a passion. I only did them if I needed something to PK with. Yeah. So this time I was like, you know what? I'm going to give quests an actual try in old school. I'm going to give it, uh, you know, see it through a different lens, give it a different chance, mm-hmm. a new chance. Sorry. So, so I was like, right. Okay. I, I want to get quest cape and I want to get quest cape within three months. So I bought myself 10 bonds to kickstart me at that time. I was like earning good money. It didn't really seem like anything to me. I was like, no, oh, whatever, it may as well. <laughs> so I, uh, I I then set on this you know mission of, of getting my quest cape and I got my quest cape within two months um, from wow. pretty much being something like 400 total. Wow. Like um, uh, yeah, I was like, I, I'm not a hardcore player, right? But it was, it was, in between me working, AFKing on the side, and then in the evenings, I would actually do the quests that I got the skills for the day before or whatever it was. Okay, I, I um, need to ask, though, what was the method or what guide, what website did you use for guides if you used guides? <laughs> RuneHQ. Hell yeah. And then, RuneHQ. so I went back on RuneHQ for the old guides, right? But yeah. at this point, the wiki was was really starting to be developed. And honestly, as soon as the wiki guides came out, I just started using the wiki. Oh, yeah, no, no. Um, I just remember using, like, there was either the fandom guides, like the kind of crappy guides, and then there was RuneHQ. And RuneHQ was like, oh, this is just so much cleaner. But yeah, yeah the wiki now, it. oh, 
can't beat it. Yeah, and the wiki now is fantastic. But yeah, back back then it it was really coming together. But I mean, a lot of the information because people had done it so many times beforehand was there in RuneHQ. Mm-hmm. So I I used a lot of that. Um, yeah, I got my quest cape, and I was like, wow, this is you know, and and that during that period of me getting that quest cape, that's really when my time spent on Twitch kind of like ramped up where I was, I was really watching streamers and stuff like that and, and getting super involved with, with the community. Um, and then the rest is just kind of like, yeah, I, I played, but casually played. RuneScape for me now, especially with old school, is the kind of game that I want to play, that I play when I just want to escape from everything. Um, a little bit more difficult now that my name is the same as what it is mod name, so... Um, this isn't a bad thing. It's 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 actually really really kind of like uh, heartwarming and 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 super wholesome at times. I have some great interactions with players, but I can't escape as easy as I used to unless I play an account that people don't really know about. Yeah. Um, but it's always been that game where I'm very kind of like min max mindset. I like to push myself. I like to you know in WoW, I'd always try and be the best. Like really optimize my rotations uh, and, and 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 pump basically. Whereas runescape was the complete opposite it's like i'm just going to go in and i'm just going to role play i'm just going to do what the hell i want and play how the hell i want and there are a few exceptions to that like which you know when i talk about my streaming thing in a second slayer for example i i, I did sweat that a little bit um but yeah it, it was just a kind of like casual game for me so i've i've never stopped playing old school but it's just that i've never played it permanently hardcore every day apart from when I live streamed. Yeah. Um, so to the live stream point, right? I I am community manager at this time, back in 2017, 2018. I've already got a lot of friends within the um, kind of like streaming scene from before I joined, uh, you know, from being in their chats, engaging with them, having conversations. I'd met people at various different Deadman events before I joined Jagex. Um, and really started to develop those relationships. And a lot of them were saying, even, you know, when I was a JMod, it's like, you should just stream on the side. I'm sure people would really like to, you know, gather your thoughts and stuff. And actually, to be fair, that was before I even joined Jagex. I I actually streamed old school whilst I was working in IT because I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe this is my opportunity for getting out of the IT career. Maybe I can become a full-time streamer. Newsflash, don't go into content creation thinking you're going to make it your full-time job. That is the absolute wrong mindset. <laughs> and the best thing to do is do it because you enjoy it and because you you find it, it's something that you want to do because it's fun. Treat it as a hobby. And then if things, you know, if things start to really pick up from there, then maybe consider transitioning over to like as a full-time. Don't go into it being, I'm going to quit my job everyone else is super successful. I'm going to, I'm going to become a streamer. I'm going to be the next, whoever is number one at the moment, right? Yeah. I'm going to be the next firm. I'm going to be the next boating. I'm going to be the next odor. It doesn't happen like that, right? It's, the reality is very few people actually make it to the point where they can consider it their full-time jobs, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, to be fair, I actually started streaming back in oh, like 2013, I think it was 2014. Jesus. I streamed, um, I streamed Path of Exile. Okay. when that game was out when it first released um and it was because during a part of me working in it i was made redundant so i had three months where i couldn't really get a new job unless i wanted to pay a buttload of tax so i was like well i'm just going to take three months off 
Um, and I just started streaming just for fun. Back then, there wasn't affiliate or anything like that. You either were partnered or you didn't get paid. Yep. So I was just playing for fun. I'm actually going to just quickly check my um, my Twitch account because I know that there's a, there's a VOD on there from from when I was super young. Um, and I want to get the exact date for it. <laughs> uh, where is it? Uh, these are my highlights. I've got to have it somewhere. Okay, nine years ago <laughs> oh was my, my first highlight. If you don't mind, um, how old are you? I am 30 years old this year. Wow, congrats, big 30. Yeah, I know, I'm turning old man. So do people, uh, I I know this is a little tangent, you can continue afterwards, but... um, It's cool. Do you ever, like, get something? Because, like, you look, like, 25, and so... Mm-hmm. Uh, do you well, ever... that's a compliment. Hey, yeah, I mean, I, I, most I... people say I look sixteen. <laughs> no, I think I like. I thought you were my age. So okay, because I'm I'm twenty six, but I thought you were around my age. But yeah, twenty nine. Wow, thirty this year. Yep. Crazy. How I old get you? ID'd all the time. <laughs> I I even get ID'd if I'm if back when I was working at Jagex in twenty seventeen, I was like absolutely addicted to energy drinks and they halfway through that year i think or maybe it was like 2018 yeah in the uk they introduced a new law that said you have to be 16 or above to be able to buy energy drinks and wow. i used to get id'd at the tesco's when i was buying my uh my monster punch <laughs> that was pretty awkward <laughs> see for me it's like so... the complete opposite like in my stream people either think i'm like 45 or they'll think well <laughs> this is before my beard i guess people would think i'm either 40 or like 15 nowhere in between really it's okay weird. but I'm now sure with the beard, you shaved the beard as well you'd it would be constantly 15 right yeah no and with the beard legitimately whenever like people ask my age i will just say i'm like 42 or something and people okay. will literally like they'll be surprised but they'll accept it which is crazy i'm like jeez <laughs> can i really pull that off oh man yeah anyway continue Okay. Um, so yeah, like my, my history on Twitch nine years ago was the first time I streamed. I streamed Path of Exile uh, for like three months. And you know, I was actually doing okay back then. I would average around about 80 or so viewers and I was in the top 10 for hardcore uh, players on the ladder. And then I, I, I died to the most stupid thing in existence. Oh. And that kind of like really set me back and I was just about to start work again. So I didn't stream then for, I didn't stream again then at least for a very long time. Um, the next period that I began would have been, well, looking at my broadcasts here, it's like five years ago. So I started streaming RuneScape um, just because I wanted to just share my experience of just playing and, and meet new friends. And because, you know, I had a lot of friends already within the community that said like, oh, do you stream? And I'm like, no. Oh, you should. I was like, okay, well, you know what? Why not? Um and then I, I moved away from like playing RuneScape all the time to like doing some Legend of Zelda streams and and so on and so forth. But yeah. you know, like for the most part, I'd have two, three, four viewers uh, until the time that I tried my Firecape attempt and Mod Wolf was watching my stream and he tweeted it and suddenly I had two hundred people in my chat. Oh wow! And it was the most it was the most heart wrenching experience ever. <laughs> I was so nervous. I was sweating. Uh, it was it was awful. But very grateful for him for for doing that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so yeah, kind of, kind of had an experience of streaming beforehand. Anyway, um, then I joined Jagex, and I was, I was honestly just so busy that there was just no time to be able to stream. I would maybe throw in the odd stream here or there, um, but really, it, it, it wasn't possible. But then it started becoming a little bit easier. I said to myself, you know what? Um, 
okay, I'll tell you a little truth here. When I was working at Jagex back in 2017 as a normal community manager, I was um, I was unhealthily addicted to working. And I think that's mostly part like most partly due to the fact that I loved my job so much mm. but it was an it was an unhealthy obsession I would be constantly every minute that was available checking social media and that's you know checking on Twitter looking through Reddit watching people's YouTube videos yeah. uh, engaging with people on Discord um, and it, it got so bad to the point where like I, I suffered with not being able to sleep, not being able to shut off. At the time, I was also drinking like a considerable amount of caffeine anyway because of the, you know, at parts where I was traveling and whatnot, it was just becoming rough um, or just, you know, staying up late because I wanted to carry on doing work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't because of Jagex, right? They weren't forcing me to do this. This was this was me, my own problem. And there were there were many times where, you know, Jagex had, had tried to help me kind of like have a better work-life balance. It's just that, I wasn't willing to change. Yeah, it's um, addicting, especially like when you were just saying like checking posts and stuff because it's all new. It's just like fresh, fresh, fresh. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think it's I really addicting. With the I can same definitely kind of see how people can you know get addicted to social media, especially. Yep. Um, and then when you add that onto the fact that you know, for me at least, social media was a large part of of my job, and I just felt like if I missed something on the evening, I wouldn't be so prepared the next day to be able to handle it. Um, or if I saw some feedback, I'd need to make sure that I engaged with it so that I could get fresh ideas and, and that would help, you know, the next piece of content that I was working on. Um, so I actually, uh, as, as a JMod at the time, decided that my way of getting around that and no longer obsessing so much with engagement um, would be to start streaming because I would still get the engagement because, you know, by virtue of the fact of being a JMod, it would attract more people mm-hmm. to the stream. Uh, that wasn't, you know, I wasn't like, oh, I'm JMod, so I'm going to get loads of people. It was more like a case of, I know there's a like high likelihood that people are going to tune in because they'll want to ask me Jagex questions. Um, it means that I get to play the game, which I wasn't doing because I was too busy constantly like reading things. And I also, you know, get to, you know, create some new friends at the same time and just have a good time um, and, and show really that the the people behind the crown are, are human as Sween uh, has said before in, in a video. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I started streaming and for a while I accepted questions about Jagex and then after a little bit there was some controversy that came around because people started coming into the stream and they would bait, you know, certain questions, want certain responses. Um, I didn't handle that well all the time. I had a lot that I needed to learn and I, I think I have learned a lot over the time of, you know, the, the course of me being a community manager at least and, and spending time with Twitch and Reddit and Twitter and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was really just that. It was it was my way of, of, of escaping from staying on top of things, but still feeling like I was involved so I didn't feel guilty or that, you know, I was falling behind or missing out. Um and on honestly, within a few weeks, that whole Twitch thing just blew up entirely unintentionally. Um I really didn't anticipate just how popular the streams would become um and affiliate came around so i was like i'm not going to apply for affiliate it feels wrong but everyone kept telling me in the stream to go for affiliate so i was well like what do i do like okay fine i'll do affiliate on the understanding that any money i make from streaming i'll give back to the community so um some people may remember actually 
after I, th- I think it was you had to wait like 90 days or something to get your your payout from twitch but once i got my pay from twitch from all of the support that i got from from streaming in the time that i was a jmod i hosted my own pvp tournament and all of the all of the money that i made i put in to the prize pool so wow. that you know it was giving back to the community i got to host my own tournament i got to do something with pvp which felt amazing um and you know the money that that people gave me which I honestly just felt a little bit wrong for taking, I didn't have to feel wrong about anymore because I gave it away. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that happened. And, I, you know, I think, I think again, I'm, I'm not 100% sure on all the dates, but, you know, I was streaming for like three months during the time of me being a JMOD and then the whole me moving back and commuting came about. Um. So it turned into, instead of me streaming like pretty often, because at this time when, when I really started streaming as a JMOD, it was when I was living in Ely. So I didn't have to worry about travel. I had a lot of week, like evening time free. It was easy for me to just spin up a stream, do something for a few hours and then shut off. Um, I spent most of my time on streams actually just killing Vorkaf, to be honest. It was really, really fun. Um, yeah, and, and, and basically what, what happened was I got to the situation where I started commuting I was still doing the streaming a little bit here and there throughout the weekends and whatnot. Um, but crazily, my channel was at the point where, you know what, actually, when you took into account the money that I was spending on, you know, two properties, the travel and all of that was, wasn't actually that much worse than, you know, than, than working. So I thought maybe there is an opportunity where if I take this seriously, it, it could turn into a career. As much as I don't want it to, because I never went into streaming thinking I would make money from it mm-hmm. the second time around. Obviously, the first time, I really hoped that I could, but it still wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I quit my job to to stream back then. It was like, it would be really nice if my Twitch kicks like picks up enough to make it a job, but yeah. it, it didn't turn out that way. But this time around, you know, I was like, wow, this is actually a possibility. So um, I after I, after I quit Jagex, I carried on streaming for a little while. It was a couple of months, just to make sure, really, that it was going to be financially viable. That I'd still be able to pay all of my bills that needed to be paid, um, and that it wasn't just you know uh, essentially. Um, um, I, I don't know the best way to word it, but kind of like. Just hoping. Not fake support, but like yeah, I didn't, I didn't yeah. want it to be just that the people were only there because I was a JMod, right? Yeah. Because I, as I said before, I, I knew for a fact that some people were tuning in at the time purely because of the fact that I was a JMod and not because they enjoyed me as a streamer. But yeah. that's why, you know, I did it for a couple of months to see, you know, if people stick around, if people like how I approach streaming and, and the content that I put forward, then maybe I can consider it. And yeah turns out that i could so i i kind of just took the plunge and um i i did in that time a little bit of consultancy work for some other studios it wasn't a huge amount it was just like a few days of of work just to really just give me that security financially um but i wasn't i wasn't actively looking for jobs uh and basically i just said to my fiance i was like look if after three months it seems like this could work would you be comfortable with me actually you know carrying streaming on as as my job for a while and 
Uh, and, and basically we agreed that what I would do was that we agreed as if like, you know, she's my manager, but she's not. But <laughs> the, the thing about relationships is that it's, you know, it's very much two sided thing, right? You both have to work together on making sure that you're comfortable with whatever's happening because yeah. um, streaming, especially, you know, you have to commit to it. And there were a lot of times where I was trying to do extra things and involving myself with the community that would mean time with her was sacrificed. Right. Yeah. But yeah, we said that we'd do it like a th- every three months we would review the kind of situation or i would review it at least and i would you know if i was still okay with it if it still seemed like it was good then i'd carry on and every three months that would that would keep on happening and i'd look at my three months in terms of twitch earnings and and then go forward mm-hmm. um now the reality of it it sounds all great but the reality of it is i don't i don't deal very well with inconsistency um i, I like stability i like there to be something new all the time. Um, and, I, and I hate uncertainty when it comes to finances. Um, yeah. I've always been very financially savvy. I used to be very financially driven until, you know, I ended my IT career. Now it's more about what's what's right for me as opposed to what gives me the most money. Mm-hmm. Just so happens to be that I'm in a really good position now where both of those things just happen to have, you know, fallen into place. But um yeah. The the uncertainty of of Twitch ruined me way more than working in IT did, uh, and there would often be you know days where you would have a low on Twitch and I wouldn't get any new subs or there wouldn't be uh, any opportunities you know coming my way. And I know that this is one hundred percent entitled because there are so many people that work their asses off on on Twitch and on YouTube and and don't make anything at all um but it's just the way that you know the way my head was processing i can't help it right no i mean Um, but that would happen regardless because like when you're making a certain amount and then all of a sudden you have like two months of like oh i just made like half the amount that i just made the month previous it's like i feel like that is if you would just have steady growth but it wasn't as much then it would feel a lot better but it's just like oh time low like low month this time like oh shit so yeah, I, and I, I think the problem was understand. that, yeah, I, I personally, I couldn't deal very well with those low periods. And I, I think one of the things that with content creation is that you that until you've got to a point where you know for the most part that you have a, a you know a stable following that is consistent that you have to work tirelessly on for years to be able to build up. It's not something that just happens overnight. Mm-hmm. You have to deal with those highs and lows. And typically, if you look at the bigger picture, it will even itself out, right? And you yep. look at it on a much broader scale year by year rather than month by month or three months by three months. Yeah, um, yeah I, didn't, I didn't do that. And I was looking at it on, on the three-month period. So what I would find, what I would find myself um, doing is that I would, the night before, think to myself, right, I've really got to... I've really got to put my all in on the next stream. I've got to try and make sure that I'm entertaining, that I do something that can help me regrow again or get back what I had last month. And then it would come to the next day and it would just feel wrong. I really didn't like thinking of Twitch as a paycheck because it went from something that I was doing because I really enjoyed it to now I had to depend on it. So... I would I would stand there in the shower and <laughs> the times that I did stream I would you know refer to the fact that oh, I'm really sorry I didn't stream last night it was the shower of depression that just killed me off I would just 
be in the shower for like 30 minutes just contemplating everything thinking well there's no point going live today because i can put in so much effort and, and get nothing out of it there's yeah. it's a waste of my time so i wouldn't stream but you know when you're not streaming there's no opportunity for you and one of the big things on twitch especially is consistency is key so i kind of really just shot myself in the foot where i would i would see these lows i would get really down about them and then instead of working on myself to just you know just continue streaming be there for the people that are supporting you not for the people that you know kind of like come and go and and those fluctuations because mm -hmm. If that's the one piece of advice I could give to anyone is don't get blindsided by the numbers. Remember the people that are there every day, that are there every time that you upload a video, that are there every time you hit the live button and are instantly chatting away. The people that are reaching out to you on Discord, those are real humans that genuinely really care about you and don't think of them as a number. And if you are in the position where you're like creating content full time, I mean... I wouldn't say that you owe it to them because at the end of the day, you know, it's not like um, you, you're signing up into a contract or there's this you know, formal agreement, but yeah. um, it would, it would just be, it, it's more of a remember that, that they're there, they're supporting you. So there are other people out there too, that are most likely going to be the same as, as what they are. And if you just continue and you remain consistent, and if you want to make it something that you do on a permanent basis, do it for those supporters that are with you through the thick and thin, and you'll find that success will come your way regardless yeah. because other people will see that level of genuinity. They'll, they'll get attached to you as an individual and, and be there for, for what you're providing rather than, say, for example, the game that you're playing. Um, because it's really easy to see through the, you know, the curtains when people are trying to, to cover up the fact that they're streaming for nothing more than... than than, than money at least i find it anyway yeah um and you know people can tell when you're not having fun so if you're not having fun on stream then why would someone watch you because most people are watching you for an escape themselves or they want some entertainment as well or they just want to be in an environment they feel comfortable for and if you're not able to provide that then well ultimately <laughs> how can you expect people to be there right and and that's the problem that i had was that i wasn't doing that I would. I was thinking too much about the money. I was thinking too much about the numbers, uh, and I stopped streaming as regular, which then just exasperated the issue. Those loyal supporters that stayed through eventually started to drop off as I was no longer, you know, being there for them as much as they were there for me. Yeah, and it really just spiraled, um, and I created this huge problem that I really couldn't fix in uh, in the time that I needed to because bills are still there bills still need to be paid yep and it's a lot more difficult when you are in a relationship and you have a mortgage and you have legitimate mm -hmm. bills and it's not like you could just uh like i know i'm relating it to myself but like i'm i'm single and if everything went like if all of a sudden everything just went away i would be fine because like i'm only relying on myself and like i don't have to help at, like i don't i'm not supporting anybody else so yeah the stress has just got to be compounded in your situation. Yeah, that's exactly, that's a really good way of saying it. Uh, and you, you really just have to be aware and, and know how to manage that. And I, yeah, I say, I, I just unfortunately wasn't. So um, I made the decision to, to basically um, quit streaming. And that's when I went back to IT as my like 
God damn, I really have to get something in the new year now to be able to make sure I can still keep the house. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I moved over into into working for IT for a few months, and you know the rest of the story because I told that at the start. So yeah, but that's me in terms of like streaming and, and how it happened and and my kind of experience with it. I I really miss it, and there have been times in in the last like two weeks especially where I've said, you know what, I'm just going to load up the stream, I'm going to fire it up, and I'm just going to. I'm just going to have a chat with everyone and just see how people are and, and just have some fun. Um, but then, well, I've just been too busy. Yeah. Every time I want to, something crops up and it's like, oh, well, that's not going to happen now. I really wonder how that is, though, to, like, come back to a stream and, like, because clearly there are some toxic memories probably where it's just like, ah, oh, it brings back the kind of, like, stress I was dealing with streaming and, like... I don't know. I wonder if like going back to streaming, even just casually, would kind of bring back that like oh, like it kind of like you're like you're romanticizing the experience you had with full time streaming, but then it's like then you remember yeah. like ah, oh, like I think I think you're right for sure. There's def- there definitely will be parts of that, but it's a little bit different now, right? Because there is there is no chance that I would quit my job uh, yeah. or even consider quitting my job um, in order to be able to to stream again and. I would never have to worry about the financial um, instability that I that I had before because well, I have my I have the job that I'm in now and I don't have to worry about things so much. So it would just be a case of yeah, firing up, having some fun, and and that being that. That's I think good. my biggest fear at the moment would be more about the even though it's a personal stream, there is still always that association to Jagex, and there are people out there who will go out of their way <laughs> to try and. Um, just be a troll yeah yeah to be a troll or to to kind of like back you into a corner so that you say something yep um try and get something clipped out of context or use it to their advantage yeah and that, that's what i really dislike the snakes yep the rats i call them the rats oh yeah <laughs> the rats fair. yeah no it is i i think it's cool though i mean it was really nice hearing that experience because like there's so many things for any streamer that everything you said is very relatable and uh it's cool that you got that experience, though, of, like, truly trying out full-time streaming and stuff and mm-hmm. just realizing everything that goes with it, the highs, the lows, and just how it really can work with your life. And it's it really is a long-term investment where it's, like, if Absolutely. I were to have stopped, if I personally would have stopped streaming a year into it, oh, yeah, like, it would have just been, like, pennies, you know? just mm-hmm. Just, like you gotta see growth and it was really cool that you mentioned like seeing growth from a yearly basis because it's so transparent of like i mean it's it's like so clear of the growth that you actually get whereas yeah month by month is just like what is happening i'm like it feels like you're (laughs) declining you know unless you're the you know you you've really hit it lucky and you've managed to get some you know crazy amount of support your way that you know could have been from external factors influencing it or you just are you know hyper entertaining and there's no one been like you out on the scene before there are obviously edge cases right where you can see month-on-month growth that's consistent but yeah realistically look at the bigger picture yeah and that's one thing that's hard yeah i'm sorry no no go ahead i was gonna say the one the one thing that it's definitely um gave me is a a much bigger appreciation as well for people who do create content. Um, I myself personally, when I was like, uh, when I was in streaming and um, relying on other people to, you know, be able to create uh, emotes and 
art and stuff. I've I've never been the type of person that that would ever expect a, a creator to give me something for free. Even if they are my friend, I'd always insist that they told me how much it was worth for their time. Even if it was a case of like, how much would you normally earn an hour? And if they wouldn't tell me, I would just get their PayPal details and I would just send them what I would have earned per hour based on how long they spent working on it, right? Yeah. Because I, I hate the whole pay with exposure uh, and, and, and not paying people for their time because yeah. this was before you know I was even in that situation, but now it's amplified it even more so. So when someone has something cool or if there are any opportunities that I'm able to actually give work to someone who is out there, you know, doing it on their own back, as opposed to it being a company, I'll always look to favor those. <laughs> That's awesome. So. Cause it, it really does get kind of awkward when it's like paying me an exposure. <laughs> like, why yeah, not? Just... you don't pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is really weird though, because, uh, I mean, a lot of the time, and this is the kind of unfortunate thing is like, I've made emotes for streamers and stuff. And like, a lot of the time I am in that exact same situation where it's like, clearly this is not a full-time gig for you and, but you're trying to make it a full-time gig. So I like, I know that they're yeah. not in a financial like position to just generously pay me for my work or whatever. So I definitely understand that, but it is, it always just does feel a little weird when you're like kind of taking, you're kind of asking for money from someone you clearly know isn't like, yeah, I, I the guess position. there are, again, it goes both ways, right? There are there are certain exceptions to it. And I mean, don't get me wrong, pe- when I was streaming, people did create me emotes for free that they would just send me midstream that I would have no way of being able to pay them or, yeah. or do and anything. That, you know, I think to that's to a send little different. So I'd show my gratification. Um, and I, I know as well, there are people in the community that are doing it too for, for free for people that they like just because they enjoy doing that. And, you know, all, all the more power to you. I think... There's definitely benefits to doing work uh, to get your name out there, especially when you're first starting up. Um, I think the main difference is, though, is that if you as a creator are offering your work for free, then obviously it, it's it's fine. But it's yeah. when someone then comes to you knowing that you're a creator that works off commission and then expects it for free yeah. because they've got a large following. That to me just, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't work for me, unfortunately yeah no absolutely yeah it's uh i don't know i i i have nothing more to say on that but yeah i totally understand where you're going with that um i do want to kind of ask one more thing about streaming that we can move on to some twitter topics okay Um, and that is like i mean i guess you were kind of even saying it i don't know if you finished your full thing but like now that you have streamed now you do have a greater appreciation for like streamers and stuff like what has oh, what is something you now see when watching a stream that you didn't before full-time streaming if anything okay <laughs> it's a kind of a cop-out answer because uh, i can i can expand on it somewhat it's just um it's how difficult what they're doing actually is um <laughs> i know for some people that's not the case, right? Because it's it's super enjoyable and you're really able to just do the same thing day in, day out. But I have a, a, such a high level of appreciation for people that are able to consistently play the same game every day um, that they're live and still maintain their level of entertainment. Yeah. Um, I think as a whole, that's probably like the one thing that has definitely opened my eyes up to it more so than ever before. I really thought streaming was 
you know, it was easy. Like, oh, you just get to play games all day and yeah. people pay for it. There's nothing <laughs> hard about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know how difficult it is to be talking for nine hours straight? <laughs> and, and, and and that's where this leads to. I think the main thing, it especially when it comes to people playing like games to a high level, is being able to remain interacting and engaging with your chat. Yeah. It is so hard. It is so hard to be especially if you like for me, like for example, Every single time if I was doing Vorkaf, the one second I would look away to reach out would be when that stupid fireball <laughs> comes on my head. Yep. Yeah, I'm just like, what? And then you've got people like, I don't know, like Jace, who is doing top-tier PVM, reading this chat at like a million lines per second. Yep. No. It's It really is just practice, just years and years of consistency and practice. When I was yeah. <laughs> when I was doing the nightmare grind, I was one tick flicking the entire kill all day for nine months. And by Aww. like two months in, it was just clockwork. At first, I was like, "Dude, I can't. I cannot look at the chat right now. Like, I'm gonna have to do the full <laughs> kill and then like read back." But now, then it just got to the point where I wasn't even looking at the game, and I was still doing everything perfectly. I would just stare at the chat the entire time. It was interesting how I just kind of your mind just starts to get it down like clockwork. Yeah, it just kind of adjusts to it, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, there, there are so many things that you could go into. You know, even like when it comes to people being able to balance streaming video creation and real life um being able to maintain like a healthy balanced lifestyle whilst streaming 10 12 hours a day at times is yeah there are there are so many things now that i look at i'm just like you know i have a level of respect that i never had before Mm -hmm. and it really is like one of those uh things where it's like pick your three or you have three options you can only pick two of them or something and it's like irl (laughs) streaming and whatever it's like it's very hard to balance extremely hard yeah you definitely have to make some sacrifices okay so first topic um well i will say sons did ask do you miss streaming to the geezers the aiza's geezers (laughs) i miss the geezers so much and like I'm not I'm not gonna hide away from the fact that I've been I've been so bad to the geezers in recent times, especially. They deserve way better from me. I have a Discord channel, a Discord server, that honestly I, I just I just completely forget about everything. I'm I'm so hyper focused at times and I really need to get better at that in, in terms of like, you know, keeping on top of it and, and talking with them. Mm-hmm. Um I made so many good friends from from streaming that I I miss dearly and at the end of the day ultimately it is on me for for not being that person and and staying on top of it um but to answer the question yeah I I do really 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 miss streaming I really miss the the hardcore geezers that were there from from day 1 yeah. all the way through to the very end regardless of what I streamed regardless of what I was doing uh, I miss the memes yeah um, yeah, it's it's actually quite kind of kind of sad to be honest. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, that's why as well. You know, I said before, I do kind of want to um, come back a little bit and and just do a little bit of streaming here or there. Like one of the things at the moment, and one of the plans that I had, it's just one of those that expectation versus reality again. Is that we've recently moved into a new house that's quite old and it needs a an absolute load of work doing on it. And originally, I was I was recording a lot of the progress that I was making and I intended to make like a YouTube series about it, but I'm just too busy. You know, I would 
work all day. Then by the time I finish work, I'll, I'll jump out of my chair, get changed and, and start doing house renovation work. This is actually a break for me today. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, I just never wow. found time then to, to do the videos, but I thought, you know what, maybe, maybe I could, I could stream some of the work that, that I'm doing. And that could be a way that, you know, I'm still doing what I need to do. I'm not falling behind, but I'm still staying on top of, you know, getting back in touch with, with the geezers, especially. Yep. Um, but, you know, a little bit of a tangent. My, my biggest fear about being online, which sounds crazy because I'm online so consistently, is um is being doxxed. The, there are a few occasions back when I was streaming where uh, you know, people had reached out to, uh, you know, if, if I'd leaked like the smallest bit of information by accident, I, I had people, um, my close friends, basically telling me that they were having people adding them on Facebook saying that they were trying to get back in touch with me, that they were friends from school, have I got my number, do you know where uh, I'm living now? And I'm just like, there is no, there is no way that that is, there is anything other than, than people trying to find me. And this was when I first joined Jagex as well. That, that was when it was worse. In my first week of joining Jagex and I had a really terrible introduction to the community, my own fault from the way that I said what I said, did recover I believe at least the day afterwards, but yeah, I don't even remember. Um, so you must have had a really great recovery because <laughs> I don't yeah, remember. <laughs> okay, well we'll just skip over that one then <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I, that that same day that that first stream appearance happened, mm -hmm. I I had like forty anonymous viewings on my LinkedIn page. That mm -hmm. week, I was having people, you know, reach out, as I said, via Facebook and. There were people that were then sending me screenshots of like accounts that I had at different websites and stuff. And it just uh, terrified me, genuinely terrified me. So I, I tried my best to delete everything that I had in terms of like public profiles, yeah. lock everything down as much as possible. Um, and that's probably one of the reasons as well that I haven't at least done anything in, in the house that I'm in now is that I don't, I don't want to run the risk of... <laughs> of letting people know where I live and, and that turning into an issue. And I know there are ways that I can avoid it, right? And those are just things I need to consider if I was to do work. And it's part of the reason why I haven't done anything yet is is that I need to figure out how I can, you know, feasibly not leak where I am. Yeah, and, protect and yourself. like that. Exactly, yeah. Because, yeah, no, I mean, that, I think that happens to the anybody that's actually streamed for years has definitely experienced toxic people that come in and like literally will tr go on google and search every try to find anything about you and everything mm -hmm. and uh yeah i had to multiple times throughout the three years i've been streaming i've had to go in and i literally i try to like dox myself in a way to yeah. try to find any possible avenue of where people are getting information and then i have to like go in like there was a there was a blog i had in in college and i just made a blog because it was for a class and it was still up there and it just had a bunch of information, like just tons of information that people could find about me. I was like, okay, I gotta, gotta try to remember that login for that WordPress page and just delete everything. <laughs> and yeah, it, there it, are so many things that, like you know, like that that you just don't oh, think about that you did when you were younger that you know could then tie back to you. And um, not that you know, even in my case, I'm pretty sure I never done anything bad or said anything bad that could ever come back to haunt me. It's just more that you know the information's there right and yeah. you don't think about it until you think about it and, and it's what, like oh and and what's really weird is like as a kid 
I was so open with everything. Like Facebook yeah. would ask, like, do you want your pub? Do you want your profile public? I'm like, yeah, just leak everything. I have my phone number in case some cute girl wants to text me or something. Like just everything, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but now it's like, all right, I'm just gonna deactivate pretty much everything, privatize yeah. everything. Well, you know, things were very different back then. Oh, like, there were obviously so levels of toxicity, but people weren't targeting individuals. They were targeting, you know, more about corporations and businesses yep. because. Yeah, everyone was all about just having a good time and, you know, meeting new people and sharing experiences. Yeah. Okay. Sons also asked, it was two questions. Has there been any more thought given to the idea of having councils of players for different account types and play styles to help create and test out content before writing a blog and investing time? Okay. That's a really good question. Apologies if, by the way, you could hear a noise in the background. That was one of the sinks just draining. I couldn't hear anything. Maybe oh, okay. somebody with supersonic hearing could hear it. Yeah, but, um... it was like a it was like a, a, a gargling noise. It definitely wasn't me. <laughs> it's an old house, and there are, the bedrooms have sinks in them. So, um, yeah, when one of the sinks is being used, I think my fiance is just getting ready for bed. So she had the sink on, the tap was draining, and yeah. That sounds so convenient, actually, having a sink in my room. That'd be nice. I mean, hell yeah. We we haven't used them because we just use the bathroom right now. But if we had guests over, it's pretty good. And I yeah. guess, you know, if you really need to go for a pee, there's a sink instead. So <laughs> you can use that. But otherwise, yeah, you want to brush your teeth, grab a drink, middle of wow. the night. It's just right there. That's nice. So, yeah, we, we're going to keep them as part of the renovation for sure. Yeah, um, anyway, back to the question. Has there been any more consideration? Not recently, no. Um, but it has been a topic that gets brought up fairly consistently uh internally in terms of like how can we improve our kind of like what i like to refer to as the validation process when it comes to getting new content because there is a phase where you know we'll 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 typically have a design whether that was originally a concept from a player or from uh, a jmod fruit ideation that will then get fleshed out and then put into a blog format and we'll want to make sure that when it goes out to the players that blog is in a good enough position where the majority of the focus is around the, you know, the intricacies, you know, for example, like guardians of the rift today, we wanted people to be coming to us with feedback about the, the rewards or the experience rates, as opposed to the way the mini game plays out or the, you know, why the mini game's out in the first place. So we did a lot of work in terms of validating, do people want an improvement to runecraft, for example? Um, do we feel like there is a valid reason for us to improve RuneCraft compared to another skill? If we were to bring out rewards, what kind of rewards do the players want? And that's a large part of our job in CM is is getting that player validation. And the player council would really be a resource that we could use where, you know, we can go out and say, we've got these ideas. What do you think? We can take that feedback as the first step and incorporate that into the blogs before they go out to the wider player base. Yeah. So yeah, there's been some thought to it, but nothing as of recent. There's there's always the there's always a bit of a a back and forth, and there's some risk associated to it. And you know, what if people leak it? How would other people in the community feel if there was a, a, a very small and secluded group of Prestige players getting information group, first? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then, and then, there's, then uh, yeah, no, no, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, how do you make sure that you're being fair with who you invite? Exactly. Um, who should represent who? What, what do you do when it comes to areas like PvP? And there are so many different like aspects to PvP, even with, within PvM and skilling. You know, like a, a casual player talking about skilling is going to have a completely different opinion to someone 
within the the high level community that's focused around efficiency and sure you can have both of those types of people within a player council but what happens if you then dealing with clashes and I, I think the biggest one for me though is just how do we make sure that we have fair representation and how does that get handled um do we consider something like a public election where players get to you know, maybe we put a short list and they then get to vote on who gets included. How often do we update that? You know, what happens if people become inactive or no longer want to do it? Yeah. Should these people be rewarded for their time? There are so many considerations that have to go into it. Um, I think that's probably one of the reasons why it's never really, at least up until this point, not taken off. Um, yeah, it does seem like it seems like a cool idea until you start thinking of everything. That's exactly yeah. kind of how I felt about Group Iron, to be honest. I mean, Group Iron's been a success, looks like. But uh, it was always like, oh, Group Iron, man. And then you think of every single little thing. And <laughs> luckily, Madalena and the team just were, like, getting every single little question out. And it was like they were explaining what would happen in these situations. Because I was always like, okay, what happens in this situation? What happens in this situation? Yeah. So, I mean, we got a lot of criticism when it came to Group Iron Man from players saying, you know, we just make it too convoluted, it's too complicated, we just want to, you know, we just want to play with the bros and, and, and that be that. But but you have you, to answer yeah, every you, single exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. You have to, because if you don't, you know, like the way that the way that gamers are these days is the the reality of it is that if you have a system that can be abused, players will abuse it yeah. because they always want to make sure that they're getting to the end point as fast as possible. Yep. So if you're allowing a, you know, if you're allowing a way that that, that can happen, then they're going to do it. And I don't blame them for it. Right. At the end of the day. So our kind of like thought process with group Ironman was let's think of every single scenario that might happen. And let's, let's rank the ones that we feel are most uh, kind of like damaging to the integrity of the game mode for those that want to take it seriously. And then yeah. how can we address them? And and that's kind of like how we came out with the design. And yeah, I agree. Elena, uh, Mod Elena, who worked on that, as well as the other mods that, that helped contribute, did an absolutely fantastic job. Oh, yeah. It was impressive. I was like, wow. I wasn't even thinking of like, and the prestige and everything like that. I was always like, really? You can just join any new group or whatever? It was always like, there was so many questions in my head. And I'm glad it was all like cleared up. It was really cool to see. But it would have. Well, to... I'm glad that you you thought that because I know a lot of people didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people love to just complain about everything. I try. I really do try a little tangent. I really do try to see the absolute like best in people for the most part. I try to see the good and stuff. Although I can sometimes just get a little upset over things if they're like personally like I don't know if I'm a little bit more emotionally involved with it. Then I. Yeah, upset. I mean it happens, right? If 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 yeah. if something comes about that you're that you're invested in and you don't like it, I think it's to be expected to be a little bit more passionate about yeah. the way that you would you would feedback on that. Um, yeah. no, no one ever is gonna. Well, at least I don't. I don't ever look at that and be like, "Oh my god, what? What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. I always think to myself, the first port of call is right. It's most likely that this person is super passionate about the particular subject they're referring to so yeah approach it approach it with a little bit more caution and, and try and get to the you know the underlying kind of problems that they actually have um because then that's when the good feedback starts to really come in absolutely okay so yeah pretty much uh it is a very complicated thing with the player councils i've always been kind of a fan yeah. of it but again where do you even get the councils from it's cool to think like oh we have councils all of a sudden there here's the people but it's like where yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to do it. I would love to see it. 
if it worked and if it worked well, I just haven't been able to put together a an approach that does that just yeah. yet. Okay, Zomalom, little uh, quirky question. The community's been asking, and now it's time for answers. Aiza, what is your skincare routine? <laughs> I swear this is the same person that asks it on every single Q&A thread <laughs> where it says I'm going to be on the stream. Oh God, I don't mind. I don't mind answering it though. It's it's actually really easy for me to answer now. Okay. Um, my skincare routine is as simple as ensuring that I don't use soap to wash my face. So I'll I'll use products that are soap and oil free. Oh, um, wow. There's a really nice uh, face wash that I use at the moment. It's 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 like a neem based face wash, um, which is really fantastic. And then after that, I just simply put on a little bit of. Um, ultra light sensitive skin moisturizer and that is it wow uh yeah it used to be it used to be way more convoluted two years ago believe me i've i've gone through different phases where you know i'd i would i would use like three different face scrubs and after that i would i had like these different serums that would apply some for my eyes some for my forehead my cheeks i don't even really know why i just thought well i'll just try (laughs) these things out and see how it works and you know what i saw some pretty good results from it but no now now it is just a case of uh, I use this neem face wash, uh, which I, I do twice a day, uh, you know, once in the morning in the shower and then once in the evening before I go to bed. But to be honest, most times I just forget before I go to bed. I'll just yeah. do it in the morning. Uh, and then I moisturize my, once a day. So, um, yeah, Very cool. I use, even use like a really cheap moisturizer. It's like six pounds for the bottle and it lasts me for I've had this one for nearly two years now and I've still not got through it. So see, I'm like your typical dude that just gets the uh like the three-in-one where it's like oh yeah shampoo body wash conditioner all in one and i just i literally (laughs) just grab a handful of it and i just just move it all over my body and then i'm done like like, we're good hey if it works for you then it works for you i'm just i'm just a little (laughs) bit of a sucker for like nice smells so i have uh also as well to be fair like i um it's not like really bad, but often I can suffer from my skin drying out on, on my mm-hmm. arms, especially in my lower back. I don't really know why, but uh, I just tend to use like highly moisturizing body wash. Um, and that just works out quite well. Yeah, I, I do... don't have to worry so much about hair anymore because I shave my head now. But before, yeah. you know, I would, I would have specific shampoo to help thicken my hair because it's really thin. But now I'm just like, I don't really care. It's whatever's there. Sometimes I don't even wash my hair anymore. Yeah. No, I mean, for me now, I'm growing my hair out, so it's always been just buzzed on the side with a really short top, and now yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm going to grow it out for a year, and now I'm like, okay, I got to not use the body wash in my hair and the shampoo with the conditioner <laughs> mix. Like, I got to actually, like, so I sometimes spend, like, three days without, like, wa- like putting soap in my hair and stuff, and I have to be really yeah. careful, because my hair is getting thinner, and so I have to keep that in mind. Sure. Well, I mean, it's it's healthy, right? To not wash your hair too yeah, often. Which it actually is... takes away a lot of the natural oils and protective yeah. stuff that your body produces. So it's... it kind of sounds surreal, but it's real. It is weird. And some people, I mean, I've even read things where it's like, don't shampoo your hair for a week. And I'm like, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I can gross, do it. gross, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I guess I could, it's like the best time for me to do it because I just stream. I just don't like I'm going out and seeing people all the time. Yeah. But... Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, to me like when I'm I always... when I had my long hair as well, I I tried. You know, I'd get I'd get to day three and I'd be like, "This feels disgusting <laughs> in my head. I've got to wash." <laughs> yeah, because I have the same thing. My hair's super thin, super straight, um, and it grows really quickly too. But yeah, yeah. Um, 
I mean, I, by the way, I'll, I'll do a quick plug, by the way. If anyone is looking into like uh, skincare products, there is one company that I will highly recommend. I don't know the ins and outs in terms of like the the testing of it and their welfare. So definitely look into that yourself if that's mm-hmm. something that you're that you're passionate about. But it's a company called The Ordinary. I'm not sponsored, by the way. But it's like super affordable and they have so many different products. Their face moisturizer especially is absolutely amazing. That's pretty pricey though in comparison. But otherwise you can you can basically if you have any kind of issue with your with your skin, they will have a product that will help solve it. And as I say, I used it for like two years. I don't anymore just because I can't be bothered. But <laughs> if I continued doing it, then I'd you know I'd probably going back in time like Benjamin Button even more than I already am. <laughs> uh, but yeah, big fan of those. So definitely look into it. Cool, cool. The Ordinary, you said? The Ordinary, okay. yeah. All right. Amy asks, with the po- this is a good question. I like this one. With the popularity okay. of Chunk Man mode, could you ever envision it as a game mode? Also, what are your personal thoughts on a new skill? Do you think OSRS is ready for one? Okay. Oh, two questions in one, and they are really good ones. All right. So uh, let's call it chunk man mode. I don't see why not, to be honest with you. I mean, at the end of the day, Iron Man mode was brought as an official game mode because of it becoming so popular within the community, right? Yeah. So I think old school is in such a beautiful position where literally anything can happen, right? Um, anything good at least it's not considered eoc i don't think that's going to happen but in terms of like things that you know if if it's not going to take a huge amount of time to do it we've already kind of proven that it's possible with trailblazer locking regions so um i don't see why not at some point in the future is it a priority right now should you expect it anytime soon absolutely not are we having conversations on what should the next permanent game mode be no but i'm not going to sit here and rule it out there's definitely a potential that it that it could be a possibility in the future and i'd be keen to see it at least if if people want to try it i mean heck yeah. people are crazy enough to do uim so why not yeah no i actually think so i mean i i watched limport series and some yeah. other chunk series i don't get so too good. invested but i think limports i'm the most invested just because there's so few episodes that it's like all right yeah. i have to watch this um but i really do think it would be sick as if let's just say it is just chunk man mode just to make it as simple as possible where um you start in lumberage and you can set your difficulty to like easy or extreme where it's like you actually have to do every single possible thing in this chunk before you move on and you're actually like physically unable to move away from the chunk like you just are like blocked like it's an invisible (laughs) wall i think that would be actually so cool in a way or maybe like you could choose what starting point you wanted out of like five or something yeah i mean like look look at what's happened like now we've we've got trailblazer shattered relics we've shown that we can lock off skills we can lock off bosses we can lock off certain areas like the 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 functionality is is definitely there to some degree it would probably take some work, but I can see that happening. Why not? Sure. Yeah. I uh, I got to say, by the way, so I did play leagues the first three days. Mm-hmm. And this is the first league I ever played. And I'm taking a break right now for just a bunch of reasons. But I will say it is actually insane how... And some people can disagree with me, but I think the league is extremely polished. I was very impressed with how few... like I don't think I even saw a bug 
I think it was just all really well designed and it just seemed it was a bit confusing at first because it's new but then like it's pretty I don't know you can kind of start understanding stuff with the little tab and the fragments and stuff like that and like the more you play yeah. the more you would understand it was really cool I loved it cool I'm glad yeah I, th- I think like that's really really good feedback I'm genuinely so happy to hear it but I'm I'm gonna just turn around and say because i know someone is going to be commenting and there'll be some lulls in the twitch chat when this one gets uh <laughs> that gets premiered but we've, we've definitely had some issues yeah. but as a whole i am so 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 happy with with the way that it went out we we in terms of like game breaking bugs and i'm sure people are gonna be like lol rollback the rollback wasn't really related to the actual league itself um it was the result of us adding extra worlds that were inconfigured correct incorrectly that ended up causing issues to you know main game accounts, which obviously is massively detrimental, and people's years worth of progress were impacted. But yeah. in terms of the actual league itself, yeah, we've we've had some issues, we've had some things that we've had to fix. But for the most part, there's nothing really been massively game breaking, which has been nice to see. Um, apart from a few frustrations with uh, navigating the the fragment UI, which I personally think is absolutely beautiful i think that the team did a fantastic job with the limitations that we've got yeah but i completely appreciate and understand some of the comments that i've seen about how difficult it is to navigate and how it could be improved it's just um unfortunately and i i hate having to say it because it's you know at the end of the day as a paying customer you don't want to hear this kind of thing but we just have limitations that uh we have to work around really and yeah that's pretty much the situation we're in with the UI. But all of this feedback that we've got has been absolutely fantastic for us to be able to take it into if there's a next league, how we'll be able to, you know, really just improve and use it as well as kind of a justification for, for getting these system changes if they're possible as well. Yeah. I was very impressed. And of course, like with uh, interfaces and stuff, like there's always ways to make it slightly more intuitive and stuff like that. But for the most yeah. part, I was very impressed. Awesome. I mean, the team are already putting together ideas on how they can improve it. I've seen some concepts being thrown over today. And to caveat, that's not for this league. It would be for a future league um, or a future content piece. But let's just not forget how just what, like two or three years ago, the the whole of old school's interfaces were diabolical. We didn't even have like the make X uh, kind of like functionality. The, type type nine, the, yeah. nine, 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 enter for every single <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Pledge. You know, whereas now all of the interfaces have kind of like been improved. It's a slow process and maybe progress isn't as fast as what a lot of people would like. But um, this is a game that runs on, you know, infrastructure that was essentially from 2007. So the, the kind of like advancements that the team have been able to make, I think are phenomenal. Yeah, and um, super happy with it. I know there's a lot more work that can be done, but whenever I get a chance to rave about the team, I, I just take the opportunity to do so. So yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I'm glad that you're enjoying it and, and you've been you've been having fun. Yeah, it is. It's unfortunately I'm just the player that loves endless progress and yeah, progress that isn't deleted after six weeks. But I mean, I'm, I'm kind I, of the same as well. Yeah. You know, like the limited time I have to play at the moment. Um, don't get me wrong, I would love to be playing in this league because it's it's definitely what I would be looking for in a league. I've got mm-hmm. a lot of similarities to other games that I've played in this one. Just time hasn't really been in, uh, you know, in my favor at the, at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, I, I get that. You know, like, if it wasn't for the fact that I, I really like this league in particular, I would probably just do the same and be playing main game. Yeah, it's tough because, like, you're having fun and then you get on a grind that's just a 
bit longer than normal in the league and you're then you have time to contemplate yeah. <laughs> what you're doing but yeah, with that that's exactly what happened in trailblazer <laughs> you know i was sat there grinding rooftops to get the uh to get 70 agility and i was just like but I need to get this agility on my hardcore. Why aren't I? Why aren't I just doing it on my hardcore instead? And then I'll then. Yeah. Oh no! As soon as that that thought went into my head, I couldn't get out of it, and that was the time that I quit the league. Yep. Oh, I'm so sad because I had a lot of fun in Trailblazer too. I got I did get to try content that I would never have been able to do before. You know, like I went and did three man TOB with insane busted relics, and yeah. I actually used it as my testing ground for the gauntlet. Uh, and I ended up then, you know, kind of like doing corrupted gauntlet on my main account. Um, I would, I'd challenge myself to do five kills a day. I kept that up for a good few weeks. Yeah, it really does come down to like the everything is so quick and rapid. And you're just flying through stuff. And then yeah, it's as soon as you have a little bit of time to think, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay, but for everyone else listening, do not do not think that, right? You, <laughs> the league, definitely. Yep, play it. It's good. <laughs> Okay, um, Amy also asked, personal thoughts on a new skill. Oh, yeah, personal thoughts on a new skill. Thanks for reminding me. Okay, personal thoughts on a new skill. Um, I I don't care. And that probably sounds really dismissive, right? But at the end of the day, if if the majority don't feel like there should be a new skill added to the game, then fair enough, there shouldn't be a new skill added to the game. However... I don't think that's the case. I actually think that a large portion of players do want a new skill. And I personally would be really excited to be able to have the opportunity to work on putting forward a new skill um, with the knowledge that I have in, you know, behind me now of how warding was presented. Yeah. So I, I personally, as, as a gamer of old school, I'm not at that point where I've run out of content. I've still got so much progress to make on my hardcore account. I've got so much PVM to do as well on my main that I I don't mind if there wasn't a new skill added for a few more years. But as a whole, I would probably say that, you know, we are getting to the point where old school is ready. If you think back to when RuneScape was out and old school didn't exist around about this time, we'd already had multiple skills added to the game. Yeah. And everyone loved that and there were more skills being you know planned and developed and um to then go as a massive contrast you know old school has been out now for like what 10 years well nearly 10 years i don't even know how many years it's been nine Nine. years so like nine years and not a single skill has been added that's a long time compared to like runescape's typical kind of like cadence of skill releases so i would say yeah ready personally don't care Really looking forward to the potential of being able to put forward a skill to the community if it's the right skill that makes sense. Uh, and I think that is the key focus that that we as a team really need to nail down is what does that look like? What does the new skill for old school um, do? How does it feel? How does it relate to the other skills in game? And what does it give you that you can't currently get elsewhere? Yeah, um, I have to say just selfishly, I have been uh, a huge fan of sailing. I've always yeah. enjoyed the concept of sailing, especially when it comes to PvP, because it would mean the team has a fresh slate to make a sailing PvP where it's completely balanced and there's no like pre-existing metas. Everything can be just nailed yeah, okay. out completely. Oh, good point. 
I think that uh, yeah. So like a new way of of doing PvP. Yeah, that like doesn't when you're on your existing. ship and you got your cannons and you got your teams, it could be multi. It could just be a one on one fight, and like you can board the other person's boat or whatever. Hell yeah, that's actually really cool. I never even thought of it like that. Yeah, no, I mean, and I I always look on the world map and I see above fifty wilderness and that little sea that's out there. Mm-hmm. Like imagine you just sail out there and you see some like wars going on and stuff um <laughs> i'm just getting like super like flashback memories now of playing age of empires and just having yep, like sea yep. only battles that's literally what boats. i'm imagining right now in my head <laughs> oh, <laughs> and that's exactly no, that's how cool. it would look too just those like crappy yeah. graphics just but um the other thing so i talked to gentle tractor and you probably know of him he's that he's literally the one that made Who? the interfaces Who's gentle tractor what gentle track never heard of him before i'm joking okay i was gonna say like you know i can't i can't take you (laughs) too you know jokingly just in case but yeah he and caveman only and screet monge come came out with an idea called bard yeah i saw a fantastic concept oh, oh my god okay i'm not even gonna lie i have actually converted and i didn't think it was possible to convert from team sailing to team bard but I have actually converted to that. If we only had one skill, I would go with Bard. I think it is so insanely original and just unique and so much potential to it. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it's I think it's really good, and it got a lot of the uh, the team excited as well. Yeah. Um, I don't want to talk too much to it because it's one of those where I think that it's still very new, and I think there's still more information yet to come out in regards to mm-hmm. it. So I'm I'm waiting to kind of see how it evolves, but very very excited by it as a whole really looking forward to seeing what we get from it going forward and um hey who knows maybe there's an opportunity where we could we could take that as a you know similar to how we have done in the past with community content and actually present that as a potential yeah now, but i personally really like sailing too like oh yeah I, I love i love having sailing as like an amalgamation between uh it being uh you know sailing as a whole dungeoneering your pvp idea now as well and and just having it as that cool exploration find new territories do um randomly generated dungeons and and kind of stuff like that and it's also a gold sink because i mean i'm imagining it would be similar to construction where you maybe construct your own boat and you can pimp it out with gold leaves hey and well stuff. you know boats don't make themselves yeah. and they cost money i you like try to buy a ferry <laughs> yeah i mean for real i mean think about the cannons you place on your boat and uh decking your cannons out to like pure gold you know where you just have this like just <laughs> yacht basically out in the sea yeah there is there is so much potential i know bc guppy and i on the save cast were talking about just all the potential with sailing and just how cool it is and unlocking mm-hmm. new areas and randomly generated like basically not dungeons but like sailing explorations i guess yeah i don't know yeah, I just say dungeons because it's just easier, easier yeah. to kind of like explain it as a you know as an as a concept. Yeah, it could be anything, right? You go to an island that is randomly generated or procedure generated that you go and explore, and it can have multiple different things for you to be doing on there, and introduce new skill and resources, so it ties oh, into yeah. other skills too. And I mean, yeah, there are so many things you could talk about that it could it could provide. So. I was thinking Kraken two point kraken that's Ooh, actually okay, dangerous yeah. it's like the mother of kraken and it's just yeah. like this. They, we could maybe give players the temporus that they asked for I yeah know there was a lot of like uh questionable comments about the design <laughs> for temporus even though i think temporus is absolutely fantastic i love very well balanced 
very well built. Yeah, it's a great piece of content. I, I yep. think really... Um, it was one of the first things I actually worked on when I came back to Jagex uh, back in... Um, well, back at the tail end of last year. So it was my first thing is like, right, let's, let's turn tempor- the, the mentality of Temporus around. Um, but yeah, I know people were kind of like expecting this really angry, violent spirit of the sea that looked like cracking on crack. Yeah. But got kind of uh temporos instead but i i I love temporos and his little face yeah (laughs) and the cool thing is is you can expand on the lore of temporos with sailing and kraken and potentially like a loch ness monster that's like i don't know there's so many cool like mythical haven't you oh yeah i think about this stuff all the time and (laughs) i don't know if it's a limitation you'd have to like let me know i don't know if you know but is it actually possible to randomly generate islands to the point where it's like Minecraft seeds, where it's like, I mean, it doesn't have to be massive on any scale, but like genuinely there is an actual unique island you can go to every single time. Is that even possible? I have no idea. Because I think that would be absolutely thrilling to go on a thing that is absolutely unique to you. And of course, it would all be generally the same, but the actual layout and stuff and where you have to go is completely unique every time. I don't know if that's possible, yeah. but that would be amazing. Well, I mean, we've shown with the gauntlet that whilst the actual layout itself is the same, each room has things that are yeah. randomly generated that aren't technically always the same. So maybe it would be somewhat similar. I'm I'm just not technical enough to be able to say yes or no for sure. So yeah, I'll have to just uh, fob you off on that one. Sorry. It's very, very cool. It's very exciting, though. I just, I am definitely one for a new skill. And I honestly think the best part of okay, not the best part about a new skill, but one of the most <laughs> interesting parts is everyone's max cape gets deleted oh, until yeah, somebody gets 99. So you have to learn to play without <laughs> it. And that's going to be so alien to so many players because, you know, it's been you know, nine years. And oh, it's, yeah. It's never changed. Um, but, you know, the thing is, as well, that's one of the hardships about trying to introduce a new skill there are so many people that are anti it because they're so close to maxing now or they've just recently yeah. maxed or they don't want to have to max again um and that is a pretty big hurdle that that you know you have to basically get over before we can kind of have a new skill which is why i think emphasis on the right one is yeah. um is so important and i think uh if I'm I'm personally a fan of don't have any weird arbitrary thing where it's like, oh, you can still keep your max cape for a certain amount of time. I think just scrap it. But in order for that to be at least agreeable for the most part, it would have to be like a really fast training skill to the point of like 200k XP an hour at like the higher ends. That's what I always kind of think. I, it would be really hard to have a skill that's like 50k an hour. Cause <laughs> th- I mean, that's yeah. just what I think. And of course, I would love a really slow skill but i think the majority of the community that does have a max cape would just want it to be a pretty fast skill because anybody that is maxed understands how to grind and i don't think anybody that actually has that like oh i have to do this new skill anybody that's maxed likes skilling and so getting that opportunity with a pretty fast skill i don't think anybody would be too upset about just my thoughts it's it's definitely something to to consider for sure i don't know how I, i remember I think there were like elements of warding where you could enhance your training by buying materials from other people. So if like you had a, you know, a shitload of cash, you could at least make your experience a bit faster. But then Mm -hmm. there were still elements of that that were kind of gated where you had to collect certain resources yourself that were untradeable. So it's something that, yeah, we have to at least consider and keep in mind. You're right. I don't know what that rate is, though. What's the right one? And that's something that 
we would just have to explore, right? I mentioned as part of the validation, um, seeing how people feel, reaching out to those that are maxed and 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 kind of like what they what they want really as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, Jace asks, is there anything that Jagex have done that you thought was amazing but have been has been underappreciated or unnoticed by the community? And then his other... Uh, question was any idea when you guys will be back in the office miss seeing you all working together there and i'm sure it's a more productive work environment oh well i'll uh i'll quickly answer the second part first just because i don't want to forget it um i actually don't think there will be a time where we kind of like all go back to working in the office permanently at least um for a large portion of well not a large portion <clears throat> excuse me for a group of people like myself i have no intentions now of working back uh, at jagex in the studio on a permanent capacity wow so the the shift really has been more along the lines of allowing that flexibility so that people can continue to work remotely and have that better work-life balance jagex have been super accommodating with that um and i think that we're just kind of like we've just started to get through the um kind of like teething issues that that originally were presented with working remotely when you know the whole country the whole world was kind of like forced into having to do it yeah and um we are really starting to see how much better we can work the efficiencies that have been brought forward with that there are still staff that you know will be working from the office and um with the recent lockdown and then the lifting again that's changing it's just that at the moment it's just there are just so many times where the rules say one thing and then the rules say a different thing um within such short spaces of time it's really difficult to actually make something consistent for so many people you know like it's a pretty big company there's hundreds of staff members that need to be considered and um processes that need to be put in place everyone being ready and stuff so yeah i think um Sometime this year, we'll we'll be back in a position where, you know, you'll see a lot of the staff members back in the office. The Q&As may be having, you know, most people on the, the couch in the Q&A stream room. Some people still, though, will be will be working remotely. Um, I know that much, at least uh, for me personally. Um, as I say, my kind of like working situation now will be mostly handled from um, from outside of the office unless there are very specific reasons as to why I need to go in. Um, and that's just kind of like a shift in, yeah, working yeah. dynamic and studio kind of like mindset. So I'm personally really in favor of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that say. sounds really that nice. Yeah. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, it opens up more opportunities as well for other uh, really talented people to start working for the studio that wouldn't normally have been able to consider it because of, Cambridge being super expensive or the whole commute having to relocate and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Um I mean Sorry if it's not the answer you wanted there, Jace, but <laughs> didn't, That's pretty much what I got. I know Mike D has left, but didn't he literally just live in Texas if I'm not mistaken? Or did he actually move out there? Yes, yeah, so, I mean originally he was in Cambridge uh okay. when he first joined, I believe, but then when the pandemic hit um, as oh, soon as okay. the restrictions were lifted enough for him to be able to go back to Texas, I think that's when he made the move. And then, yeah, he was in Texas for a considerable amount of time whilst 
everyone else was still in the UK. I mean, you, you saw that from the Q and A's, right? He's, yeah. Said himself is is over in Texas. The delay that we had of cutting him off or him cutting us off. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah I think that's just really crazy. The times we live in, where it's like literally somebody can can be across the globe and just still be managing or whatever. So crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's insane. It's hey, the power of technology. It has its yeah. benefits, I guess. Um, I'm super excited anyway to see what kind of like opportunities it it opens up and presents going forward. Um, but I do also miss being able to be together with everyone. Yeah, the, yeah. There's yeah, always a downside. One of those. Exactly, there is always a downside. I still find working from home to be super isolating and and very lonely. Mm-hmm. But um, there are more people that I can share my experience with now internally because you know we're we're dealing with the same thing and. Honestly, it is way better than me having to go back into a you know a job that I really don't like. So, yeah, yeah I'll just have to deal with it. Um, but a lot of a lot of the team members are you know some of my really good friends. Uh, I have a really good relationship with and um, miss spending time with them. So, yeah, I'll, I'll still at least try and make time to go into the office. But I wouldn't expect to see everyone going back permanently all the time going forward. I think we've just uh, we've just got past that now and. Uh, times are changing yeah so, yeah we're, we're changing with them okay the um, other the other question yeah, the other question yeah go for it so my my answer to this one is probably going to be um roasted a little bit but it's the uh it's the steam client i think so many people underappreciate the amount of work that has gone in to making the steam client possible and I understand why, right? Because RuneLight exists and it offers everything that the Steam client has and so much more. Um, so it's completely justified, which is why I'm not like, you know, salty about it and constantly going out like, you should care more. But if there is one thing that Jagex have, you know, put time and, and invested into and it's been underappreciated, um, it would definitely be the Steam client. To think that for so many years... We were we were consistently asked to put together a client that was better than the vanilla Java client that we have to give some parity towards third party client offerings, um, and and offer features that just were never possible and and what aren't possible with the Java client um, is is such an incredible feat te- technologically, and. I think people don't realize that at all. And maybe it's because we've just not done a great job of explaining it. But like the whole game was rewritten to work in a completely new um, programming language. You know, it's the Java client is Java and Steam client runs on C++. So the things that you're seeing in the Steam client are made entirely possible because of the fact that that rewrite has happened. That rewrite has enabled us to be able to consider extremely more experienced developers that you know, have knowledge of C++ and that knowledge will continue to help invest in their futures as opposed to this whole kind of like comment that you see where no one wants to work on old school because Java is a dead language. I mean, most of the developers work off RuneScript, RuneScript which is, I'm not technical, so I probably could be butchering all of this, but, you know, that's like a, a custom version of Java something or something. But, you know, C++ is, is way more standard. It's used, you know, across the board. Lots of people have experience in it. And the possibilities going forward of what we can do on that client compared to the Java client are incredible. Yes, I know RuneLight exists. Yes, I know RuneLight can offer a lot of the features. 
and more. Yes, I know they can turn them around a lot faster, uh, but that really goes down to the way that Runelite works um, by being almost like a... It's almost like um, uh, it like wraps itself around the client, puts itself on top. It's it's like a... Yeah, it's, it's like a cover, really. Yeah. That, whereas the Steam client itself is the client. Everything is, is within the client. Everything is transmitted and sent to the service directly, whereas... Runelight works a little bit differently, as I say, because it kind of like wraps around. And sorry if I've butchered it technically. No, nah. that, that would be that would be my answer. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the next stage of improvements that we bring out with the Steam client, and eventually getting to the point where the Steam client is no longer known as the Steam client, and it's known as the you know the C plus client. That oh, gets, okay. Yeah, I was wondering yeah, I mean, if will it be called vanilla client at that point, or is that just not even a name anymore that you can. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, like, I don't, I don't know what the the future yeah. like long term brings. That's a lie. I know that there are plans that we have, but there are plans that I can't speak to, at least not in in the capacity of this this chat with you today. Mm-hmm. But like, the the Java client can't just be shut down overnight, right? But mm-hmm. the Steam client can't stay on Steam only. You know, we we have to consider a point where maybe people that aren't using Steam might want to access those features. Um, so I I look forward to the day where desktop users that don't use steam can use that client where the then biggest part of all of it is that the work that's been done on that c client that's currently available on steam only moves over to mobile you know we recently yeah. had the the mobile beta albeit closed pretty soon we're going to be opening up the android mobile beta to everyone to be able to experience those enhancements on the mobile client and then not far long after that it should be open and, and available as a permanent release so that anyone on mobile, at least on Android to begin with, there will be the same treatment for iOS, but Android is just easier to work with and you know get it out there as soon as possible. Um, yeah, but you will then be able to have all of the work that has been done there on your phone as well, which is just insane. It's like yeah. <laughs> one of those things. And like it, it, it does push. It's probably the one thing that I see where I just feel a little bit bad for those that worked on it and, and also as a whole, it kind of like is a little bit soul crushing to see the comments about why are you wasting your time on it? Why are you bothering? Um, there's no point doing this. And, you know, the, the negativity that gets put towards it, because there is a lot of point towards it for those mobile improvements, for the improvements for those people that don't use Rune like a large portion of players do, but there are still people out there that don't. And, you know, we still got to remember that they exist, uh, as well as all of the extra enhancements that we can do that. Things like RuneLight can't uh, because of the way that, that they interact with the client as opposed to us being the client. Yeah, I was um, going to say, yeah. like, I know Mod Zuko, I had her on and she was talking about it. And it's really crazy how much capability it does have and how much you mm-hmm. can actually do with it. I mean, because right now, yeah, RuneLight's everything's an overlay where it's like, just to give an example, if you were to ArcLight Corp trying to do the specking down method and you hit a zero but you actually successfully hit, but you just roll the zero damage. Runelight mm-hmm. can't know what the difference is, but Steam could. Yeah. And like little teeny things like that where it's like you could actually know the exact HP of a monster, not just a rounded, you know, estimate. Like estimation of it, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, that exactly. alone is just massive. And she listed some other ones that are just really cool. Yeah, she'll know infinitely more than I will because she's also very technical. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> and, and worked on the project, whereas like, like I'm not. But you know, 
that 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 wasn't you know something that I spoke to to Zuko about beforehand and thought you know would go in this with a you know a, a united front and and really shout about it. That that just goes to show you know for for the both part of us how much we really believe in it and think that it's been a great thing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely the main one for me. I think it is great, and I think that was a great uh, shout out because I think that is the most underappreciated thing that probably has a ton of work that's been put into it. Yeah, yeah. On, I, I mean, it's... yeah. No, no. Go on, go sorry. Ahead. I, I was just gonna. I was just gonna repeat almost what I said before. So you, you go ahead. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say, Rune Light. I have to just. Oh, it's so good. There are little teeny things, but man, okay. Just to bring up one thing, when uh, the when the God Wars dungeon KC got replaced with Essence, it's a yep. big fat block. Where it just showed the essence, and there's no way to shrink it or customize it or remove it completely. It was just this big block, and uh, it probably looks fine in res- in resizable mode, but in fixed, it looks like it takes up a large portion of the screen. And so, Rune Light within a, like a day had a new fix on the plugin hub that just makes it really tiny, and there's no border around it. Just looks looks really clean, and like things like that just keep me on mm-hmm. Light. unfortunately i'm just like hey i don't i don't yeah. blame you and i don't blame anyone else like i'm not turning around and saying like oh we've done all this work you should really appreciate it and and use it it's more just a case of severely underappreciated like what's been done yep. for it where maybe if there was anything that i would ask for it's it's not forcing people to plan that client um at the moment it's it's more just asking that that if people are being negative towards, you know, our improvements to it, maybe maybe just think that, okay, fair enough. Like, you don't have to use it. You can still use RuneLight. We're not yeah. stopping you from doing that. So maybe consider, like, we're allowing you the opportunity to still use RuneLight. Maybe you should use the opportunity to not be so negative. <laughs> <laughs> and, and kind of just, like, let us get on with it. Let us make improvements for those that, that need it. Um, and and bring those same improvements to mobile because it's not going to be wasted time, right? It will come across to mobile. We we are the only people that have a mobile client, and I'm pretty sure it's going to stay that way too. Yep. So there, there will be benefits for everyone. And who knows? Maybe when we've put in enough work and enough time and effort, we'll we'll be on a similar level and and have like you know parity to to um to Runelight where that changes and that, that mindset is different, but. For now, no, I, I get it completely. I, I agree. Runelight is fantastic. I love the people behind it. I love the community kind of like driven developments. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. like, say, for example, today, one of my favorite things that I've seen is the uh, presets for fragments um, in the Shattered Relics League. It's something that we're not able to do. There are just too many uh, things that need to be put together to make that work and changes that need to be happened and system dependencies that just wasn't possible. We We thought of it way back when and even with the you know the delay of the league's launch it, it wasn't possible for us to feasibly have that implemented for the league launch whereas you know someone on on rune like in the community puts together a, a plugin pops it on the plugin hub and, and there it is yeah. and i love that yeah i think that is that's something that's as as much as like there's a higher cap with the steam client like for example cuz you're literally like that is the client that's not an overlay it's like there is more potential it's the fact that like anybody that has experience with like making plugins and stuff can just do something really quickly whereas mm-hmm. with jagex it would take time and stuff but yeah. it is exciting yeah. to know how much more capability jagex has with the steam client in the future yeah and i mean who's who's to say that you know in the 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Future, we can't even consider a point where the community can still put forward uh you know enhancements to that, the c plus plus client similar to runelight like that isn't yeah. something that has to be ruled out entirely you can you see it on other games especially within steam and steam workshop where you can put mods and stuff that get approved and yeah. <laughs> even to the point where you know community developers get paid by the studios to to develop those mods and improvements so oh my god like um, that would be the dream is to have a collaboration where i mean i already feel like runelight is a collaboration but it it is again, yeah. like you said, like an overlay. But if it was, oh, it was directly in the client, and there was, there was, um, you know, you have to approve it and stuff. But you build up enough reputation where it's like, okay, like now you're just, you know, you come out with something cool that can be helpful. Like you know, basically mm-hmm. auto approval or something. Not maybe not exactly auto approval, but like you know, you get to the point where you have enough renown where it's just like <laughs> renown. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm using the word. But renown. I think even <laughs> renown, well, like, even on Runelight, right there. Their plugin hub goes through an approval process, yeah, code review, yeah. and stuff, and it still has to be ticked off. So, yeah. it, I, you know, if it was ever going to happen, I'm not saying that it is, but if it ever did, I think the the potential is there for it at least. Then, mm-hmm. you know, we we could probably do the same as well. So, um, yeah, we just have to see what the future the future brings on it. Really. Yeah. Okay. Here's a a question from Ignoble Solid. What do you think we, the community, can do better in order to facilitate good discussions with mods and devs? Unfortunately, there are a lot of angry posts to sift through, but there are usually some good critiques hidden inside them. Yeah, that's that latter part is is pretty much uh, like sums up the whole experience of working with the old school community for the most part. Um, for me personally, this one this one is something that's really really important to me because it's something that i have to deal with on a daily basis not just myself personally but also helping other mods that experience it and honestly one of the best things that you can do to help us you know deal with feedback is well there are are a few things actually number one is don't make things personal like at the end of the day the person that you're dealing with whether they're the developer that has made a piece of content that you don't like or they've changed something that you weren't happy with don't make it personal. They're they're a real human at the end of the day, and they're just doing their job, and they're doing what they thought was best. And at the end of the day, everyone makes mistakes. And what I would say in as blunt of a way possible is just get over it, right? Get over it and let us know why you don't like something without turning around and insulting someone, without yeah. turning around and making it aggressive or, as I said before, making it personal. Then the other side of the thing, the other side of it is... And this this happens way too often, and I just don't understand why. But 
there there just seems to be a tendency within the old school community to instantly go for the throat. Like they're so aggressive. <laughs> it's like I've just stepped into a UFC, uh, you know, ring and I'm about to get my ass whooped by the most prolific fighter in existence all because of one one change that guess what can be reverted <laughs> you know it's it's like everyone assumes the worst not everyone sorry i shouldn't say that because yeah. there are so many good people out there so apologies for that but yeah it's, the, so... it's the loud voices so it seems yeah. like it's just a big majority. exactly there's there's a large a large amount of people that are very that are very vocal and and try to get their voices heard by by instantly assuming the worst by instantly thinking that actually we've got you know malicious intentional intentions or that we're being cynical about our approach instead of just kind of like taking a step back and thinking oh maybe maybe they just fucked up yeah (laughs) you know and uh maybe they just don't realize that they that they messed up and and actually you know what you're probably the best person to turn around and tell us that we've done that so that we can fix it. Because at the end of the day, we don't want to feel crap. We don't want to feel shitty for, for making your experience worse. We're making a game for people to enjoy, right? And the people that are working on the game also enjoy the game. There are times when we make changes that, uh, you know, that as, as developers, I've had to speak to people where they're not happy with a change that they're having to make, but but they're accepting that because they know that a larger amount of people in the community want that change to happen. So they'll do it anyway, because for the better of the game. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess what I'm asking is that like, just work with us, you know, help us to help you because that's all we want to do at the end of the day. Uh, uh, even, even those devs that aren't working in community management, you know, the, the devs that aren't at all, it's not their job. They don't have to be on social. And this isn't like a threat to say, ah, oh, you know, clean up your act else. They're not going to be there anymore, but think about it really. A lot of these, a lot of these, um, you know, staff members, they don't have to do what they're doing. They're doing it because they want to. Yep. They're doing it because they want to make your experience better. Whether you want to believe that or not is entirely down to you. But I have nothing to gain from being in this position right now and lying. Right? There's, there's no point. I'd much rather lie about something else than <laughs> than <laughs> staff members turn around and saying like, I don't want to deal with socials anymore because everyone's just hyper aggressive all the time. Um, but that's the reality of the situation. I said that a lot of times. Yeah. The no, situation. I mean, Maud Zuko, again, I'm bringing back to her episode. She was uh, saying, like, people get so riled up. And honestly, it kind of reminds me of how news has kind of uh, um, progressed where, you know, reporting was very, like, clear and concise. And nowadays, just everything's clickbait, yeah. clickbait, clickbait, like, just get like whatever is the most aggressive most shock factor just like boom that's what people will read nowadays and so people yeah. have that mindset where it's like i can't even get my point across unless i say something really drastic and gets people to read it and so i feel yeah. like people kind of see that where they don't have a platform of their own and so on twitter you know there's a post and it's like okay i have to quickly and as- aggressively just say my piece basically and then like you know, no matter the cost. And that's what the thought of, I, I imagine that's what the thoughts are of, of these people, like, you know, being yeah, really I, aggressive. I, yeah, I'd, I'd, I think, I think you're probably onto something there. And I mean, also as well to, you know, to kind of like give some reasoning or excuse to it. It's been a difficult few years for everyone, right? And I'm sure that a lot of people have experienced some some real bad hardships and uh, and maybe that's just a way of of them dealing with situations or the only way that they know how to express themselves because it's the one part of their life that 
that hasn't been impacted by you know things like the pandemic and lockdowns and yeah. and and everyone with you know with ill health and losing you know family members and stuff so like we we get it you know just as much as we're human we know that the people that interact with us are also human but yeah if it was just yeah no just and there there of, really uh, is like no excuse for making things personal but that at least yeah. gives me a little bit of empathy and I'm like okay like clearly it's not completely out of just attacking it's them mm-hmm. trying to get their voice heard and yeah uh, exactly i mean there are definitely cases where people are just attacking for the yeah. sake of it because you know <laughs> oh, yeah. that's just how they are but you know at the end of the day like clearly we, you know we, we filter through that we we do our best to be able to get to the the meaningful feedback and you know i'll take the time and i'll advise my team at least as well take the time to try and you know get to the root cause of the problem figure out what they're actually trying to say past the the aggression but my god would it make our lives so much easier if we didn't have to deal with with so much negativity and just kind of like hate speech <laughs> and if it was just a case of you know perfect world scenario okay genuine feedback straight to the point like actual constructive criticism i'm i'm not the type of person that turns around and says that you can't complain if we if we mess up tell us that we've messed up but but tell us yeah. that we've messed up by saying how how has that impacted you what would you like to see different instead of turning around and saying you're shit you shouldn't have a job you should have been fired yeah months ago um because that doesn't help <laughs> yeah no and i have to say like you guys like at jagex make it so convenient for the community to offer feedback i mean you're on the ball every time tweet a, a reddit post a forum or what i don't go on the forum so i don't know if that's a thing but like um it's a thing but you're, it's, it's yeah like but you the you, same, so. you give so <laughs> much equal opportunity for everyone to voice their feedback that literally it's there is no real excuse to be aggressive in fact like it's actually very silly and it's very childish to make a personal attack in a suggestion where you're genuinely trying to get something across because like dude like it's not like you're being suppressed at all you have a an actual equal say like everyone's reply on this thread is equally visible basically like just give a very clear and concise point that's a good argument and that's all you need you don't need to attack like yeah that's know. it you 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 got it you got a spot on there i mean i'll just say it because i know that you know there are examples where maybe our information information sharing could be better and there's a very recent you know topic that's came up especially within within reddit especially uh, in regards to you know information sharing and it not being as visible to everyone and and that's kind of like one of my points about you know instantly assuming the worst but yeah kind of like listen listen to what sebe just said take take keep that in mind think about what i just said about you know not always assuming the worst that it could just be an honest mistake and 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 just speak to us just just tell us we'll work with you and you know we are here we do want to interact with you we do try our best to 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 do our best for you um but it can be hard at times yeah yeah i can't i uh i can't really imagine dealing with that because i uh you know just the the few comments on a youtube video that i make just something that's yeah you i mean you have to deal with it too yeah. right I, but it's it's on such a minor level because i'm i'm not one of those super controversial figures that just gets a bunch of haters or something i like generally people are pretty kind to me and uh but you know there are people that just want to just talk shit or something or just give me criticism that is totally fair but then it's i take it in a poor way so i can only imagine like 
a legit personal attack every single video, like a bunch of them. Like, oh my god, I'd go crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think one of the things that gets me as well is um, I'm not trying to make this into like a sob story. It's really not because what one thing I definitely want to highlight before I say what I'll, what what I'll say in a second is that yeah we 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 see negativity and and we see hate and you know the criticism at times is very much justified the hate not at all the abuse not at all there's there's no excuse just 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 don't do it but at the same there are so many people that come to us you know in full support and will will go out of their way to send a really lovely message that you know you just see that one message and you could have read through 15 awful things people have been saying about yourself or the people that you're working with but that one that one message that someone sent really just for me anyway it just it it completely changes my entire day i'll I'll be smiling for the rest of the day i'll feel i'll feel motivated i'll feel good you know and i've had so many of instances of that um and i'm really grateful for those of you who are kind of like taking the time to appreciate you know the things that we do that that are then defending us when there are people who who are being a little bit hateful or a little bit more aggressive than than maybe necessary, um, or you know, taking the time to reach out and send us a DM or put together a thread or draw art that we can we can look at. I love this community to bits, even with all of that negativity, because of the people like that 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 do genuinely care mm. and, and give a crap about us. Um, now I forgot the point that I was going to say. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it maybe come back to me, but yeah, yeah, at least I got that one out. I didn't forget that because that was so, you know, definitely. definitely yeah, there. Was that is like super huge. Uh, just random. Oh, I remember now. Go, remember. go, go for it now. So, so there's there's a, there's a thing that some people will say is like, well, you put yourselves out there on the internet, you should expect to deal. Oh, it's with, that is with such a dumb thing to and say. I'm, and I'm just like, exactly, that is exactly it, right? Like at the end of the day, there is no excuse for it, right? Like, okay, yeah, we should we should expect it because that's what our people like. But why should we expect it? Why are people like that? Why do you have to be like that? Why can't you just why can't you just not? It yeah. wasn't always like that on the internet. It's definitely been a, something that's that's just exasperated over the last few years especially and i don't want to make it into too much of an issue and and take up too much time and and give the people that do this what they want and that is the attention but i I think that's such a lame excuse like people tell me to to stop talking about it to stop calling out the hate to stop calling out the you know the the toxicity i'm never gonna do that i will always come out and 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 say to people when i think a line has been crossed no matter how much backlash I get for it, because I don't want to be in a position where I'm having to to try and, you know, convince someone that's working within the team that, you know, that the time and effort that they're putting in to go out of their way to do things that they absolutely do not need to do for what it's worth. No one in in, in Jagex has a responsibility to engage contractually on socials. They all do it because they want to right yeah. it's something that you're asked if you're comfortable to do when you join but you're under no obligation to do it so i i don't want to see a timeline where where we aren't doing what we're doing now because that's what that's what makes old school so great we have that interaction with the community we have that constant engagement and that that feedback it's two way it's not us telling you what you're getting and you like it or lump it it's a case of you know we're working with you to try and shape something that as many people as possible can agree on. Um, yeah, we don't always get it right, but we try our damnedest to, to get to that point. Yeah. No, I think that's... Uh, I think that's a good thing to not really... I mean, yeah, again, it's giving 
them attention, but I think it's very, I don't know, might be cringe to say, but it's like noble to uh, just stand up for what you think when a line has been crossed to just call them out on it because... I mean, if nobody's going to do that, then they're just going to keep doing it with uh, no real. Oh, that's it exactly right. You know, if you you can't you can't expect change to happen by itself. You've got to do something about it. And that's that's why I tell myself every time when you know people turn around and say I shouldn't do it, I'm like, well, someone's got to. <laughs> All right, but yeah, we can move on now. Yeah, no, um, and yeah, that's just again, it's people. You got to understand. I mean, and you do understand, but it's people that don't spend much time outside probably are on the internet a bit too long and i will say i mean firsthand experience if i am on the internet too much the world itself starts seeming just more negative and just depressing and then as soon as you take a step outside and see some people and you know everything's all of a sudden happy again and like the world just normal back to normal but it's like damn you spend too much time on the internet or it gets really dark and just like your mind starts getting cloudy yeah, I, I think it can be really easy to fall into that uh, pit of negativity. And I, I'm not going to try and pretend like I'm perfect. I myself, like I mentioned before, I, I learned a lot on, you know, working in community management on how to deal with certain situations. And there were times where I've been toxic. And there are times now, e- even to this day, where, you know, I, I I will respond to someone who has been toxic and and almost, in a sense, be toxic back or or, you know, be somewhat like, you know, passive aggressive or or play devil's advocate and 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 rile up a conversation um so i know you know even even you know in those situations i'm not perfect by any means no one no one's perfect at the end of the day but i just think as a whole we can we can just do a lot better and i'm trying to improve as well each day is is still a learning experience for me so okay i want to talk to you we do have some topics on twitter i don't want to go into any specifics i'd rather just cover it as a overall topic but next came out january 5th yeah been 20 days now and uh what was your um i mean i know you're the community manager but what was your role with next did you have any uh part uh part to play in that or any like um i don't know input i guess so i didn't really get much input in terms of next itself when it came to fruition as in like uh you know the development the design I think for the most part anyway, Next was pretty much already determined, you know, predetermined how it would be because we decided to try and stay as true as we could to the backport. So there wasn't a huge amount of input uh, in terms of the boss itself. Uh, for the rewards, you know, we, we as a team get the opportunity to kind of like talk about them, to, to help out with feedback and stuff. And um, one of my jobs, um, it, it, was, it feels like so long ago now, my mind's super clouded. I can't remember if I actually... No, I didn't. I was going to say, I can't remember if I put together the original uh, blog for the next rewards. I'm pretty sure that wasn't me, though. Let me just quickly check the images. No, it wasn't me. I would have done the images differently. (laughs) Um, But my most involvement on Next has been looking at the feedback that we've had post-release. So I kind of like handled, um, you know, some of the complaints that we've been seeing from players and, and helped advise in terms of the some of the changes that we could do balancing wise. Um, but the the biggest kind of uh, involvement was around the um, the way that information was being shared about next and and trying to like be clear about that, especially when it came round to drop rates and um, you know crowdsourced info versus 
our own information sharing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I do have to say, I think next is a really good piece of content. I've been enjoying it. And I think the big, I think the thing I enjoy most about it is the fact that it does not scale. It is yeah. just a boss. You can go in and you can make it. It's a dynamic boss where you can bring in 60 people and just annihilate it and kind of skip over, you know, the intended mechanics of it. But then there is the the duo aspect. And for Port Kazard, there's the solo aspect. Jesus, a three-hour <laughs> fight. That was yeah. dirty. I don't even know. If, I, I mean, I don't know how that fight went. I didn't see the recording if there was one. But I don't know if that's even possible now because I think it was week one he did it. And uh, yeah, they use the, uh, you know, the, the Red the, X the stuff, right? Red X method. So. Yeah. So, do you think it's I think possible? Still now? Some, like, I think there's some like niche ways out there that you can yeah. still kind probably of replicate, some, but it's yeah, just in yeah, absurd, I'm sure like, you'll level see three fire at stuff. some point come out, but um, yeah, not as easily <laughs> uh, pulled off as as was that one. And one. that was easy, yeah, three hours of red t- red clicking, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, relatively easy technically, <laughs> just time consuming, right? Yeah. So, um, I do have to say, like that is a, I just love that because I I've never really liked scaling because it ends up just every single every single uh, fight or any any amount of people you bring, it's going to be the same fight, and that's how uh, Nightmare was on release, where it's like you bring in eighty people, it still feels like a five man because all the HP is scaled. Yeah, and so I really do appreciate that, and uh, I also just appreciate how much depth there is to it. I know Mod Arcane came into my stream and he was saying like. I asked him one thing before Next was released. I was like, can you share one thing? He's like, there's a lot of depth. And there really is. And I I mm-hmm. enjoy it. It's a lot more fun than what Nightmare was. And I, I, there are similarities to it, but oh, it's good. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like weird, actually. Because when Nightmare was being originally kind of like pitched internally, it was like old school's answer to Next. There was a lot of, you know, there were a lot of similarities almost intentionally because, you know, it's not that we were trying to replicate Next. It was It was like... If we were to do next in old school, what would it be like, and and how much more could we change it and push it? And I guess that's kind of like where Nightmare started. It it definitely didn't end there, but I think a lot of uh, inspiration came from it, at least as far as I'm aware, from Chatter internally. Yeah. But that was a release, you know, before before I was at Jagex. So I'm just going based off what I saw on Q and As and stuff like that from the time. So I could be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. And, like, I could go into details of gripes and stuff I have with the boss, but you're not the person that, you know, I don't I mean, think. I mean, I can, yeah. I can, like, probably help in terms of, like, the feedback exchange and yeah. give you some thoughts and stuff like that. But in terms of, like, being able to tell you why certain decisions yeah. were made, um, there's not really a huge amount that I can go into. At the end of the day, the, w- the way I see it, at least, is uh, we, you know, I, I personally like to give a lot of freedom to the team uh, in terms of designing things uh, the way they balance, because I'm not an expert in that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we lean a lot on, on the team themselves and then looking at feedback that comes in and we just make changes based off that. Yeah. And kind of like adjustments. So, yeah, I definitely know there are some gripes. If you want to throw your gripes at me, feel uh, free. There's, and there's if just... there are things I can, you know, respond to, I will. But There really are yeah. a few, and, and it, and it uh, relates to every single boss. So, for example... Um... I think Sire was the biz- biggest example early on of attacks being nulled where like oh, you would okay, attack yeah. and then it would switch phases. So everything you just like your hit right there is just completely negated. Like just it's just gone. And so there's yeah, a little bit of that annoying. in Next. And so like whenever Next does like a dash or something or 
Uh, you know, if one thing I would love to see, and this is just personal, is I would love to see it so that Nex um, doesn't have a cap. So there's not like a, an exact HP where it switches phases. Like it still could have an exact, but if you did a Ruby with two HP left of that phase, it would still do the full Ruby instead of, oh, it's only oh, going to okay, do two damage now. Yeah. And I, I think, and again, that might just be the, the developer's, you know, discretion, like he wanted that, but I really do think everybody would kind of enjoy that there there is more depth to that almost where it's like you do want to proc a massive hit right at the end of a phase almost so i think that yeah, almost as opposed encourages to like feeling like you have to change to yeah it's almost just like oh okay and... yeah it's like this thing has two hp left let's say like you we got to that point where it's like we know exactly like to the dot okay this this phase has five hp left let's all pull out our blow pipes now because it's like we only want a tiny little hit so we can just get on with this phase instead of like yeah. shooting a massive like i don't know equipping darox and just like boom like there's a hundred damage so we can like get more into the next phase you know things like that are That's generally true. my gripes but i don't know i don't want to go okay. into too much more that's pretty much really it though because there is a lot of fun to the boss fight and uh and of course it's I'd... really fun to watch in smaller groups i have yeah, to say I've, yeah. i really enjoyed when when we introduced the private instances and we got to see people trying out with like you know five six to ten man that was such a much better experience for oh, me as a yeah. viewer, at least, compared to when it was, you know, 80-man mass fights. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I do yeah. have to say, I mean, bosses just get more fun when you start seeing drops and getting them in your own name. I did get a drop last night and a drop yeah, the I day saw, before. Right? You've got the, is it the horn and the helm now you've got? Yeah, the horn, helm, yeah. and I got Vams on day one in a massive mass, Hell which is yeah. crazy. So. <laughs> Now the boss is like, ooh, I like next now a lot more. So it's funny how that works. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. <laughs> I know there are some other people out there who are like, oh my god, I've got so many hundreds of hours to be able to get these items. Yeah. And uh, yeah. what do you think? So I'll ask you because I have my own opinion on it. What do you think of um, when you come out with a new boss, if it was your, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to say like what would you like as a player, but just in your mind, what is a good drop rate? Like how many hours is acceptable or at least maybe for the team or what you kind of see from the team's experience. Like, because okay. nightmare was, well, first of all, nightmare on release was another beast entirely. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? Right. That was literally the lottery. It was like just straight up. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Luck. I think they took a lot of learnings from next. Um, yeah. Right. I'll, I'll answer this, but not from the perspective of the team or okay. what as in, you know, anyone else would experience other than and myself. So for me personally, right, I'll probably get a lot of hate for this. But the way I see things is the way I approach games is I don't care what the drop rate is. Because at the end of the day, I am choosing to go out of my way to search for those drops. Mm -hmm. So the way I've approached games in the past is that to me, if a drop is really, really rare and it takes, you know, hundreds of hours for you to be able to obtain it, if you can't get it via trading, then that is a prestige that, that I can go out. And yeah, you know, you can get lucky. So some people will like, they'll be able to get that level of prestige. But for me personally, I see that as, holy crap, I'm going to go out of my way to grind this item because if I'm one of the people that get it, people are going to notice that and they'll know that I'm either really dedicated or maybe I got lucky, but I'm probably also pretty good at the game, yeah. right? And there are there are examples where I've gone out of my way to grind for, for a stupidly rare drop. Um, I'm thinking some like twink items in WoW 
I haven't had a huge amount of it in RuneScape, but Path of Exile, I'll be searching for, you know, mirrors, particular uniques that would help me do a build that you'd need one item for, because that's what I personally enjoy. For RuneScape specifically, I I made a hardcore because I got fed up of how easily accessible everything was on a main account. Once you've got cash, the game is unlocked for you, and yeah. it doesn't matter. And, and I exasperated that issue by buying bonds right i bought 10 bonds as i said when i first started my journey again to get my quest cape and you know after that once you've got cash it's just a case of well i just buy the item yep so i wanted that sense of achievement um i appreciate i'm I'm in a very different situation to a lot of people that play the game you know on on a more regular basis that that go for the end game pvm that want to be able to stay on par with their you know clan mates with their friends their groups and stuff and you know certain clans have requirements that you have to get these drops else you you get removed or deranked i get that i can fully relate to it when it comes to like longer grinds but i just i just don't care like i played i I create an iron man and i play an iron man because i want that challenge and the way i see it for me is that you know if if i want that drop it don't matter what the drop rate is. I just got to go and grind for it. And if I don't want to grind for it, then I shouldn't be playing Iron Man. And I should just be playing a main where I can buy instead. Yeah. <laughs> no, you you um, bring up good points. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, like I say, if it wasn't my opinion and it was more about what do I think is best for the community, um, I think that is a it's a very different, you know, conversation at that point. And, and you really have to consider it. What does feel like a reasonable you know, length of time in order to be able to get, you know, a particular drop or maybe to be able to get all of the drops from a boss. I think balancing is not my forte. So I can't give you an answer in terms of like an actual number of hours, but I would I would put it somewhere in the region of like, you. it needs to be reasonable based on how many hours you'd expect the average person to play and then how rare this and powerful the item itself actually is. Yeah. And and that's kind of like where you should balance it. So uh, I know that's a bit of a, a crappy answer because it doesn't like, oh, it should be each item is 10 no, hours no. or 15 hours. But it, it it's all subjective, right? It, how much of an upgrade is it? Uh, is there anything else that you can get as an alternative? Is it really needed? Uh, is it something that's more considered as a prestige? There are, there are a lot of factors. Um, it's true. I do see a lot of complaints. Like I know this, you know, with Nexus especially, some people aren't happy about the fact that it could be looking at multiple hundred-hour grinds to kill Nex, uh, if you consider, you know, the, the drop rate alone. But um, we are still going through a phase of balancing and 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 the tweaks and getting feedback in. It's slowed down a little bit right now because obviously everyone's playing the league and there's not as many people giving us feedback on Nex. But mm-hmm. we are still looking at the data. We still look at how often uniques are coming into the game and if we really feel like there needs to be a change if it seems like it's wrong then we'll make that change right but i think one of the things that that people maybe forget about with with next especially is that it's it's very different from other bosses uh even though it's very similar at the same time people compare it to for example general grador and you know the drop rate is is uh it's, it's rarer to get a drop from next than it is general grador grador but Typically, you aren't getting 20 people at a time killing General Grador. And the kills aren't as fast as what they are for Nex. So, you know, you have a lot more kills per hour potential with Nex because of the fact that you can do it with multiple people and it doesn't scale, but you still all have a chance of getting a unique. Um, So that's something that definitely needs to be taken into account as well. And I think that's 
probably more a case of you know it, it creates a lot of uh confusion it's different people just need to kind of like settle into it a little bit more uh and and kind of like yeah think about how often you can get kills as opposed to how many kills you might need to get yeah yeah and I, um i mean to be honest so i think what's crowdsourced at least and what people have kind of decided is like efficiently it should take about 500 hours to fully complete the log and honestly yeah. that sounds like a lot but for runescape standards that's actually at a pretty good point i thought 400 was uh better of course because of course i want you know things to be a little <laughs> bit more common and and there is something to say about that because like i firsthand grinded nightmare for nine months straight and it was yeah. just things were very rare to the point where soloing it every single day i was only really seeing one item every two weeks and it yeah. just gets really dull like really fast and that has something to also say with the fight itself it wasn't as engaging um fasani's is a different story it's it's a lot more engaging and fun but uh i think there is and i think like back when i was talking about it like i know the mace at the time was about a four like that alone was a 400 hour item mm-hmm. and it was just like okay maybe I remember just thinking, I was like, I don't think, and oh, and not to say, like, if you wanted to go for a specific orb, that was like 600 hours, just for, like for one orb at the time. And I was like, Jesus, like, there, I feel like there has to be some sort of a cap where it's like, to the the standard of fun, I think, like, things should never go really past 300 hours. For example, a scythe, I think, oh. efficiently is like 270 hours. And that felt like a massive grind, but at least it wasn't something like 600 all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I do think because like overall, t- I don't know how long TOB completion is, but it's probably around like close to 400 hours. I'm just pulling a number out, but I think where it is right now is a good spot. Um, I think the, this is my own just words right now. I think the, uh, decrease of drop rate was a little bit, uh, annoying just simply because I was seeing a lot of people getting lucky and then I wasn't getting lucky anymore. And so I'm like, God damn it. Now I can I- understand the frustration. Yeah. And so that was more of like an emotional thing, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, I don't know. I think there is a good point, and I think you guys have pretty much hit the mark with 500 hours. I don't think anything should be really above that, like a 500-hour grind, but Chambers, I mean, Chambers came out, and nobody really seemed to have that big of a problem with it because it was just so much depth to the to the whole raid yeah, and everything i think you know there's there are so many factors that go into it right and yeah you touched on one is is how engaging something is is it does it feel fun so that you know you'll, you'll enjoy that grind i think a lot of the feedback that we saw about the length of grinds for next have been exasperated by the fact that that she is infinitely more accessible than other pieces of content you know mm-hmm. you you can just kill the god wars dungeon bosses once which are relatively easy to do these days, you know, solo, unless you're a hardcore that is super scared like I am. Uh, but, you know, with with the right guides and there's so much information out there, yeah. you can you can get to the next with, you know, pretty okay stats and not have to worry about being maxed or whatnot. You might want to be maxed for the best chance of loot. But, yeah. you know, there are a lot more people that can go in their day one than there are other pieces of content. Like, for example, Theatre of Blood had a, a much smaller amount of people uh, being able to access and actually complete yeah. it for the first few months than the next for sure. So the the amount of feedback is is definitely inflated, uh, but it doesn't mean that it's unwarranted. I I don't I just don't know where that number is because I I myself as as a gamer don't care because if like 
I just I just won't go for those items. I'm just like, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. But I get I get that you know there are people who want to get them that feel like they have to and also want to be you know complete, tick things off the collection log or have it for that upgrade and maintain their presence within clans, etc. So yeah. Um, Maybe maybe five hundred. When you think about it, you know, yeah, five hundred hours. Especially when you, there was like an article out the other day that was like, you know, some people spend five hundred hours gaming. I'm like, like that. oh, that's that's nothing. Some person <laughs> had five hundred hours in this Ugh. video game over the past ten years. Like, what? yeah, oh, I'm glad you never heard about old school then, because we're gonna hit the headlines all over. But have you um, ever have you ever seen those articles where it's like this guy plays video games for four hours every day? And I'm like, yeah, uh, uh, and I'm like, ah, I need to go. Shit. I need to go to a hospital. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, okay, I read the article. I'm like, okay, it's time to go see a therapist. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, on a, on a real though, it's like it, it sounds excessive, right? I'm not going to turn around and say our oh, 500 hours is nothing. It's it's definitely not. Um, but it is I, RuneScape I just, at the end of the day. We have it it is mind. RuneScape, you're right. And when you compare it to other things like 270 hours for one item compared, like, you know, the Scythe compared to 400 hours to complete all of them, mm-hmm. 500 hours, sorry. It's not, it's like, yeah, okay, it's, it's just over the double. And it is best in that much too. And yeah, they, it's, yeah. It's, it's like the end game gear. You can't get any better than it. It doesn't degrade. It doesn't require anything for you to, yeah. to be able to use it apart from a previous item. So... I don't know. It's one of those, but we are definitely still looking on top of it. I just don't know what that magic number is, and I think it's it's a case of as we release more content like this, we just have to keep working with the players to figure out where that sweet spot is, where it's still it's still something that you have to work towards and you're rewarded for getting, you know, for putting the effort and work in. Yeah. But it's not something that seems unrealistic and unhealthy to be able to obtain, um, yeah. because the. The flip side of it, right, is that if the if the grind is too short, and this isn't to say that we're making you know drop rates uh, really rare and making you do hundred hour grinds because we don't want to release new content, but what what are you going to do if you get all of the drops within the first week? You'd be like, ah, oh, well, that was fun, but I've got everything now because that was that was so quick. Now what do I do? Yeah. Yeah, so and there's got to be some period so, where, like, you know, you work for it rather than just get given it, because yeah. otherwise, you know, we we may as well just say, okay, fine, you can do 500 hour grind for next, or you can you can pay 10 bonds to get the item instead. So this is my little, which we're uh, never going to do, by the way. So <laughs> that was just a <laughs> never going to do. Repeat, never going to do. <laughs> I have to say one thing, and I think you guys have done a good job about this, uh, is like coming out with other reasons to continue the boss for example pets now i've always loved like regular god wars where it's like you get the uniques and probably Mm. can complete the uniques within 700 kills but then there's a pet that's one in 5k like holy shit and then some that sounds so bad man (laughs) like some some boss i mean now it dude have you seen how easy it is to kill bandos now if you have like max gear and stuff like dude ge challenge came out with the method you just Run across the room back and forth. You take yeah, no damage. The, the Bofa method's like super, yeah. super good as well. Yeah. It's just no, insane. that is the Bofa method. He he yeah. re, he had reinvented it, so it's not like you're running around to different tiles. It's literally back and forth, and you just like it's crazy. It's insane. It's actually like it's making me think of RS three in a way where it's like people can say, "Oh, I could just six hour log basically in a God Wars dungeon boss." Like yeah. we're not at that point yet, but it's like, oh, I can start seeing it. But that's just inevitable. Um, well, I mean, it is right. God yeah. Wars Dunge- God Wars Dungeon has been out since you know pretty much the start of old school. It was one of the first updates that came out. Yeah. So and um, you know, I have to say 
Zora. I think Zora's sick because um I mean there I have my own gripes with it, but the coolest thing, Me mutagens. Too. We you have these mutagens that's like it keeps you there. So it's like, yeah, you can get the items relatively quick and then it's like, okay, like but you're not done yet. You want to get like this prestigious new recolor, you know. I think You should be a completionist. I should be? Is that what you just Yeah, said? yeah, I am you a completionist. <laughs> oh, okay. You consider yourself a completionist? Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. No, I'm I'm definitely a completionist. But I didn't uh, know if you put yourself in the category of one because like obviously I know you say you like chasing for specific items and I probably should have just like clicked onto that way earlier, but I didn't know if you actually categorize well, yourself as completionist. Yeah, I mean I don't just go around saying like I'm a completionist. It's like going around saying like I'm an entrepreneur, by the way. I have a problem. I have I think I have an issue with that word. I was mentioning it on my stream. So I had a roommate. <laughs> okay. I had a roommate that was just so obsessed with saying the word entrepreneur because he wanted to be one. Because he just didn't oh, do his homework. Okay, all right. And, and now you just got like PTSD <laughs> from it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but um that would be cool. Like imagine in my perfect ideal world, like Next would be about a 300-hour completion, and then you got these, like, Torva kits that are super fucking rare. Like, I'm okay, talking, like, yes. 700 hours, but so, it, like, they're not the, the Giga Grinds are more just about cosmetics. Like, yep. go for it if you really want. And that's what, like, Hard Mode Tob has offered in Challenge Mode. It's, like, these cosmetics, so you mm -hmm. don't need to go there, but it's, it is prestigious to get that Twisted Ancestral and stuff. So. Well, hard mode next coming to you very soon. No, I'm <laughs> no but I I do think I mean, and I don't think it's even too late. I think it, I mean, again, you don't need to do this. I'm just this is an idea of just coming mm -hmm. out with some rare, cool cosmetic to maybe gold trim your crossbow, just some little kit or something. And who knows? It could just come from a hard mode down in the future. But yeah, you know, it'd be really nice if if so many other people were as open as you are, because like if you were to suggest that. It would just be so many, it would be a slew of negative comments like, oh, trying to, you know, instead of making new content, you're just making this go back to old content. Stop adding <laughs> new rewards to old content. And, you know, I, I understand it, but like, you know, clearly there is a demand for it, which is why, you know, at times we'll, we'll present stuff like that. There are obviously times where we've done it to, you know, to fill a gap in a lack of content like last year. Like it would be a lie if we weren't saying that Theory of Blood Hard Mode was you know, a, a direct response to the, we haven't had any end game PVM for a while. We knew that we couldn't do something significantly new. So we altered something that existed. And I think it turned out really, really well. I'm yeah. glad that we did it. I'd like for us to consider it in the future. For example, with uh, Tombs of a Mascot, I'd really like us to have the, the kind of like story mode, normal mode and hard mode on release. So you have a choice and it's not about adding it in a year later, but you know, um, Again, it goes back to that, assuming the worst, but you've, you're a perfect example. There are people out there who, who want to go for those grinds that um, want to go and keep old content more relevant and, and have a reason to go back to it, but not everyone thinks the same way. Yeah, no, definitely, and it's very popular to almost just be like, new, new, well, new, actually, new that, content. Yeah, that, that, rem that reminds me, actually. It's one thing that, that always baffles me is... is um, I find this a lot with with pet hunters, and I'm not I'm not calling out all pet hunters here. I know that not everyone is the same. I might agree with you be, on this. If this were going, yeah, it's, <laughs> go, go for so, it. <laughs> this is going to sound really insulting, and I apologize in advance, <laughs> right? But it's just the easiest way to to say it, okay, and get my point across. I, I see I see a fair amount of comments from pet hunters that are not happy about having to do content to get pets. <laughs> So I just think to myself, why do you call yourself a pet hunter if you don't like pet hunting? I just love it when it's like <laughs> they are like so proud to be a pet hunter and they all like in their Twitter bios, they have how many pets they have out of whatever, 49 or 48 or whatever. And then um, 
they'll be like they'll be saying "Ooh, what like what about just completely casually somebody will say what if they came out with like a pest control pet what the fuck just start freaking out like no no it's like dude you're literally call yourself a pet hunter wouldn't this be exciting for you I'm gonna say it's like new content like i think it's cool i i I love seeing you know information like that in bios by the way because it helps me get an idea of like you know what kind of person i'm going to be following or seeing on their feed and like i actually really like when people are showing off those achievements but i definitely agree on that point (laughs) it's it's the one part that just i i it it baffles me right i get it right if i understand you might not like the content so much but isn't the whole point of being a pet hunter that you go out of your way to do things you might not always want to do to have that prestige of having all the pets? So <laughs> when there's content, yeah. it's like, you know, adding a, adding a new mini game. We've, I've not seen it as much, but I haven't checked the feedback this evening because obviously I've been in this call where normally I'd be looking at, yeah. you know, the stuff that's coming in. But for Temporos, for example, uh, and, and Soul Wars especially. I know Soul Wars a little bit different because it's not... You know, you you rely on a lot of other people for that yeah. game mode, but there was so much negativity coming in from from a lot of people from the pet hunting community about that. As like, stop forcing us to do content, and it's and it's, it's kind of like so weird. No, it's it's kind of like we're giving you a reason to to continue with your <laughs> legacy and, yeah. and give you something to to work towards. Yeah, but maybe it, maybe we just don't we shouldn't have pets for pet hunters because they don't want to no do it. I, so just to uh you know play devil's advocate i think what it really is is them having to go back to earlier mid-game stuff to go get a yeah. pet and like and that's that makes what sense right i get it okay yeah. but then at the same time it's like we can't we can't balance content around a small cohort yeah. of people who are exactly. who are putting themselves into that position willingly um i totally we, we try as much agree. as we can right to accommodate um and there are definitely areas that know again we're not perfect we've made mistakes on so i'm not here as i said to call out everyone it was just it really just reminded me of that situation where i've I've just thought it so many times and if if someone can come out to me and and explain that to me i'd really appreciate <laughs> it i expect it's similar to what you said there say they have you know not wanting yeah. to do content that's just unenjoyable or old that they've done for hundreds of hours before exactly. uh, and if that's the case fair enough but what about the comments for new content? What What is it that you don't like about having to, to do? I mean, um, because I, you've never heard them complain about a pet coming from next or a pet coming from a new raid or a pet coming from this. No. Like, it's always the kind of like, oh, this is a this is an update I personally don't want to do because it's not the high-level PVM. And so why is there a yeah. pet to it? I didn't want to do this. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, exactly. Okay, so yeah, so maybe it's just that they don't want to do it, but I just yeah, understand why. Yeah, and they could just say that instead of saying, like, you know, they could just be very clear with, I <laughs> I mean, it's going to come out in the game anyway, so they're probably going to voice their annoyances anyway, but, like, it's just, it is what it is. And I think yeah. having a pet for new content is always cool. Yeah, I used to be in the in the boat of there are way too many pets to, in the game that stop adding them to all new content, but now I'm kind of, like, more of a just keep uh, adding it yeah i'm just like why not right yeah. it's just a cool thing that gets added they're super rare and it really makes someone's day when they get one and you know what it doesn't really harm anyone if there's a new pet mm. added to everything apart from yeah as just said, the pet, pet hunters, hunters freaking out about how many hours they need to do um i do have to ask so apparently i don't have one and i actually haven't really seen anybody running around with it but the next pet apparently runs behind you now and it paths like correctly with you, so it's not like it's always falling behind. Uh-huh. Um, 
it's not just next pet pathing that was improved i i believe that when next was added to the game we made some system changes that improved npc pathing as a whole and that allowed us to make it so that pets path way better than they used to yeah um yeah i gotta say like what i heard maybe it's just a rumor but i heard that like they're trying to make that a thing with all pets i maybe i'm overstepping here but like where like all your pets can kind of run behind you and stay with you is that a thing uh i mean i know that the pathing has been improved but it's probably more of a rumor and i think the non-technical side of me is gonna is gonna say that it's most likely due to the fact that there aren't any animations for those npcs to actually run and a lot of the pets are just scaled down versions of the actual model itself so we would need to retroactively no retrofit like you know running animations because otherwise they'll just look a bit balked some some do already fit that like i think of uh i can't even think of the pet but there are some pets that already look really strange it looks like they're running while they're walking like it's weird yeah but, um i have to say by the way i don't know i mean i'm assuming you weren't a part of this but somebody in the engine team or something made a fantastic update that is so unbelievably good throughout the entire game and i think nobody really noticed it um it's where if you teleport to like a different area whatever mm-hmm. menu you currently had open would disappear so like if i were to like teleport with my maxscape and then i would right click before the animations fully finished and i had the oh, yeah. the menu open again it would disappear that and i'd have to right click it again but now it stays and it's like literally the most welcome change i've seen <laughs> in like months probably years it's so good because i used to have to time things to like the very millisecond to get my teleport off like like a few milliseconds before the animation hits so the ping registers on the next tick it's uh, it's so good it's so i love good. how much you go into like your your efficiency of teleporters there but hey if it helps you i'm glad i i i don't recall who it was that did it but it sounds like it's been very beneficial oh, at least. Oh, so. oh, here's the best part. If you're doing an herb run, you go and use your herbs on the leprechaun. If you had a teleport uh-huh. pre-selected, it would disappear. Now, nope, it stays there. So, like, you can prepare for the next teleport patch. Like, oh. Efficient farm runs. Hell yeah. It is I so good. I love that stuff. <laughs> I'm glad. All right. Yeah, sorry, I can't tell you who it was. Maybe I'll try and figure it out. And I'll oh, yeah, I, I'll give him all the credit. I'll, I'll shout him out on Twitter and everything. It's amazing. Okay. <laughs> okay, Friendzones asks, what is your favorite part about working for Jagex? And what's your favorite update that's come to the game in the last two years? Okay, favorite part about working with Jagex? I'm going to give a really cheap and quick answer because I realize I waffle on way too much. It's, uh, it's, it's been able to work so closely with the community, right? Um, as much as you know, I mentioned about before with the negativity, the positivity just completely outshines that. And being able to make a change and then hear someone, you know, come to you and and take time out of their day to like say how much, you know, even if it was just responding to their message or them reporting an issue and seeing it fixed in the game update the next week, um, it's just a feeling that you just don't get anywhere else. I love it so much. That is is definitely the best part. And second to that is just that the amount of friends that I've been able to make from from working on the game and and being involved um, has been absolutely yeah, incredible. Humble, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be working in community management otherwise. I guess what I'm saying. <laughs> and your favorite uh, update that's come out? Favorite in the last update two years. in the last two years? Oh, uh, <laughs> God, that's a good one. 
Um, I don't know. I actually don't know what my favorite update is. I I think I would probably say it's like it, it is actually the Steam client, even though it's not technically a content update. Otherwise, then it it would be Temporos. I really, really enjoy Temporos. I think it's a great a great piece of content. Um, and from the last two years, it's it's one of the ones that I've actually you know engaged in the most. In all honesty, because I've not had a huge amount of time to actually play. Yeah. So I'd, I'd probably I'd probably yeah go with that. I mean, are we are we counting twenty twenty as the last two years? Sure, I you I could guess so, right? That, yeah, because this year hasn't really done anything. Um, yeah. Then maybe maybe Trailblazer. Trailblazer, I heard, was a lot of fun. It was definitely like yeah. short lived, I think, because people would just get so progressed so quickly and burn out after week three. But that's kind of like every league. But people did have a lot of fun with that one. Yeah, it was really cool because, like, I I tried the Twisted League, and as great as it was, like being locked to to Karen, just I kind don't know, I, I got yeah, it was obviously the first one, right? And yeah. um, we we didn't really have a lot of experience and knowledge at the time of you know what to expect. So mm-hmm. I would, yeah, definitely uh, big improvements. But I, you know what? That's just reminded me. Um, I'm gonna. I'm going to cop out. I'm going to say what my three favorite are because they definitely are all up there. And now that I just reminded myself of it, it feels like a shame to not give it the justice I feel like it deserves. But Dead Man Reborn, I I was so glad that that came back. Um, and in the way that we did, it was finally given the time that it deserved to have some meaningful changes. And whilst we may have missed the mark a little bit, especially when it came down to the three live system, just being able to shape up the meta and put on something new and different for what was, you know, in the previous years becoming very stale yeah. was a was a big win. And I really enjoyed uh, working closely with the team and the community on, on basically, um, yeah, putting that out and then the feedback changes and developing from it. Really unfortunate the way that the finals turned out. It's yeah, kind of like so out of your taste control. Just yeah, many sucks. people's mouths. I'm not going to throw out any excuses, but, you know, unfortunately, when you're running an online tournament that is susceptible to servers being, you know, attacked and whatnot, then that's a risk that we run. But we are still working through. I know many people are probably going to be like questioning like, ah, Dead Man Rerun, when? It's something that we are still working on as well. So to preempt that, um, this cast, I imagine, will be published before the Gillenor Gazette for this month goes out, but we will be talking about it a little bit more in there. So okay. I'll I'll save information about Dead Man Reborn for that because uh, there's something that I can't really talk to in here, but it's, uh, yeah, at least it explains to some extent the situation we're in right now. But we are committed to at least uh, putting together that rerun when we're comfortable that we can do it effectively. Okay. Um, and I really look forward to that. I really look forward to us being able to have the potential of another Dead Man as well. It's one of my favorite events by far. I want to ask because, I mean, Champions Cape right here actually has something to do with that. So let me uh, answer his three questions he has. When is King Sween coming back? And then future <laughs> PvP plans for tournaments and such. And will Dead Man get... Wait, if Dead Man mode gets discontinued, will something else replace it? Cool. Okay. So when is King Sween coming back? Oh, man. I, <laughs> I want him to come back now. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I'd, I'd love for it to happen. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Sween, if you're listening to this, I love you, buddy. Please consider working back. <laughs> Thank you. 
Um, so future plans for PvP and esports. Um, honest answer, there aren't any, right? Outside of Deadman, Deadman is really the only push that we have that that we are looking to kind of like put forward um, ourselves. But that being said, it doesn't mean it's going to be the only thing that we do. This year, when time allows for us to be able to sit down and look at you know the planning of it and putting things together, one thing that I really want us to do is is look at supporting the community to to basically have um, you know support to put their own tournaments and events on. Yeah, uh, and whether that's us providing the tools to allow that to happen, the prize money, uh, rewards, and that kind of stuff. Um, that is, I think there's a yeah a huge amount of potential there at least. I think you know the likes of Eviescape with his events yeah. and stuff that have used private you know servers that we've hosted for him really just goes to show that potential. And for those of you that have been you know keeping an eye on the news posts that we've put out, especially the Gideon Walker Zets, you'll notice in the roadmap there was a section in regards to community event support that is that is due to finish the start of this year, and that's going to be a pretty big game changer. I'd, I'm not going to say much more than that. Uh, other than just keep an eye out for it, the potential is definitely going to be there, and we do most certainly have plans to utilize, yeah, the community more in terms of empowering them to, you know, be able to put content on themselves. But I think the message that Mike D shared last year, I think it was now, still stands true that we really just want to put a focus on putting good content out for now, rebuilding the PvP scene especially, um, and and that kind of like community before we consider starting going yeah. back down the road of esports i will say the community stuff like giving the tools to the the creators that really really care and have the time mm -hmm. and have the like you know the energy to do that i think that's just fucking fantastic i think that's the way to do it if i were to if i have a say in that i think the evscape stuff what oda block does and all these other pvp tournaments mm -hmm. that we've seen are just great because like then and the best part about it is like if things do go wrong it's not people blaming jagex <laughs> it's just like oh well shit went wrong <laughs> hey i mean yeah i guess that's a benefit but i know that there's some people out there that are cynical and think you know it's just we try to you know fob off the work and oh, get the community to do it, it doesn't cost us anything <laughs> well, no but they end you know, up being really great and yeah they do you know yeah. because people people aren't you know instantly jumping on that train they they are they're a little bit more understanding but i think what we really have to do is 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 step up more so than we have done already and, yeah. and offer that support and offer the ability for, you know, those things to actually happen. For sure. Uh, and the last question, what was that? Uh if Dead Man gets oh, discontinued, Dead Man. will it be replaced. Um will it be replaced? I mean, I don't think there is at the moment at least any intention to discontinue it um permanently. Uh we brought it back last year. I'd really like to see us do another Dead Man this year too, just different. Um, so at the moment, I don't think there are any plans to discontinue it. But if it was to be discontinued, I don't think it would be unreasonable to expect some form of replacement, at least for the PvP community. I would, I would push for that personally. If if I was able to do anything to help in that situation, then I would. Yeah, um, yeah. That's pretty much all I can say, I guess. Okay. I'm going to ask two things at once. One's a little quirky. Odios <laughs> asks, which Jmod has the best office jokes? And before you answer, Lilac also asks, um, what's the most interesting or surprising thing you've learned from the annual player survey or a past year's, if you're still going through the most recent one? 
Okay. So I think in terms of like the, the best office jokes, I'd, I'd probably vote for Mod Ash. Um, <laughs> Not yeah. Ed. It's where Ed. <laughs> Ed Ed has some pretty good jokes. Yeah, I think Ash is just like... so much more like just he's just so I don't know. He's aged well with it. He's just it's just like yeah. confidence at that point. He, Ash just has a certain way <laughs> of saying things and a certain cohort of things that he'll say that that I just can't help but but crack up. <laughs> Whenever he says them, especially when it's in the middle of like a relatively important meeting, he'll, he'll always bring some humor to the table. So, dude, I'm not gonna yeah. lie, I'm very envious of J Mods because of that. You get to surround yourself with Mod Ash, well, at least when you were more in the <laughs> office, because like I see him as just a, a just a mysterious figure that's just like a just. I don't know, the embodiment of everything that's good with Jagex almost. And then it's like, you actually get to interact with him. I think that's just fucking <laughs> I awesome. mean, he's still pretty much a mysterious figure, even <laughs> internally. Uh, yeah, that man has an absolute wealth of knowledge locked away inside his brain. So cool. Um, very grateful to be able to work alongside him. But yeah, definitely, I definitely say Ash there. Um, the second question about what was the most, was it surprising, did you say? Interesting or surprising Interesting thing or surprising. from the service. Okay. So I, I'm not going to go into detail about my answer here just because it, it wouldn't be appropriate. But I would say that the thing that interested me the most or I found surprising was the players' opinions on polling. Um, <laughs> cliffhanger. <laughs> so yeah, there was, there was a lot of uh, interesting replies in regards to polling. Um, and the way that we approach it and, you know, how we could approach it in the future that I didn't expect to see. Um, nothing bad, nothing like, oh man, we need to make drastic changes. But polling is one of those things that I think is the, is one of the areas that we have neglected the most out of everything related to old school. Um, it's the area of the, you know, the game that has seen the least amount of improvements and the least amount of attention to it, considering it is like the backbone of everything that we do, pretty much. Yep. Um, yeah, I, w- I was surprised to see some of the comments that players had uh, responded to, uh, you know, put in the response to the survey. Interesting. Um, yeah. And maybe there's something that we can do in response to those comments, uh, but at the moment, um, that's all I'll say. Okay. Reese asks, what is your opinion on risk versus reward outside of the wilderness? And do you believe there is enough? Follow-up question, if increased, do you believe it would result in a long-lasting increase of activity within places that embody risk versus reward? Wilderness DMM. Okay, awesome. All right, I really love this question uh, because it's something that gets raised quite a lot, especially within the PvP community, for those that suggest how they think PvP could be improved overnight. Um. First things first, I don't think the balance between risk and reward is in a good place or is good enough when it comes to PvP content. I think the Rev Caves have kind of like, uh, is the only area that really that is uh, appropriate. You you make pretty good money there now, but there's a decent level of risk associated to it. Even if it's not risk of you dying, it's risk of your actions being in excuse me, being interrupted and you kind of having to like reset and spend that time and coming back. And obviously there's still a risk of you losing your items and getting killed. But as a whole, PVP is suffering massively in that aspect where there just aren't a huge amount of money makers that really warrant the additional risk 
involved or the inefficiency as well of obtaining that wealth you know like it's not exactly entirely accessible in terms of banks there's a lot of running that you have to do yeah sure there are teleports that you can get around and obelisks and whatnot but they're pretty damn risky as well yeah so i absolutely don't think that it's balanced right now so however yeah no oh, go, on, go ahead go ahead no you said so you say so first okay. I, I know my point so. well I'm, I'm gonna go on a long thing so you go ahead and then i'll, I'll finish oh, okay we can do it afterwards all go right ahead. so my however to this point is at the moment i don't think simply adding more risk to the wilderness slash pvp will provide long-term benefits and this is something that i truly believe in i personally believe in it very much so a lot of data from those that want to get into pvp but don't currently get into pvp also kind of align with this viewpoint i know that there's pvpers out there that really disagree with me and i would love to be able to you know get you to see it from my perspective at least and maybe this is my opportunity to do that so i absolutely want to change it 100 and see improvements however the way I see it, and I think the way that we've seen it as a team in the past, even though you might say like, oh, there's hardly been any improvements you've not tried, is that when you introduce extra wealth into the wilderness, you definitely see an increase in activity. You definitely see more people coming in. We definitely see that ecosystem start to form where, you know, people that want to get the gold are there. The people that want to kill the people that are getting the gold are there. Then the people that kill the people who are killing, getting the gold are there. And, you know, before you know it, you, you've got, you know, this this whole kind of like ecosystem of PKs killing PVMers, PK, better PKs killing the worst PKs, so on and so forth. But that all relies on that one person being there going for that risk in the first place. And when a new update comes out and we offer those, they're absolutely there. And they're willing to put up with with all of the difficulties and frustrations that they have with PvP content in the short term because they're making money. But eventually, those issues start to grind on them, and they get frustrated. And they either get frustrated with the PvP community in general, or just with that piece of content, and they no longer do it. They've now got this level of resentment because it's it's caused them to have a bad experience. They no longer want to do it. They don't want to go back there. It, it just doesn't feel as worth it, for whatever reasons it may be. And there are a lot of those reasons. So then you suddenly don't have as many people going there. So the the solution is then, okay, this is now dying out. Do we need to make it even more rewarding? Okay, fine. We can make it more rewarding. But the same thing happens. After a few months, those majority of people start to get a little bit pissed off, are annoyed with the with the issues that plague wilderness and PvP content currently, and then they leave. And so do the rest of the people that rely on that food chain existing also leave. I'm sure there'll be examples that people will give me of like, oh, well, that didn't happen with the Rev Caves. It didn't happen with the Rev Caves when they're multi because they were, quite frankly, broken. I don't care what anyone tells me otherwise. I can guarantee you wholeheartedly, 100%, happily put my my job on the line. Rev Caves, when they were in multi, were broken beyond belief. People were getting tens of millions of GP per hour, yep. and it needed to be fixed. So... I'm not saying that rev caves are now better because they're singles plus and that's why loads of people are there. People are in the rev caves simply because of the fact that you can earn, you know, multiple mills of gold per hour with relatively easy requirements. It's it's easily accessible. 
You don't have to worry so much about, you know, unlocking loads of quests and whatnot. You can go there, you can make money and it and it's great. But what the singles plus changes have introduced is a little bit more of a safety net that didn't exist before when it was multi for those PK those non PKs that want to feel a little bit more like they have a fighting chance when they're in the caves. But the biggest reason for that change is that it stopped the ability for people to be able to lock them down in a multi situation and then really abuse the fact that they can then you know amplify the kills that are happening. Yeah in each cave, you know, at, at, per time, because, you know, obviously now only each each Revenant can only be killed by one person. So where I'm going with this is, is I definitely want to see more things like Rev Caves happen. Not so much the whole singles plus side of things, even though there are likely going to be changes coming out in that in that sense for the rest of the wilderness as well. But that's not because, you know, we say Rev Caves is a perfect example that shows you that it's fixed all of the problems because it's active. We know that Rev Caves are active because we will make money there. But... If if we don't look at the issues that the majority of people, and, and this is the reality of it, right, is that the majority of the people here aren't the PvP community anymore. The game has changed. The player base has shifted. We, we don't want to lose that. We want to bring them back. We want to grow the PvP community. But we have to do it now with a new mindset, knowing that our player base aren't the same as what they were back in 2007 to 2010 and 12. Yeah. People do content in a different way people approach the game in a different way they have different mindsets uh, and and different things are more important to them now than they were before and if we don't accommodate that then we'll never be able to grow that area of of the game so the current thinking is let's change some of the things that we've known a majority of players have been complaining about for a very good amount of time now we're talking a considerable number of years in an attempt to make the wilderness and PvP as a whole, more inviting. That way then, the the opportunity to be able to fight back, the little bit more in terms of quote-unquote fairness is there. And we reduce the level of resentment that these players have towards the PvPers who are experienced and know what they're doing. That way then, they're more likely to stay for a little bit longer. When they're able to stay for a little bit longer, we can consider you know, actually keeping that content as it is, because there's no need to, for us to change it. Once more and more people are, are, are on board with it, we can then consider looking at having PvP content that starts to get polled, because there are now more people in support of PvP content, even if they're not the ones engaging in it, because they know that if they go to this area that is being added, they're going to make decent money that they can't make anywhere else in the game. But at the same time, they're going to have some opportunity to be able to fight back instead of being in a position where they're getting absolutely piled on by multiple people or they're getting completely um, you know, tag-teamed by a team of 10 all yeah. for a, a whole 50 to 200k worth of loot. And and really, that's what it's about. Rebuilding those foundations, yes, some changes that the that the hardcore kind of like long-standing PvP community might seem, uh, you know, it might seem very drastic to them. But if we don't make those drastic changes, how are we ever going to bring new people in? Because, you know... <laughs> The, the PvP community as a whole, even if we were to bring in everyone who has stopped PvPing over the you know the course of the last few years, is still small in comparison to how many other people play old school. So yeah. if we can make some adjustments that still keep, you know, RuneScape PvP true to what RuneScape PvP is, and that's the ability to take gear from your opponent like no other game does, uh, and and you know highlight your skill whilst adding new content that people are more and more inclined to want to engage with because they're feeling like they've got more of a fighting chance to, you know, 
re like engage back with with combat while still making good money then I, then then we can start looking at adding even more content going forward with with new rewards with higher gp values we can if there's an area for example that we know for a fact you can no longer be in a position where 10 people in single combat can be fighting one person then we can balance it around it being one on one and that means we can we can really amplify the amount of gold per hour that can be made there or the types of rewards that you can get from there and then we can look at multi separately and really balance around the fact that okay if you're in this area then we're expecting multi to fight multi as opposed to multi people kind of like coming together as uh you know one big uh, alliance and and kind of like being okay we're going to do this for the greater good of our own gain and, and make a load of money we want the emphasis to be fighting over resources um but until we can grow that community and get enough support and get people to understand that it's not as bad as they think it is um i just think that simply putting more gold per hour content in there is is very short-lived and we'll probably see a situation where the people that are there are mostly just gold farmers that are looking to play manually and then sell that gold as opposed to being there because they want to be to progress their accounts. And it's those type of people that I personally feel like we should be focusing on and and using them to help build PvP back up. Um, yeah, sorry, I kind of like went no, off. Hopefully that, that was That was really enough. well said. That was, uh, I agree with all of it, honestly. And uh, I think that it does need to just be like a rebuilt infrastructure in the first place because like, as you were saying, any new update, you could have the coolest update, but because like, I mean, <laughs> just baiting people in there without like the true new infrastructure, but it actually kind of is more balanced. It's just, just yeah, it's just all going to be short lived. And uh, I think some of the changes you guys have already made have been fantastic. And again, I'm not a quote unquote PKer, but I have had PKers on and they do. I mean, I had Dino on last month and yeah, I remember I was listening to your kind of like talk with Dino and I think you actually gave a really good kind of like uh, personal experience as to why you're more now open to to going into the wilderness and do wilderness content yeah. right, as a result of some changes we made. Oh, yeah. I'm the, just the PK skull prevention. I know, you know, as Reddit as that sounds, I know I'm just using Reddit as like an adjective, but just, <laughs> just like it's it really is so good for game balance and just making it just a more fair fight in in a way where it's just not such a lopsided just i don't know like a tag team basically well that would be like in multi and stuff which would already still happen but the fact that i can go out in the wilderness and actually fight back and be like mm -hmm. hey i was i wasn't the one initiating this this is like let's let's go you know i think that's awesome and I think yeah, I'm that's, glad, and that's yeah. one of the you know one of the main reasons for it. I know there's a lot of people out there who I say a lot. There's not a lot because really, school tricking isn't a huge. It's not as as big of an issue, I think, as as people make it out to be. I think it's more the fear of being school tricked that is the bigger issue, as opposed to you know how yep. many people are actually out there school tricking, right? But even just the perception of knowing you could go out there and being school tricked was enough to put off put so many people off from from going out and venturing in. Yeah, and yeah, it, it may not have, you know, overnight caused hundreds of people to suddenly be wandering around the the wilderness. It's one of those things that's going to take time that we need to do better with communicating that it exists and and really just educating the player base on that it's okay and safe to, you know, to use that feature and go in there and, and not have to worry. But it's about changing that perception, right? It was one of the biggest feedback points that we saw when we did the survey. Like that wilderness survey that, that I put together and sent out 
it had well over 35,000 people respond to. That is one of the most responded to surveys to date, pretty much. Um, aside from, you know, annual ones that get sent and have huge pushes in terms of you know, email campaigns and whatnot for people to reply to. Yeah. This was something that, you know, we pushed out on socials and mentioned in news posts and on the stream. And the the huge amount of people that, that commented on it, you know, said that it was an issue. Even if they didn't go into the wilderness, just the thought of that happening was a problem for them. And I'm sorry to those people that can no longer school trick everyone now that has that feature enabled, but... I just feel like if you really had to rely on school tricking to be able to fight people in the wilderness um, and your response is, if you don't want to get school tricked, then, you know, just turn off your attack options. It doesn't really make you a PKer. You're basically just doing PVM. Yeah. But you're fighting against something that doesn't fight. It's like going to fight, I don't know, Vorkath, but Vorkath just doesn't attack. It's just a punch bag. Yeah. It's, it's not PKing weird. at that point, really. Um I know there are some cool moments that happen for those that manage the school trick and, you know, playing on what is at times the, you know, the mistakes of others and the foolishness and, and people's greed. I get that that can cause thrills and it was a genuinely enjoyable experience for those people who were school tricking. Yeah. No, well, and that, time, that like, is, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go on, sorry. I was just going to say at the same time, you like think about it on the other end of the stick, you know, that someone is. <laughs> exactly. And that's really and... hard to see because like, you know, people always be like, I mean, PKing is fun because you. I mean, it's fun when you are the the PKer, and yeah, so like you know that, that that's fine though, right? That's the whole point of PvP yeah. is that you want to you want to essentially you know you you either PvP because you want to get loot or you want to you want to basically um kind of like I don't want to make it out like you know every PvP is evil, but it's about getting loot. At least I see it. getting loot showing that you're better than someone else or just making someone else's time worse. Yeah. And sometimes that can be fun. And that is exactly what people should expect when they go to the wilderness. So I'm not here saying, yeah, like, yeah. if and you're one of the people that are doing that, you're bad, you're not. You should not go to the wilderness if you don't want to get killed. If you go to the wilderness and complain about getting killed, then maybe reconsider reading the warnings that are there when you enter the wilderness, especially, right? Yep. Um, but it, it's one of those where school tricking is is really it was like it was just you know prying on people's uh maybe inexperience or you know being being naive and, yeah, and almost and in essence a form of scamming right i will say the greed stuff is cool like i thoroughly enjoy somebody being greedy going out of the way and then they get killed yeah, me because too. it's the wilderness me yep. too, and that is as an unfortunate side effect of it. The the main reason for that anti school tricking prevention was for those people who are out there that are abusing the naming system by having names very similar, uh, you know, stepping under, logging in, logging out, and are going out of their way to deceive people as opposed to you know prying on people's greed. Yeah, uh, and it's just you you can't cover every case. It's just got to do a catch all. Yeah, and I think yeah, no, you know, there's going to be downsides and upsides to everything, and I think. There's more upsides with the PK skull prevention. That thing alone, I think there's more upsides. There's more positives and there will be negatives. Um, yeah. And I got to say, I'm really excited for the new Wilderness Slayer updates and stuff like that. All this new stuff coming out. Because, I mean, and you say, like, there's more infrastructure on the way. But, like, just the fact that PK skull prevention is a thing already makes me mm -hmm. a lot more willing to go out into an area and bring stuff you know because i'll be the pvmer out there and i have done hundreds and hundreds of hours of wilderness content like i've literally completed every single thing in the wilderness except for a dag and high hat right now like 
everything rings wow. pets okay. eternal glory Damn. chaos stuff everything in revs like i've spent a long ass time there so i definitely like i remember as a kid i used to get the shakes when i'd go out there just like <laughs> li- oh and not to mention all the fucking clue scrolls i've done like thousands and thousands of clue scrolls like hards alone just those but yeah i used to get the shakes and now it's just like you just go out there it's just like every other day it's just like uh, uh whatever you know yeah now you're just used to it yeah Three months in roll in uh, in multi revs too. That was uh, definitely an experience. That did not. I gotta say, multi revs did not even feel like RuneScape anymore. And I can't say that's <laughs> okay. a bad thing, but it was just such a weird experience. It was like uh, you're just dealing with the mob, you know, and so you're trying <laughs> to like build relationships yeah. with these shady figures, and you're like, all right, like, you know, just trying to, like, keep on everyone's good side in a way, and just... It was, yeah, an entirely different... Do you know, and do you know what? I do I do genuinely miss it, right? I, I miss too. multi-revs. I kind of do, yeah. it was it was so fun, and I'm sure that, you know, my comments about multi-revs before being broken isn't, isn't because I hated them or didn't support them. Go back to various Q&As where people were complaining about it, you know, with the lockdowns, and, and I was out there constantly defending it and saying that i think it's fine at the end of the day if you want to be there then you know get involved with the mob yourself or pay them like that's yeah. just the way it is if if you don't then stop complaining I, I would i was always in support of that but um it's just a massive shame that it was it was you know i don't want to say it. i mean it, it was kind of like abused it's going back to that point i made before right where if if a system is in place that can be abused the players will will, will do it right yeah. and we can't blame them for it because at the end of the day, it's technically our fault for allowing that to, to be possible in the first place. But that's what happened, right? That it, it was abused. It it was completely utterly broken. And, and that's the reason why it got changed. And maybe there were better ways for sure that we could have handled that. But at the time that yeah. was the, you know, the, the, the best solution that we had in mind. And I would love to see something come back that was, that gave a similar experience to, mm-hmm. to the revs. That see, wasn't as, open to abuse as it was before for me and this is piggybacking off of dino's idea and west ham and all these other people uh-huh. they, they just thought you know an entrance fee would have been really good but on top of that so like if multi-revs was still a thing my whole issue with how busted it was was that ancient artifacts came out that were just you mm-hmm. know you get 16 mil as a drop and stuff because but then they were going to be replaced by these new wilderness weapons. And then they didn't get replaced. They just added on the wilderness weapons, which tanked the prices of wilderness weapons. And it was still it was just absurd amount of money, absurd amount of GP coming into the game. I thought I was so bothered at the time, just so insanely bothered at that, 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 that they didn't get rid of the ancient artifacts. I think, who knows, but I think if the ancient artifacts would have been removed on the day of release of those Revenant weapons, the Revenant weapons would have an extremely high price. And, yeah. um, you know, maybe not extreme, but, you know, they did hold a fucking high value until the Sculling meta came out where they multiplied. Because then, oh, yeah, yeah. But, like, those ancient artifacts are just so potent and they're so common. Like, you're just pulling, like, just straight up GP. And then... So get rid of the ancient artifacts and add a little entrance fee. Maybe it could have only been like 50k. But like I feel like that would have just been great. But it was just too late for it because the weapons had already tanked so dramatically. Yeah, I mean, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, right? If yeah. we could go back, you you're probably right. I I think now it's just got to the point where 
it's been this way for too long where yeah. it's kind of like we've made our bed and kind of have to lie in it. And it's not to say that there won't be changes because look, we've, you know, we've committed to making changes and we've, we've shown that by making them recently. There's still a little bit more to come with the Revenant kind of like demi boss kind of thing that's going to be coming out. That should be really, really fun actually to see how that changes the rev dynamic as well. Um, but I don't, I don't think we're going to see like multi revs come back, but focus at least in terms of future wilderness improvements will be let's try and replicate a similar experience yeah. to to that um just elsewhere yeah. kind of thing one the thing i was going to uh interrupt with back when you were talking about uh, the whole wilderness thing was reese was saying about risk versus reward and i saw another mm-hmm. tweet by pregs and he was mentioning something about um like uh enrage mechanics to bosses and stuff like that so oh yeah to basically like reduce the amount of hours but in have that risk associated with it and uh i think that would be really cool i don't know um you know the perfect way to implement that or which bosses should have it and stuff but like i really love that idea of let's just say next you can um keep fighting next let's just say like you kill it and then it's like okay do you want the drop now or do you want to like go to a little bit of a harder mode but you'll get like an increased chance. And so mm-hmm. then there actually is risk versus reward, but it's not in a PVP sense. It's just like, it's like time-based basically. And and resource consumption. You are consuming your resources to potentially get another chance at a drop. Yeah, I, re- I, really, I really like that. I think RuneScape did like a pretty good job of implementing it for, for their bosses, mm-hmm. right? With the enrage mechanics. It'd be interesting to see how it could be implemented in old school for sure. I, I'm, I'm way in support of it, but... Just to add another element to that, one thing that I think would be really cool, and I know that it would be people would figure out like what the most efficient way of doing it is to be safe or whatnot, but I would love to see a boss in the future that that is essentially like hardcore, uh, and and that is the sense that if you die, you lose what you have equipped, like you just oh, lose shit. it straight up. You know, you, if you want to kill the boss, it's very rewarding, but if you die, then there's no chance for you to reclaim your items. The scary part is is uh it's the same thing with why they kind of like got the yeah. those hour timers i know exactly and that it, it's that's why it's got to be you know check make sure that it's actually feasible and and whatnot and i'm sure people would figure out what you've got to do but i think if we were ever able to get into a position where that could happen oh, that'd be sick. i would yeah i would i would love to see it genuinely. so i think it'd be awesome let me uh ask you this uh i've been asked this and um they were just saying well i, I guess i haven't been asked this but it's been brought up multiple times of hardcores and uh, I think Roydy was actually talking about it on the last cast, and he was saying, like, it, it would be amazing if there was a way for Jagex to be able to detect, like, packet loss or something like that, and then just be able to send your guy, just log him out, yeah. basically, instantly. I know you're probably not the one to ask, but is there ever a future with that where it's, like, you can genuinely just be logged out when clearly there's no engagement with the client? I mean, I... I th- I don't know in terms of the technicalities, but let's just say, uh, for example, that it's possible, right? And what about the potential instances where that could be abused? And how do we deal with those? That's true. You know, you know that you're about to die, so you just X-log, or you pull the plug on your router, or you disconnect your Wi-Fi, and you've now got an, an always safe way of escaping regardless. Yeah, that's um, true. How does that work when it comes to a PvP situation um, as well? You know, you feel like you're losing a fight, you're down on supplies, just 
pull the plug. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be involved in PvP, I think. But PvP yeah, would but have to in, just be... You just carry same. on. But, you know, the, it, same, same premise is, still applies yeah. there, right, in, in PvM. And, and I think that's why it's probably never been explored any further than, you know, should we do it? Is because you could just, yeah, pull the plug. And and how how do you differentiate between? Because from from yeah, a I assume no from a technical perspective, it, it it appears the exact same way as if you were to lose connection to the server, because you would be losing connection to the server, right? Yep. But um, I I yeah. thinking okay, so again, there is so much nuance with this. So many situations where this could be abused. But I'm just thinking like a normal boss. Let's just say you're talking about this hardcore boss where it's like you go in, he loses everything. I don't think there would ever be a way like a if as long as there is a way to teleport out, like I think it's silly when there's like content where it's like actually just impossible to escape. Just like okay, yeah. you're you're just in there. Yeah, I think we kind of like noticed that with hardcore group Iron Man, right? By adding the emergency teleport shards because you know there is just content you can't get out of. Yeah, um, I th- I and, think that's yeah. I think that's really cool because uh, I can't see anybody intentionally unplugging their power when they literally have a teleport crystal. Where it's just yeah. like, dude, just just leave. Like it'll be the same thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Maybe I know. Maybe that's just something that, if it was to be implemented, it's just something we accept. You know, that that could be a potential. But for the the um, the times where it would actually help someone and benefit them, if when they did genuinely disconnect or there was genuinely a server issue, that could potent. You know, that could far outweigh yeah. the people who are going to abuse it to be able to constantly stay alive I, what i like is the way that i i think it's in in zora is it that if you you know if you if you die you don't actually you know and you've got your second life um from the diary yeah she doesn't your stop. character is like frozen right? yeah and she doesn't start attacking until yeah act- until you activity. make an action so yeah. then you have the opportunity to decide okay do you want to carry on fighting or do you want to teleport Yep, that's brilliant. Um, and maybe something similar like that could happen where, you know, you're still then in the room so that, okay, yeah, you'll still be able to reconnect. And if you wanted to get that escape from doing it intentionally, you'd still, you know, then teleport. But if you've got the opportunity to teleport, you'd probably just teleport anyway. Why would you risk it? Yep. So, yeah. Um, if, if it is feasible and if the community as a whole were okay with accepting that people might abuse it in that sense and knowing that the benefits far outweigh that as a negative then i'd be open to at least exploring it as an option because there's nothing worse than than seeing someone lose their like hardcore status especially when it comes down to an issue that isn't their fault right Uh, if it's on us then it it sucks so much and it just puts a huge kind of like you know downer on the mood of everyone in the team that sees it especially when it's someone who's progressed far not not so much when it's you know you've lost your own internet and people will come out and you know and admit that and say like oh it was my own fault i lost mm-hmm. internet i disconnected or whatnot um because there's nothing we can do about that but when it does come to a server one it, it's no one likes to see it right so if there's ever a way that we can avoid it and it be accepted i'd love to explore that this is kind of a random uh thing but like you know how there was i think it was real there's no real proof for me to know but like when that rollback happened with league some guy got like a third age pickaxe and it just like was gone or something which is just yeah, awful it's, it's awful but has there ever been a scenario where like a hardcore has died but then there was a rollback so he lived like I, there's probably been little instances where some newbie hardcore has done that inevitably but like i really do wonder yes. if 
Yes, there is. And I I can't tell you who exactly it is, but I, we were in a meeting this this uh this afternoon actually talking about the recent league's rollback because we were we actually were able to roll back the um our scores as well. Because okay. in in the in the previous rollback, I'm not sure whether it was the last one they did or the one prior to that. Um I can't remember what the context was in the conversation at the time, but uh basically um one of the J mods was was ba- was given the example of why this is you know really good that we're able to do it now because what what happened previously and whether it's something that actually happened or they were given like a hypothetical situation, but essentially if if a hardcore was to have died, and then we were to have rolled back the servers, they would have been you know back to being a hardcore and continue playing as a hardcore, but the high scores would have you know registered oh. them as as dying, yeah. so it would have crossed them off the high scores. <laughs> And they would no longer then be present on the high scores at all. Oh, because I... this, you know, the high scores are looking for the hardcore. Yeah. The hardcore doesn't exist because they think they've died. The hardcore can't send that information back because it's no longer a hardcore. And because they're not Iron Man, they've not updated on the Iron Man high scores. So they're just kind of like lost in the system. They're like, <laughs> I was going to say, void. I, I think what would have been so badass is like, he does have a cross out through his name, but he's still rising the ranks. So people are like, what the fuck? Like, this oh, yeah. dead guy that's <laughs> still progressing. Like, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, he becomes rank one. He's crossed out, but he's still progressing. Like, what? Yeah. Crazy. Um, okay. I do just want to bring this up because, uh, of course, it did get a lot of likes. And, again, we kind of talked about this before. So, mm-hmm. Eliop asked, will Jagex ever offer a solution to accounts facing login spam? There was a lot of questions, just to preface this. But, um, of course, you can't really talk much about it, so you can briefly... Sure, yeah. I mean, I I know it's a very um, prominent kind of, like, thing for those that are suffering with that issue at the moment. So it's only right that, you know, that I address it in some way. But I don't have a huge amount of information to share. It's obviously something that, yes, we do want to fix... Um, there will, I imagine, at some point be a permanent solution that doesn't require or rely, sorry, on what I'm about to say. Uh, but in the meantime, the um, the solution to that problem is is using the Steam client um, until we're able to offer that more permanent solution. But okay. it is something that, you know, obviously we are treating very seriously. Um, I think I'm okay to say that we are working towards that permanent solution, but there is nothing more that I can say in terms of when you should expect that or what that will be or how it will look um, other than, yeah, just you have to just take my word on it that we are working on it. And until then, Steam Client is the best way to avoid it from happening. And one thing I want to emphasize, because I've just mentioned Steam Client, I know I mentioned it earlier as well. I know that there have been some kind of like concerns over Steam Client and the security of it and you know the way that it works in terms of authenticator and stuff. If you do use the Steam client for old school RuneScape, please make sure, just like how you should on your email, make sure you've got two-factor authentication on your Steam account, right? It, it's something that Steam offer. They, they have a, a system called Mobile Guard. Make sure that you install that and set it up. And if you do that, you should not have, as far as I'm aware, any issues at all because that is their method of two-factor authentication, right? Yep. So ensure you've got that and you'll be okay. Don't use Steam regardless. Even if you're not using the RuneScape Steam client, you should have Steam Guard installed, just like you should have two-factor authentication on your email, just like you should have two-factor authentication on your on your old school account when you're playing on you know the other clients as well. 
and that was just my uh you know good show top tip okay um furry wall asks when will elite clues get buffed my casket stack is piling up so let me <laughs> let me let me ask you real quick so just to kind of preface this is um modelena said like on poll 76 the the next yep. content blog there will be or poll there should be a, a question regarding third age rates mm-hmm. um and oh shit there was something else i was gonna ask real quick oh and the other thing was there is a um a rumor going around and again i don't know how much you know about this but somebody asked mod ash on twitter and they said something along the lines of like is it possible for like all those elite caskets to not be retroactively updated so that only elites after the update would be affected by it and then mod ash said yes it's a possibility but it's not saying they're going to do it it's just saying yes they have the ability to do that and now there's like this rumor spreading around that like Again, maybe I've missed some tweets, but it looks as though, yes, you guys have the ability to do it, but there's there's no confirmation that you guys are going to not retroactively make all the other caskets have the okay. uh, update. Anyway, so, can you clear up some confusion? Yeah, of course I can. I think that was a, a really good way of kind of like uh, prefacing it as well, prefacing it, whatever the way is to describe it. I am actually just quickly logging in right now to the system that we have the blog information written on because poll 76 is where we will be talking about the whole elite clues and the rates and stuff and and how that's worked. So just give me a second. Um, I'm loading it up. So I'm absolutely correct. That is due to come out in the next like two or so, two, three weeks. Oh, yeah. um roughly so expect it really soon it, it i'll i'll let you on a little bit of inside information here we did hope to actually have poll 76 come out um last week but with with leagues launch yeah. and everything else that we needed to get prepared there was just too much to do all at once and we didn't want to essentially put poll 76 out in a position where we knew we weren't going to be able to maintain and you know enact yeah. on any feedback that we got so we took the decision as as difficult as it was to make to kind of like say, right, let's just reconsider putting this into a slot in the schedule where actually it makes more sense where we can act on feedback because we've got some pretty cool things coming out over the next couple of uh, couple of weeks as well. Obviously, we've got Guardians of the Rift out. Today. Super excited to look at that, by the way. I've just briefly glanced on it. I'm going to make. Yeah, I can't later. wait for the Ramble video. <laughs> so I'll look forward to uh, to watching that. Um, then there's uh, a pretty big blog that's going to be dropping next week that I'm personally working on, which I think a lot of people will, especially if you're interested in PvP, you might you might want to keep an eye on that one. Um, and then following that, we've got another really big blog that's coming out that a lot of people have been waiting on for a long time. And this information will be shared within the Gilmore Gazette that drops the end of this month. So make sure you check that out for more. But in terms of the... Um, improvements for pulse 76 and the elite clue caskets um yeah any change that we make will affect any caskets that you have currently and any caskets that you get in the future as well so if you've hoarded up a bunch of caskets don't worry you're not going to get you know cooked so to speak you will benefit from the improvements as well so yeah if you listen to this and you're doing elite clues Save Keep a hold of the caskets. Yeah, save them up. Unless you really want to just, you know, get an upgrade yeah. or whatever that you might need for your group Iron Man or your own Iron Man. Otherwise, if you're in a position where you can afford to hold on to them, 
you might want to just hold on to them for a little bit longer. Okay. Awesome. But yeah, we do have the ability if we wanted to, to say, actually, you know, our old caskets aren't going to benefit from it. But we had that discussion and just felt like it was a little bit inappropriate. I will say, however, like that wouldn't be the worst thing. Um, no, yeah, I get why, you know, because yeah. obviously people have hoarded them and there's a potential for, you know, any changes to have like suddenly an influx of items coming in. But it's not like it's not like suddenly elites are going to become the best way for you to be able to get third age, third age items and stuff like yeah. that. It's just it's just a slight rebalance where they should have been in the yeah. first place. So so like how I see it is like what I'm nervous of or what I've always kind of thought. And again, this can apply to every single thing in RuneScape where you just don't play the game for 10 years then 10 years down the line everything's easier of course but like <laughs> there's always that argument it's like if the most efficient way to play is just not play it um yeah but i think it actually and this is just my own thought process that i've kind of thought of is like if they ever did come out with a clue expansion i wouldn't actually be too opposed of them not being retroactive so that oh yeah the- for clue expansions we wouldn't do it for retroactive oh, really? at all yeah, I think in the past we've said it's only going to be for new caskets when we've added new items. The last one that we did, I think back in 2018, we did the same. It was like it would only be for new caskets. Purely that is because, awesome. Yeah, otherwise, you know, on day one, you 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 know, with items that aren't as rare as things like, you know, mega rare tables, you do yeah. then suddenly just get like a huge surplus of them and um, they're in the economy straight away. And it's very difficult, not difficult, but it takes a long time for the economy to fix itself because it's player driven, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, you the players dictate how much you want to pay for stuff uh how much you want to sell things for so if there's 300 on day one compared to what should have been 10 then big difference see the interesting thing is that like any any time that you've ever had clue expansions i don't think there was stackable caskets at the time so now it makes it a bit more confusing to like now you actually have to have a separate stack i think i think that's how it would work right like you just have the old stack yeah, it would it would be pretty much. I think that would be considered two separate items because temporarily until you've got rid of your old ones. I have to say as well, I'm a huge fan of that because that makes it so you don't have to endlessly feel like you're wasting your time by opening caskets. Yeah, because then it's like, oh, you yeah, should just what, wait. You, know, you should just wait seven you've got to years. Avoid, right? Yeah, because yeah, otherwise, yeah, it's like, oh, well, next year they'll probably do a clear expansion. Yeah. I'll just hoard them. <laughs> okay, that is that is really cool to hear. That's that's good. All right. Um. I do want to uh, cover a few of the Reddit topics, but there was a, a comment on your um, retweet, and it's from Rune Masta. He says, who is your mentor um, at Jagex that took you under their wing and helped you become the amazing community manager you are today? Oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> Thank you for thinking I'm amazing. Um, I'm going to cop out, though, and um, this is... Yeah, I... I'll just, I'll just, I'll just be honest. Did we, I, I didn't really have one. Um, I think if I was going to say a mentor, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really put it down as a mentor. It was more just like who it kind of is actually, uh, but we, we both benefited each other a lot. And that was when we first started working together was myself and Sween. You know, I had a lot of strengths that I brought to the table. Um, and Sween had a lot of strengths that he brought to the table and they, you know, we both complimented each other very much so um and kind of learned from each other bounced things off each other and and really grew together but in terms of um an actual you know mentor uh for for community management we kind of just figured it out ourselves and just did what we thought was best (laughs) and kind of like went from there um 
but Sween definitely helped me in terms of considering the way that I approach certain communications. He he is like he's like an alien when it comes to English language in the sense that I I think he's he's been injected with with info from the future. He he just has this weird ability to be able to say things exactly how they need to be said that <laughs> I I definitely have been able to um benefit from at least yeah. um and then you know for for me it was transferring the approach to content and the consideration of feedback and and how we might actually do something preemptively uh to avoid potential questions in the first place being raised or concerns and that kind of stuff so yeah mm. we really complemented each other but uh, the reality is we kind of just um figured it out as we went along and just as i said did what we thought was best yeah that's awesome. Mod Sween's a good guy. Yeah, he he is awesome. I got. I mean, we still stay in touch to this day. You know, he's one of my cool. one of my very close friends. I I probably well, not probably. I'll definitely say he's one of my best friends. You know. Yeah. Um, he's going to be coming to my wedding. He's going to be coming to my stag do in a few weeks. Oh, and I'll never awesome. stop talking to him. I, I I love the guy. I've got so much time for him. I always will. You guys are both great. I'm not even going to lie. Like this conversation has been just. It just feels like we've already been friends. You know, like. I don't know. It just <laughs> you make it, it so easy. <laughs> I'm glad I had I do I didn't know. I didn't know it was I did I got to say before I ever did the Sebe cast, I thought I was going to be the shittiest host of all time. I was just like, dude, I've never done this kind of stuff. Like <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm doing, but there have been so many and I I don't bl- I don't give myself the credit. I give you guys the credit. Whenever I talk to like almost every single guest I ever talk to, it just feels like we've already talked in the past and it's so weird. And you and Sween especially have just so easy to talk to, so comfortable and just just chilling. So well, I'm glad. I'm, I mean, I'm having a really good time, so I appreciate you you being such a you know a good, welcoming and open host as well. You should pat yourself on the back. You do a great job. <laughs> I'm patting myself. Right. <laughs> okay, so moving on to Reddit, um, there was a some topics here. Uh, we we won't go through all of them as we are. Uh, Getting pretty long into the, we're already over four hours but 24rs says aiza surveyed regarding a possible cannon mold that does more than four time slots possibly better way to get ores than world hopping blast furnace a while ago this is really jumbled but basically something about like the, the cannonball thing if you could ask mm-hmm. him to give an update on the situation that'd be greatly appreciated because i'm about to have to buy three hundred thousand iron coal anyway <laughs> about his personal issues but let me also ask something. I, what what do you think about cannonball smithing? And uh, I know cannonballs are now being tended to be dropped uh, on monsters drop tables. Like um, yeah. I know Fasani's now has it. Normal Nightmare now has it, and uh, next. But yeah. Um, okay. So first of all, I don't really remember myself personally surveying anything about a possible cannon mold it may have been something that that happened whilst i was at jagex so something that i just completely forgot about Mm -hmm. uh but as as a whole how do i feel about it um i mean cannonball smithing is really slow it it takes a long time um it's it's a great afk activity that's for sure i uh i definitely used to take advantage of that when i needed to get stuff done but i wanted to be able to you know use the cannon on my hardcore for example for slayer mm-hmm. um although i haven't really used it that much so i haven't had to worry <laughs> a huge amount i just got these cannonballs that aren't doing anything um 
I don't like resources being added to, to skill bosses, like, period. I really don't. But as, like, a quick fix, although it's dirty, it, it obviously works, right? And And people can then get, you know, passive supplies from doing content that they would otherwise be doing anyway, and it just kind of, like, cuts down that overall grind as a whole. But I, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing an improvement to cannonball making, especially now considering the price of them compared to what they used to be. Yeah, you know, they used to be a pretty expensive item, um, and maybe that's fault of our own, you know, from people that have been able to AFK them so much and maybe more nefarious people causing issues that we've not actioned as, as well as we maybe could have. But... Um, the only caveat to that would be that I don't want us to just add a cannonball mold to the game just for the sake of it. I think if we're going to do it, it should come from from a quest, probably a continuation of the, the Dwarven cannon oh, quest yeah. line. Um, and I think that would be the best way to do it. But there aren't any immediate plans for it. Um, however, yeah, that's that's what I would like to see. Yeah, and I think I think it's about time now, at least, that we can consider doing that. Um, because at the end of the day, it's, it's purely an Iron Man issue. Let's face it. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. not an issue for mains because you just buy them. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You buy them from the people that are making them AFK to get their smithing up really slowly and make a bit of money. Uh, there are quite a lot of casuals that do that as a genuine method. It's one of the things listed on like the wiki, for example, from years ago, and older videos suggest it. And as I said, there are maybe more nefarious ways of, uh, you know, that people are getting a hold of them. But they're at that point where they're they're so low in value, it's not really going to affect mains that much or people that are making them for money. Mm -hmm. They can't really go down much more than they are because they're tied to the cost of steel bars and what their elk value is if you were to make something else. Um, And there are a lot more Iron Men that are playing now. So those of you that say, catering to Iron Men, what? Just kind of, I don't know, man. Sometimes you just have to get over it, right? You can't you can't turn around and ignore a player base just because you don't like them. <laughs> we 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 have to acknowledge the fact that they play the game and they're paying customers just like how you are. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I think we should cater to Iron Man in every single example. Yeah. You know, like I said earlier about the drop rates and that kind of stuff. There are definitely to- things that I totally have opinions on. But yeah, there are there are some things that just don't make sense to be the way that they are. It's always funny when you can do the reverse where like people are like, you chose to be an Iron Man. But you know what's even better is when it's like you chose to you. They say you chose to limit yourself, and then you do the reverse and you say you chose not to limit yourself. When there's like little things where like they actually can't benefit from it, like I know like the Iron Man uh, <laughs> cave that we now have that we can't get crashed by mains. It's like you chose to not limit yourself. You should have chose to limit yourself. You would have had this beautiful cave. <laughs> um, oh no! How the tables have turned. <laughs> um, the other yeah. thing is uh, I wanted to mention real quick is do you think this is really this is very random but do you think there is ever going to be a time where iron men can use ex- exist like items that they have on their collection log to fill out the spot because let me just say a little bit more because what i heard is that it's not really a possibility and i think mod rock at one point said there was some time in the past where Iron Man got items bugged from the Duel Arena or some shit like years and years ago. But it's like, I, I don't see that as an actual thing. But I think the main reason, again, I could be wrong. I think the main reason why you can't use items on it is not because of an engine limitation, but it's because mains would be at a disadvantage 
And that was more like early on where like mains could never prove that they got an item, but Iron Man could. So Iron Man would have like a super big head start. But now it's at the point where like nobody's ever going to complete the log because of all the third age stuff. It's more of just a personal thing. But I'm just wondering, like, is that ever going to be the case? Sure. It's, it's okay. So I'm not, I'm not going to say never because I, there is probably potential that it could happen in the future, right? Because yeah. there are things that we've said wouldn't happen before that, you know, end up happen. changing. Like some people refer back to the We Won't Cater for Iron Man and now yeah. we make updates that are specific to Iron Man. I think the the statement that was made regarding that by the way was was the wrong statement to make and that's never the intention that we would have had um had it been discussed uh you know at <laughs> more of a team level um but um the collection log right so going back to what rock said i i think that that probably did happen to some degree when iron man first released and there could have been people that slipped through the through the net that didn't get action taken against them um, but I know for, for, for certain that certain Iron Men benefited from getting items that they wouldn't have otherwise been able to get, um, because they utilized like main accounts to help them before we made changes to change, like, you know, to adjust the way that mains mm. could tank for Iron Men, for example, uh, people, you know, utilizing like spec transfers and whatnot and yeah. specking down, etc. that have now obviously been changed. So those those kind of reasons were holding it back but the main reason has always been the last one that you suggested there well you mentioned which was that iron men that had their drops before that have them in the bank you know would have an advantage over mains that had the drops before but sold them um there there is that disparity right but you're right in the sense of saying that it is a personal, it's just a personal achievement. At the end of the day, you're the only one that can see your collection log. So I, I was always in, you know, on, on the camp of it's not fair to mains if you give this to Iron Men because mains can't do the same thing. And, and they are then put behind because they can't use their items on it because they could just buy them. And then we've no way of proving it. So they have to get the drops again. Yeah. So if mains have to get the drops again, then Iron Men also have to get their drops again. I used to be firmly in that camp. I'm more now kind of like I'm like floating between the two. Some days I'm in I'm in one camp, some days I'm in the other. I'll I'll chill out, have dinner, maybe go for a drink or two, and then you know, go back and just be like, oh, this is stupid. We shouldn't But, but basically I, I think the only way that we would be able that I would be comfortable personally with going down the road of allowing Iron Men to use items on the collection log that they've already got would be if we were to lock in that the collection log would always and only ever be a personal thing. That the unlocks that you have on there would never count towards anything such as high scores, would never count towards uh leaderboards, would if we ever introduced and I really hope that we don't because I think that it will be terrible for the future of the game, honestly. But if the completionist cape or a completion list ever came out, that that the collection log didn't count towards that. Because if it did, then Iron Men are put an advantage compared to mains, and it's unfair. Yeah. Um, because it then turns away from being a personal achievement and more towards something that can, you know, be considered uh, competitive or you know a, a rank of sorts that you know there's no way that you can that you can match the two yeah that is fair um just to offer just a little bit of what goes through my head is i just think like 
there was so when did the collection lot come out like end of 2018 i believe yeah it was and so i don't know i just i feel like when so many years passed maybe not enough years have passed but i'm just thinking like by the year like 2024 or something like who cares about what these irons got for three years back from 2015 to 2018. <laughs> yeah, it's I like, know, that's right. It's just so, like, I mean, I don't know. May- maybe there is a point where, for example, like if, if we were to consider polling it and it being open to everyone to vote on yeah. um, and, and just seeing what people think, like I'm, I'm not going to turn around and, and be the dictator and say like, yeah. we are the ones that have to decide because it's your game as well, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I would be open to at some point putting it out there for everyone else to decide, even if it didn't have those restrictions that I mentioned before. But if it was something that we did unpolled, it would have to be on the understanding, I think, at least, that that those restrictions would be in place. But if the community are okay with it and, and you know, they, they want to approve it, then sure. Okay. Yeah, just leave it up to the community. I've always just... It just... I guess what I'm thinking is just... It just kind of bothers me that, like... Maybe it's because I'm a streamer and stuff, and so I just get asked more than like a normal person just playing his account. But it's like I'll go into my log sometimes. People are like, "Oh, you haven't gotten this. You haven't gotten this." Like, I uh, have. and you're like, "Actually, no, I have." Yeah, I, I get it, and I know that that, that there, it's probably the same for so many Iron Man out yeah. there that I've spent hundreds of hours, you know, getting the items and yeah. feeling like they have to do it again. And it is a little bit different from doing it on a main, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's Iron Man, and I but... will say there is a disadvantage to mains because mains don't even have the option where it's like irons. Like, yeah, you could kind of just make an argument saying, "Oh, irons can get it," but then like mains will be like, "Well, I've done." Let's just say in uh, a main account had done like fifteen thousand bandos yeah. or something. It's like nothing's in there. It's like oh, that kind of sucks as well. Yeah, I mean, what 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 do you do for the mains? That I mean, actually, to be and fair, again pets going are back fine because you can add them in. Yeah, <laughs> like they're retroactive anyway. And I think a lot of things we have retroactively added now that you got before. Um, mm, yeah if you hadn't already but yeah i think it's like tradable stuff it just wouldn't be in there but again it goes back to that fun that funny point of like you chose not to limit yourself you know (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah i don't know how well that one would go down (laughs) you know that's that's just my fear and and maybe maybe it's something that we should just bring up as you know as a conversation to the wider community uh, at some point to kind of like gauge how mains actually feel about it now because my fear is just that we would get that uh, backlash from them um oh yeah and it would be inevitable be if, if if i was in their shoes i would just probably insta vote no because there's no way i'm benefiting from this in fact i'm just getting to a slight more disadvantage just because some iron men can add some slots real quick but it's like yeah so th- there's no way i doubt it unless the iron man player base went up to like fucking 75 percent. but like that's <laughs> doubt that would happen yeah but anyway see. i mean what I have got nothing against kind of like presenting the the idea at least, mm-hmm. or you know, presenting the topic for conversation. But um, I'd, I'd rather that we left it for a point where maybe there isn't so much going on, so, <laughs> so that it doesn't derail other content pieces we've got to focus on. Yeah. Okay, here's a kind of cool question. Uh, kind of interesting. We've probably already touched on it a little bit, but. B. Wilkes asks, what do we as a community misunderstand about how Jagex operates and how the game is run on the back end? Oh, okay. Oh, that's a that's a that's a good one. Um okay, so I kind of kind of I'm not gonna go with the Steam one because I think that was uh slightly different. Um but I think one of the things the the community probably misunderstand is that like we are a business at the end of the day that decisions aren't made by an individual mm-hmm. um that typically um when decisions are made 
they can take time. It's not like we can just turn around one day and be like, right, cool, we're going to go out and do this. Because it, it may be a case of we need to consider legal implications. We might need to consider how that could impact uh, people within the studio or people that are um, playing the game, you know, community members. There are a lot of factors that, that, we, that, that can go into various different things that we work on. I know this sounds a little bit uh, wishy-washy, but um, I don't really have a, a greatly detailed answer to it other than pretty much saying, saying that. So um, I'm trying to think of an example that I can give that makes sense. Um, hmm. In terms of the game running on the back end, I don't really think there's much that I can go into that or give examples of other than like the differences you mentioned before about, you know, people say, oh, just just buy Runelight. Well, we can't because Runelight's open source. Uh, I mean, maybe there's some potential that it, that parts of it could. I don't really know how that all works. I'm not, I'm not a lawyer <laughs> or understand anything in terms of those laws. But, you know, RuneScape wraps around the client and that is a completely different kettle of fish compared to the client itself and transmitting information from the client to the server. So that's definitely something that I think gets misunderstood. There's a lot more that goes into it, especially when it comes to it being like officialized, you know, that our client, we need to make sure that it's, you know, it's entirely secure. The information sent across is, you know, is encrypted and can only be read by our servers and so on and so forth. So people can't like, you know, sniff into it and, and get information that they shouldn't be able to. So a simple case of just like buying some open source software and saying, oh, this is ours now. This is the new client. It, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. There are a lot of things that need to be considered in order to be able to make something like that happen. Hence why, you know, the decision was to to develop the C++ client instead. Uh, but otherwise, as a whole, it's just, yeah, I appreciate the fact that that we are a business, that things can take time to, to put together, even though I think we are relatively agile considering the size of the studio and we can make decisions happen really quickly. Some of them we just can't. Um, I've got a good example actually for you. So Deadman, uh, Deadman Rerun especially. There's, you know, a lot of players just say, just just rerun it, right? You know, just just rerun it. Why yeah. is it taking so long? Um, but, it, you know, I I feel bad because we haven't been able to communicate as often as I would like, I suppose, you know, in terms of what's happening with the Deadman rerun. But what what updates can I give if there aren't any updates to give? And other than just saying, like, you know, we're, we're still working on it, please be patient and saying that every single week. To me, that doesn't seem like valuable messaging, and I'd rather, you know, leave it for a, for a period of time until there's something more significant that we can say, and then go out. And if it seems like that significant information is going to take way too long, then you know, having a mini update in between. But the reality is, there's a lot of things that are going on in the background to make sure that a Dead Man rerun, Dead Man Reborn rerun, can actually happen properly. And those are teams that aren't necessarily embedded into the old school development team. They're teams within the studio that would work on other areas that work on the platform that work on the infrastructure uh, and all of those kind of things that you don't get exposed to. So I understand the frustrations. I understand people want information, but that's definitely something I think that gets misunderstood. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of something else as a, as a good example for it too. I had one just as I was starting to go into dead man, but now I've bloody forgot it typically. Um, yeah, never mind. It's fine. <laughs> if you think about it. Um I will say I think we've kind of covered uh 
vast majority of stuff that we were asked. There was a lot of topics that were kind of like mixed in with other things we've talked about as I scroll through. But I'll mm-hmm. ask you, is there anything uh, that you that you see that we maybe missed that we should touch on? Uh, I think the, there was one on Reddit from Assault PK. And they asked about microtransaction talk around Dragex office. Uh, okay, and I just want to see that. Re- it's a really easy one for me to answer. Like within old school, that it just doesn't exist. So, yeah. And it There's will never answer. exist? As far as I'm aware, it will never okay. exist. There is, you know, commitment from all the way up to the CEO that old school just doesn't fit the microtransaction model. So we're not going to go down that route. I think that's so cool. That's like so reassuring. And I have to say, like, I am a scaper. When people ask me, like, am I a gamer? It's like, yeah, I could say I'm a gamer, but I'm a scaper. Like, I don't really play any <laughs> other games. And the reason I don't really play any other games is because, like, so much. And again, it's not every game, but so many games have this pay-to-win model. And it's just so cringe. Yeah. and uh, I think it fits, like, for some games. like, And I can understand why they're there. But I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, like, similar in that sense, right? I... I, you know, I said before, I really like having those achievements that I can grind towards if I'm yeah. playing a game that's specific for those. A, lo- a lot of like, like for example, what, what I would really like, and this is why I've, I've started picking up my Switch again and really playing RPGs on there and, and avoiding ones that, you know, have online things that you can, you know, DLC, not so much DLC, I don't mind about that, but there are, you know, even then there are still kind of like gacha games, but on mobile especially, I just want a mobile game, and I know RuneScape exists, so please don't. Please don't shun me here. But I want a mobile game that I can sit in bed for two, three hours a night, uh, you know, every now and then if I can't sleep, where I can just play and I can grind out and, and, and work towards a goal that I know if I'm competing against other people, it's just about what I'm putting in rather than how much money I've got to spend on it. Yeah, you don't need to buy a bag of or a truckload of gems for ninety nine ninety nine. you know? Yeah, and to reset my energy to be able to continue Jesus doing it Christ. again and, and yeah. whatnot. Like, I, I get it. Obviously, you know, it fits in some games. And the and thing is, like, is... People are okay with it, but... Yeah, mm. you, you know those games are making absolutely just bonkers bank because just people will just pay for it. So it's just not a profitable thing to make a game. <laughs> like like this anymore really because it's just yeah it's just i guess it's, it's kind of sad really isn't it, it is. I, I really i really hope that you know we can see some games like that continue and that's why i, I truly genuinely love old school so much because there is that commitment to no yeah. microtransactions yeah of course there are bonds that exist right but um really that's that's as far as as we go and, right there's yeah no, and I will say, like, bonds are probably, if there's any microtransactions, probably the best form because it makes the players that do play the game a lot, they don't need... I haven't paid a dime. I haven't paid a real-life dime to play <laughs> RuneScape in years. And it's like... There you go, then. You get to benefit from it. And, and you know, that's probably the only reason it got accepted because yeah. people would benefit from it, right? And I'm an Iron Man, so part. I literally don't even have to deal with, you know, people buying yeah. stuff. Like, who who actually does that? Like, that are, like, really high up. They're spending, like, thousands, but, you know... I'm an Iron Man. I just get to ignore it. It's beautiful. And you get to benefit from the membership too now with the the whole, you know, you don't even have to use a main account anymore. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. That is cool. Um, what was the one thing actually? You know what? And I'm I'm sorry if I get like hate for this, but, and this isn't to say that, just to reiterate once more, no talks of this at all. No, nothing. Because this is just my own view on it, right? Yeah. I, not, I'm not saying this for old school, but for games in general, I don't mind paying money for cosmetic changes. 
so i have played games before and like i've played mobile games where i've spent money on it you know clash royale is one of those that i spent probably like 150 pound in total on 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 like unlocks and stuff me and sween used to (laughs) play the game so much together when we're when we're like on lunch break or whatever or one of us would go to the toilet and we'll come back like oh i just won two games yeah (laughs) Uh, and and, you know there's that's something that i did spend money on and similarly with um when I was playing Heroes of New Earth, the MOBA, you used to be able to get you know different skins for the heroes that you wanted to play as, but you had to pay for them with with real money. Some mm-hmm. of them you could unlock with currency that you earn in game. But like I'm 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 okay. That's where I draw my line with like what I find as acceptable MTX is like purely cosmetic, cosmetic changes. Yeah, purely cosmetic. Yeah. So I agree. Um. Yeah. But then at the same time, I think one of the biggest problems with that and with that acceptance is that for a lot of games when it comes to end game that is the end game right once yeah. you've completed everything else all you have left to, to consider is is looking at unlocking every piece of content that's available and, and, and obtaining that yourself and some of those sets can be really prestigious you know so um i don't want to name names here but there are you know there's a certain mmo that a, a lot of the higher detail like item sets or or things that you get to you know using game are typically things from a cash shop as opposed to being things that you would earn yep. as an achievement or as a really rare drop. And that's the problem with it, right? Is that I'm, I, I accept it. I think that I would be okay with it. But at the same time, I think games really should go back to focusing more on you know rewarding those that are putting the time in and letting you work towards it if you want to. Um, yeah. And maybe having parity between what's available in-game compared to what's being available to purchase. It's just unfortunate that that is just the game model. Just you just make bank yeah. from just making end games just cash. Like how much how much IRL money are you gonna give our business basically? Well, hey, at least we don't have to worry about it here. Yeah, which is really nice. And I mean, again, I remember when there was like those sponsorships that were pulled. Which I'm, you know what? I as much crap as Jagex gets and stuff. You guys have made some like really good decisions, and it's like. It is, I do remember, you know, the things that you guys have done where it's like, dude, I never thought, I never thought you guys would get rid of the sand casino. I literally never thought anything would change there. I thought that was just in the game and it's like some higher ups were just like, no, this needs to stay because we're making so much money off it. Like, but things actually do change around here and it's actually really, really refreshing to see. And so, yeah, I mean, sometimes it takes a little bit longer than we may all like, you know staff included there are you know we have our own gripes too that we mm-hmm. want to see change for um and there's quite a few examples that i can give that i know the community raised on those too but yeah i, I appreciate the fact that you know you noticed that and um yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we as i said you know many times before we just try and we try and do our best really and uh similar to what i said before at the end of the day it's, it's a it's a business and we can't always make every single decision and things can't always happen overnight there's there's a lot more that can go on in the background that I can't talk to because I'm not, you know, competent enough to be able to do so, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll try and do what we can. And I'm glad to see the uh, Jewel Arena Jewel Arena go. It won't be long now until it's completely gone as well. Yeah. It's it's the replacement I'm actually working on currently. Ooh. So, you can't leak, yeah. can you? No, I mean, uh, hold on, let me quickly just check what we put in the uh in the gazette and I can tell you what I can talk about at least. And then I'll, uh, I guess we can wrap things up because it is pretty late here now. And I should go yeah. to bed. It's, it's been, it's been uh, a, it's been a conversation. We'll say that. 
yeah oh, i can talk about it so yeah it's the, it's the pvp arena that's what i'm working on at the moment Ooh, that's cool yeah and that will be the replacement for the jewel arena so PvP i'm hopeful arena. that there'll be a blog about that coming out really soon in the next couple of weeks that's exciting so yeah fingers crossed it's something that i had a you know it's a huge passion project of mine it's actually what i ended up pitching for my interview at jagex when i when i first uh you know Oh shit! Went for it and, and went into that two hour interview. <laughs> oh shit! So it's not okay. my design this time round, but it's something that I was yeah I'm super passionate about. I think it will do really well, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the you know players think of it, and also if it gets added into well when it gets added into game, um you know what the players can actually do with it. We've got some pretty cool things that I can't wait to kind of like show off, but I don't want to talk about it until the blog's gone. <laughs> That's totally fair. All right, mod I use it. Um, I want to ask for three shout outs before we wrap things up entirely so uh it can be from anybody in the community and doesn't have to be the top three just three shout outs okay all right all right so first first of all i'm gonna do four sorry oh i'm gonna shout out you for being a fantastic host and for putting this together and everything that you do in terms of sharing information with the community uh, your thoughts on content as well as just you know being able to give us this content for free and listen to these podcasts it's awesome thank you i i want to give a very specific shout out to my wonderful team members within the community management team mods light and sani they're both doing absolutely fantastic i'm really 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 happy and proud of them and and really grateful to be working alongside them they are your community managers i i don't have the opportunity to get as involved these days as much as i would like to anyway i do try I kind of have the last couple of weeks just because I've needed to. Um, but yeah, really, they're, they're, the, they're the go-to. Um, so treat them well, and they'll treat you well. Oh, I've got two more. Uh, okay, I want to give a... This is more of a specific shout-out um, to the 2007 Escape Reddit mods. Um, I know they have to deal with just as much crap as we do on a daily basis. <laughs> so I'm grateful for their support. But one of my kind of like main go-tos is is most definitely Sir Dude, even though he may tweet questionable things <laughs> at times and have some very interesting videos of him doing things. Uh, it, it is it is what it is, but he's he's super helpful. And, you know, if I ever need anything, he'll always be there, at, you know, the 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 ping of a twitter dm hitting his uh his inbox so super grateful cool cool and then i also just want to quickly give a shout out to the old school wiki uh in general i think we're very blessed to be able to have a team as dedicated as they are um and as open as they are to kind of like working with us sharing information and and really just like making constant improvements on their own kind of like initiative you know we yeah. they just do everything and we don't really have to worry about a thing they just you know constantly strive to improve and and do better and uh, i think that's awesome we have a great relationship i I love them uh and i'm yeah again really grateful to be able to work with them that's awesome yeah the wiki team just to add on the wiki itself is so insanely good it's just Ah, oh, yeah. So good. I, uh, when I go and try and play other games, I'm just like, oh man. <laughs> I guess I'm not looking crap. for any info. I got to play it the old school way. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh dear. Um, if I can just quickly, I'll just give a more generic shout out. I want to reiterate something from earlier on in the in the cast. If if you were listening at the time and you've managed to stay all the way through, I once again want to just shout out to all of the people out there that go out of their way to send us positivity, to ask us how our day is going, to let us know how your day is going and how you know the game has changed things for you for the better, for the worst, whatever it may be. Um, and and for generally just being super supportive of us, really, 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 really love you all for that. And just for the everyone else that plays old school, thanks for allowing me to have a job. I appreciate that so much more than you'll ever know. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Madaiza, absolute pleasure to have talked to you for four and a half hours. Crazy. Uh, Damn, time did I, flies. Did I hit the record? Is that the longest one so it, far? It is not. Gentle Tractor beat you by about fifteen minutes. Oh but man! But you are—you are definitely the second by uh, a good like okay. half hour. Okay. All right. Well, next time I'll come <laughs> with a new content pitch, and we can we can extend it out a little bit longer. I would love <laughs> to have you on again in a year from now or so. And just... sure, it'll be interesting to see how different things are oh, in, yeah. in a year. Oh yeah. So guys, I really appreciate you guys all listening. Type. You know what? Type Pete's... Oh, no, no. I can't even say this because people will skip to the end. So I can't even say, like, type pizza in the comments or something if, like, you watch the whole way through. Because people just skip to the end. And, and then they'll type pizza and get the... We, we the should have dropped, forward. like, different hints, right? Yeah, we should have added, like, a letter. Say, like, like, a little puzzle. Yeah, like a letter of something, like, just... Yeah, yeah one letter each, like, section. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Um... We, I have not decided who the next guests are on for February, but there's most likely going to be a bye week as well where I take a week off. So enjoy the rest of your days, guys. If you want to support the, the Save Cast for a $2 pledge on Patreon down in the description, you can click that link and your name will pop up on the intro screen. But uh, other than that, I think we're uh, good. Have a good rest of your day, Don't guys. Don't forget to like and subscribe and hit the bell icon to get notified when the next upload goes live. And if you're watching this on Twitch, remember that if you have Amazon Prime, you can link it to your Twitch account and subscribe for absolutely free with Twitch Gaming or Gaming Prime. I can't remember exactly what Whatever it's called. It but it costs you nothing and it supports the streamer for the full amount of a subscription. So if you have got that lying around, consider popping it into the chat right now. I really appreciate it, Ayuza. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.